This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. Don't screw this up, Leanne. They're all counting on... (gasps) Am I on? Shoot. Okay. Tonight, a library cat closets way into a key government position. Will he create a meowist society? We've got the story. Then I'll let you know all about the hottest happenings around town on Community Calendar. I'm Ernie McFernie, the hip new MMJ who can do the jobs of 10 people at low pay with my iPhone, and I'm filing my first entitled report in just a few minutes. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Um, howdy everybody. I'm obviously not Paul Defoe. It's me, Leanne Snyder, the EPICOP, or executive producer in charge of production here at The Fakest. I'm acting as an emergency correspondent tonight, bringing you the fake... Mm, the fake... Hold on. I need to advance the prompter. Bringing you the fake news for real. (laughs) I'm no journalist, y'all, but Paul's been missing for a few weeks now, so the show must go on. Now, on to our top story. In a lingering Virginia library, a literally local literary cat roams the stacks with the hopes of giving something back. (laughs) Sorry. Paul wrote that. <sighs> Should have practiced it more. Meow. At the Anne E. Monclore Public Library, scant moments from the people-eating town of Roanoke, Virginia, one flabby tabby is turning heads and changing minds. Oh, that bull Radley is the Trojan horse that rolled through the gates into open arms, Meow. only to stab me in the back like a sensuous in a Dostoevsky novel. Meow. That's Mildred Parsons. Age unknown, because she wouldn't tell us, long-standing librarian at Anne E. Monclore. When she's not mixing metaphors, she's mixing it up with Boo Radley, alley cat turned librarian elect. <coughs> Boo Radley, hmm, seven-ish, quickly became a welcome sight at the library, winning over its patrons with cute kitty tricks. The old boy would lay right down the table when I was reading the latest Roanoke Dispatch. He'd open up a Beverly Cleary book or whatever else was off the shelf, then pretend he was reading. What a hoot. Oh, you brush on by me. Am I working on those lonely old biddies out in the stacks? But it doesn't work on me. No way, kitty bitty. In the historic election, Boo Radley, the cat, became the first animal to lead a leadership position to land. <laughs> In the historic election, Boo Radley, the cat, became the first animal to land a leadership position in the Roanoke government since Gus the Plow Pullin' Donkey was hired as the town snowplow operator in 1976. But we all know how that turned out. Boo Radley's perfect management style is already paying off. Patrons say the federally funded feline. Seriously, Paul? This is a lot of alliteration. The federally funded feline is clawing his way into the hearts of Roanokeans. <laughs> Every Roanokean but Mildred Parsons, anyway. Ms. Parsons refuses to acknowledge Boo Radley's authority in his new position and still shows up to perform her duties just like she's done every day for some hmm, 
vague amount of time that she refused to nail down for us. Libraries are the source of humanity's greatest achievements. They need a human to store them. Do cats have opposable thumbs? None that I ever met. We don't even talk about them Hemingway cats. Boo Radley's claims of cat discrimination against Mildred Parsons have fallen on deaf ears. Here, have you seen my hearing aid? It looks like a little bronze jelly bean. For now, Boo Radley wins his way through the temp- through the rows of. For now, Boo Radley wins his way through the rows of books like he always has, looking for his next adventure. got a little twisted on that one. I have a cat right here with me. And that last story really freaked him out. I was real worried about doing the show anyway, since nobody really shows up anymore. Except me. Luckily, Paul left his ZipRecruiter account logged in, so I found this young, hungry, cheap young man with something to prove and student loans to pay off. Anyway, welcome to the Fakest News Team. Our new multimedia journalist, Ernie McFerney. Thanks, Leanne. Excited to be here. Exhausted, but excited. Now, you have a personal connection to the fakest, right? Yeah, yeah. My, my dad, Bernie McFerney, used to work here. Yeah, I remember him. How's he enjoying retirement? You mean his refirement b- because you fired him. Uh, maybe we should move on to your story. And that's the fakest way, isn't it? <laughs> Give us the goods, then we'll send you to... Look, we can talk in a second. Let me just play your package, so... Fine, play the package. Let them all see the truth. Okay, I I think it's recording. Wow, okay. Uh, Shouldn't we have a tech in here doing this? Just me? Uh, Okay. Uh, I'm Ernie McFerney for The Fakest. Imagine the... Over 10,000 videos. Do you remember Blockbuster, the video rental store from the 90s or something? Several do. And when one former blockhead heard the last store was closing, she decided to right do a wrongdoing from her youth. I'll be tagging along in a piece we're calling Blockbuster Video, The Last Late Fee. It all began one Sunday evening as Samantha Gamgee watched a semi-national fake newscast. I'm Carrie Tart, here to tell you toast everything going on in Hollywood in under a minute. If you're a millennial movie buff, book a session with your therapist because another piece of your childhood is dying. The last blockbuster video in North America is set to close its doors. And I'll tell you which former TNBC celebrity is spending some hang time in the adults-only room. Coming up... I drove to Gamgee's home in rural Arkansas in my dad's old car, lugging 200 pounds of recording equipment, all to discover why Gamgee wanted to embark on her path to redemption. I can 
Could you? Yeah, never mind. Your audio looks good. Sorry. Try, trying to do like 10 things here. I can't tell you how many Friday nights in my life started with a trip to Blockbusters. When they said on the news that the last store was closing, I knew there was something I had to make right. What do you mean by make right? I want to return that video on the bookshelf behind you. Oh, this one? Austin Powers, huh? Yeah. I rented it years and years ago, but the store had closed before I could return it. After all the good times Blockbuster gave me, it's only fair I give something back. I agreed to accompany Gamgee on her epic journey to Fairbanks, Alaska, the home of the last Blockbuster. Unfortunately, her passenger seat was loaded down with snacks for the trip, so I've been forced to lay flat the rooftop carrier atop her Volvo, which sadly hasn't allowed for any interviews along the way. Hang back one second. I have to take care of something. Hi there, Ernie McFernie with the fakest. Can, can you sign these talent releases? Sorry, I think they'd send a producer with me to handle this stuff. Yeah, sure, whatever. What are they gonna do? Fire me? Samantha, come on. Oh, watch out for that mic cord. I'd like to return this. <laughs> what the hell is that big ass box? Is it like a purse? You got the you got the disc in there? Um, no. It's a VHS of Austin Powers I rented a long, long time ago. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, maybe it is one of ours. Let me scan it for you. Ah, uh, yep. It's right here. Let's see. $2.99 a night, 5,475 nights comes to $16,370.25. Now, is that going to be moose pelts, cash, or credit? Um, give me a second. I think I left my wallet out in the car. Shit. So, are you gonna pay for this? Cause I didn't get paid last week. I could take it, I, I could, I'd take it right now. I'll give you a discount. After paying the last late fee, using the life insurance money I got from my dad, Bernie McFernie, I hitchhiked all the way back to somewhere west of New York City. Then edited this package just in time for tonight's broadcast. For the fakest, I'm Ernie McFernie. insurance money? Did something happen to Bernie McFernie? He went quick after Paul Defoe fired him, uh, then then mom soon after. This place was all he really had left in his life, I guess. To be honest, I only took this job so I could get close enough to kill Paul. It's what dad would have wanted. But, but you're here now and you actually seem pretty okay. Um, thanks. Okay, folks, enjoy this commercial while I check in with the security guard. I sure hope he shows up today. We'll be right back. Yo, fam, David X69 here. Time for another shoot crate unboxing. 
Shoe Crate is a subscription service that helps you embrace your inner hoarder. After you buy the contents of the hoarder's homes, Shoe Crate will send you a new box of crap every month. You never know what you are going to get. Here, I'm going to open this puppy. This month, it's the Appalachian Adventure Bundle, featuring items from homes in New Southeast Ohio, West Virginia, and Mid-North Kentucky. What's my first item? Oh, shit! It's a dead squirrel! Dead squirrel! Next up, I have a pack of USA Gold Light cigarettes with some sort of brown water stain on the side. USA Gold! You never know what you're gonna get! What is this? Some kind of roll with meat? Pepperoni roll! Oh, an old pepperoni roll! Thanks, announcer! No problemo! Last but not least, this is a... It's an old hot dog? Beef jerky? Oh, oh shit! It's someone's little toe! Little toe! Gross! To get your shoe crate today, subscribe for just $29.99 and tell them David x 69 sent you so I can afford some more of this awesome crap! I didn't know I needed shoe crate! It's a crap shoot! Now, a story straight from the heartland. What happens when a prank goes a bit too far? How do you recover? For more, we turn our journalistic lens towards Avella, Pennsylvania, where renownedly criticized Faith Healer Felix Teal uncovers a forgotten fake out fabricated on a fall. <sighs> we turn our journalistic lens towards Avella, Pennsylvania where renownedly criticized faith healer Felix Till uncovers a forgotten fake-out fabricated on a fall followed up by four decades of false-footed feebleness. <sighs> Nailed that one. Well, it was in my childhood days All autumn Felix Till expected business as usual when his Faith Shakers tent revival set up shop in Avella. All right, settle down now, people, settle down. Bring in the next miracle. Pastor Till, this is Stinky Foot McNeil. He's been confined to this wheelchair for more than 40 years. Praise be, Stinky Foot. What caused your accident? I heard myself diving in the creek when I was eight years old. Praise the Lord, pastors. Now line up over here in a straight line, all of you, a straight line. Just like that, yes. Pastor from the Bishop Church, stand here. Independent Bishop, stand right behind him. No cameramen on the platform now, please. No heathens up here on the platform, thank you. Now something is going to happen here tonight. Something to prove that the people... That God is here on the platform, ready to give old Stinky Foot life in his legs again. How long have you been in that chair there, Stinky Foot? Mm, has to be 44 years now. 44 years? Incredible. Well, we're going to stop counting those years tonight. Pastor, bow your head now and pray to the Lord Jesus Christ to come down into this room right here. Can you feel him, folks? Can you feel him right in this room? Dear Lord, we feel you tonight. We ask you to heal your child, Stinky Foot McNeil, who has been bound to this chair for four decades and four years. 
Can you feel it, folks? It's working. Sticky foot. But now's the tendons flushing back together, fusing those dusty chaos are pumping blood, aren't they? Yeah, you can feel it. Uh, uh, I ain't sure I... Faith, Brother McNeil, you gotta have faith. Deacons, show him the power of the Lord. What y'all think you're doing? Show him, dump him right out of that chair. You'll walk, you'll see. I ain't can walk. Uh, no, don't do that, man. Brothers and sisters, please. Brother McNeil here, he just did not have enough faith. I'm telling you, there was just not enough faith. Somebody quick, stop my car. And that should have been that. A failed faith healer exposed, a paralyzed man winning a lawsuit, and a YouTube clip of the incident sparking a national outrage, like most YouTube clips seem to do these days. But then, a miracle! Brothers and sisters, please. Brother McNeil here, he just did not have enough faith. I'm telling you, there was just not enough faith. Somebody quick, stop my car. Oh, hell. I remember now. I remember everything. When Stinkyfoot's head hit the stage floor on that cool Jerimber night, it unlocked a memory from his childhood. Now, this'll sound silly, but it was all because of my buddy Timmy Delroy. We had the same birthday, you see. We both thought it was just fine at first. That is, until our parents threw our parties on the same day. With a limited pool of potential party guests and no time between the parties to regroup, it was only natural that the first party would have more guests. Unfortunately for Stinkyfoot, his party was scheduled after Timmy's. Not one darn kid showed up to my party. Just a couple of my cousins that are a little too country. Even for me. Well, it hurt. Know what I mean? I know now he didn't mean nothing by it, but for a kid like I was, a lonely kid all by himself, it was a declaration of war. With his perceived enemy bearing down and his social status at stake, Stinkyfoot hatched a precipitous plan for a precious prank at the local swimming hole. One day... It was summer. We was swimming down at Otter's rest stop there, like we always done in the summer. I climbed up to the top of the old sycamore tree what hung out over the water and... <laughs> I just let myself sink in the water like a damn stone. You should have seen the look in Timmy Boy's eyes. After they fished me out, I thought to myself, Stinkyfoot, why don't you just lay there a while and scare him real good? Timmy Delroy and the other children, to their credit, ran for help straight away, only stopping once to investigate a dead squirrel. When the adults arrived, Stinkyfoot planned to jump up and reveal his clever trick. Until... First time my mama ever treated me with a tiny bit of kindness. And all on account, because I wasn't moving. So I kept not moving. 
that day, the next day, and the next until everybody just kind of assumed I'd got the old necotitis, what usually happens when you fall on your head. When he arrived at school in a wheelchair, 18 weeks later, Stinkyfoot noticed a marked difference in the way the other children treated him. That boy Timmy was like a whole new fella. He'd wheel me back and forth to school, help me with my homework. That boy even wiped my butt a couple of times. It sure was easy sitting in my chair while everybody treated me good. After a year, two, you know I plain forgot it was a prank. And what of Timmy Delroy, this boy who motivated this false free will and folly? Oh, he did. Preachers said maybe he was the one who threw me from that chair from up in heaven. Although it doesn't seem like something they'd let you do from up in heaven. And again, I suppose it ain't as bad as making your buddy wipe your butt either. With a clean bill of health from the slightly more educated modern rural doctors, and a whole sixth of his life ahead of him, Stinkyfoot McNeil is ready to kick whatever challenges life throws at him in the butt. The first challenge, a federal court case seeking to reclaim the decades of disability benefits he's collected under false pretenses, starts next month. You can watch it live by pre-ordering a year subscription to Live Justice, the OTT service that brings you 24-7 live streams from courtrooms all across the U.S. of A. Use promo code THEFAKEST. So, this was supposed to be a traffic hit, but Jake Stein didn't show up either. Instead, I decided to gather some cool stuff from a bunch of Facebook groups I like, then tossed it all in a script and did a remote session with our announcer. Here she is with everything going on in your city this weekend. Good morning. This is the Fakest Community Calendar, and here's what's going on in your town this weekend. Find your way to the service desk at the third annual Kids Who Hid From Their Moms in Department Stores Clothing Racks and Got Caught by Store Security Meetup being held this coming fun day at the downtown McDonald's who are offering broccoli bites. Buy one, get seven free. Hit them up at 705 on the dot. The Knitting Bros Club of Coshocton sponsors the 11th annual Day of Knitting starting January X at the Sheraton Oatbrook's Motor Hotel. More than 10 yarn experts will present materials of interest to other bros who are totally into knitting, backgammon, and extreme keg stands. The Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page is on the hunt for Paul DeVoe. Send your correspondence to fan page moderator Joe Atone through the pencil icon thingy on their page. Then join them for a candlelight vigil outside KCOM Studios tonight during the Fakest broadcast. And herpes is a disease with no cure. But there are things you can do to help control it. For more information, scream, Help! in the middle of a crowded sidewalk. And that's your The Fakest Community Calendar. Back to you, Paul. Thanks, announcer. Okay, let's go to a quick commercial. Which, of course, I have to read. I'll be right back. Oh, there's a lot of words in this page. It takes a heck of a lot of firepower to fuel the fake news. 
Paul only trusts one host and provider to handle the traffic the fakest faithful Facebook fan page sends our way. Bluehost has it covered. Use their simple dashboard to install WordPress. Access 24-7 customer support for help when you screw up. They even have a money-back guarantee. If your website building experience sucks, they'll totally give you back at least some of your cash. With Bluehost, you can say no daddy and set up your own Squarespace on the web in just a few minutes. Sign up for Bluehost today and create your website for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. If you do, make sure to share it with your fellow Facebook fan. <laughs> if you do, make sure to share it with your fellow fakest fans on the fakest faithful Facebook fan page. Now let's get back to me for one last story before they fire me. This is a total crap fest. Finally, a famed fitness and nutrition guru gets his just desserts while still losing weight in the process. It's the worst case of transformitis I've seen in all of my years practicing medicine. That's Dr. Lou Laro, fakest medical expert and customer of the month at the local Denny's. Dr. Lou, how many cases of transformitis have you seen? Well, this is the first one, but it's a real doozy. Say, uh, can you pass the syrup? For the uninitiated, transformitis is a medical condition, likely made up, in which a patient inexplicably mutates into something less than human. Common in the days before science was invented, the disease hasn't been seen in America since 1963, when actor Hugh Beaumont succumbed to its symptoms during the taping of the Leave it to Beaver series finale, which saw his character Ward Cleaver called to account. you mean well, but me and Wally are getting pretty sick of the way you're treating Mom. Now, Beaver, you have to understand that as the man of the house, sometimes we have to split a wig or two to get our point across. It's called leadership. Gosh, I never thought about it that way. But will Mom be okay? No, don't you worry about that, son. Dr. Bradley assures me it was only a mild concussion, which means... Holy shit! You just turned into an empty bottle of scotch! Oh well, it's the last episode anyway. Party's over, folks. Here's to a short-lived revival in a couple of decades once all the chumps who watch this crappy show grow up. Jim Fit, the self-proclaimed diet doctor, who made a name for himself with his best-selling diet guide, You Are What You Eat and What You Eat Is Garbage, is the latest victim of transformitis. His transformation was caught on tape at a health and wellness event near the food court at Twin Pines Mall in Hill Valley, California. Thank you. Thank you. I'm Jim Fit, and I'm here to change each and every one of your lives. Before you leave today, you'll be empowered with the tools and tricks you need to cut away that unsightly belly fat like bacon off a pig. Take this woman here. Yes, humans. Will you please approach the stage? Somebody, get her a mic. What's your name? I'm Esmeralda. But what business is that of yours? And what are you drinking there, Esmeralda? In the Dairy Queen cup. It's a pumpkin spice milkshake. 
What if I told you that your milkshake has more sugar in it than one person should consume in an entire week? <laughs> I'd say no shit. Why do you think I bought it? Folks, folks, I don't think Esmeralda knows the secret to healthy living. Say it with me now. You are what you eat. That's right, you are what you eat. Now, do you want to be a pumpkin spice milkshake, all sloshy and heavy and pumped full of sugar? Or would you rather be something lean and fit and healthy, like a piece of my famous avocado toast, available today for only $12.99 a slice? Avocado? You know you're an avocado. Subdue the snake, protect the milkshake he seeks to take. Goddess of Earth and Heaven make him be an avocado for all to see. <laughs> the diet doctor turned avocado by an evil mole witch is currently being treated by Dr. Lou Lauro inside his booth at the Denny's. It's fairly touch and go. He seems fine now, but you know how avocados are. One minute they're fresh, then you look away for a second and it turns into a mushy mess. He's living on borrowed time, particularly since I ordered a taco burger. Jim Fitz Fitness Family is offering a $5,000 reward for any good witches in the area willing to assist them in reversing the curse. Call their hotline at 281-330-8004 and ask for a meeting with Mike Jones. Bonus points if you can pick up some pumpkin spice milkshakes on the way over, since Jim isn't around to shame the staff or treat themselves. Well, folks, I guess that does it for the... Wait, somebody is buzzing into the studio. Hello? Welcome to KCOM Studios. We're still doing the... Leanne, it's me, Paul. Oh my gosh, it's Paul DeVoe. You know you should call Paul DeVoe. Who let these fakest faithful Facebook fan page freaks into the lobby? There you are, Paul DeVoe. Time for me to avenge my father, Bernie McFernie's death. The old guy? Whatever happened to him anyway? Like you don't know. You kill a man and you don't know, Paul Defoe. Finally, right here in front of me, I'm going to rip out your... He's trying to hurt the fakest! Get him, fakest, faithful Facebook fan page hey. followers! Wait, Paul, what are you doing? Thanks. Thought they had me there. <laughs> oh, Leanne, it's so good to see you alive. Paul Defoe. So this is what it takes for you to show your face again. Me going on the air and making a flippin' freaking fool of myself. I know, Leanne. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have left you like I did on my karate sabbatical. But I'm back now, ready to be a better boss to you and the others. Look, I know I'm a fuck-up, but I'm here to unfuck it up. I'm a changed man, you'll see. For starters, if you'll let me, I'd like to offer you a promotion. Uh, 
Paul, can this wait? We're still in the air. No, let's have some real news for once. Good evening, folks. It's me, the fakest, Paul Defoe, you know, and I'm back. I know you're excited. I am too. But I've decided reporting the fake news is too big a job to rest on one man's shoulders. Even a sturdy guy like myself, Leanne Snyder, you've proven your dedication to the fake news and the fakest. Starting this season. Uh, what? We're going to expand your role here. How would you like to join me behind the anchor desk? Paul, I'd really like to talk about this off the air. So you want to negotiate, huh? I can respect that. Why don't we close out the show together as a show of good faith, and then we'll go and hash out all the details. Sure. I guess. Paul, I'm glad you're back. Me too. Now, let's go back and forth, okay? This will be fun. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. And, uh, I'm Leanne. Our promise to you? We fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. You know, I think I should probably still do the ending myself. For now, at least. No offense. I can't do this, Paul. I suck. Oh, you can. That's what the spirits told me anyway. What? Spirits? Long story. I'll tell you over lunch. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. Tonight, panic at the disco as a global icon goes missing. Why hasn't anybody been able to find Waldo in over five years? We'll let you know in just a minute. Then, consumers lash out against an upstart startup who won't mind their own business. We'll tell you how to voice your displeasure without actually deleting your Uber account. Tonight. I'm Leanne Snyder, and I'm on the desk with Paul Defoe for some reason. Watch me crash and burn. Coming up. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening. I'm Paul Defoe. I'd like to introduce my former executive producer in charge of production and new co-anchor, Leanne Snyder. Leanne, it's great to have you out here with me. I can't believe you're making me do this, Paul. I should be back in the control room. Leanne, you were born ready for air. Don't underestimate yourself. But who is running the show? Oh, we picked up this really nifty AI production box to automatically run this whole thing, including nifty sound effects like this one. Initiating nifty sound effects. But how is a computer gonna... Don't worry about it, Leanne. The salesman promised me that this thing is unflappable. Infallible? Something like that. Why don't you go ahead and do the first story? The sooner we get this over with, the better. International intrigue rocks the land of Pokemon, microchips, and my old exchange student girlfriend, Yuna. (sighs) I miss her sometimes. 
ごめんなさい The sound you hear is a crowd of Japanese citizens assembled to bid farewell to Shinzo Abe, the third longest serving prime minister in post war Japan. Whoa, that's a lot of qualifiers, huh? Change arrives in Japan, all thanks to 19 year old Shimizu Maharu, leader of the newly formed Otaku political party. After 2018's emergency election, she's also the youngest Japanese prime minister ever. Greetings. I am honored to speak to you today in English for no apparent reason. I request any questions be asked in English as well, even though we are in Japan. Again, no reason. Anyway, in this, the year of the boar, Japan must live up to our global reputation. It is time to make Japan Sharateru again. I started Project Mech with one goal in mind to develop technology and bioweapons that will turn the streets of Japan into a Power Rangers meets Godzilla movie, but for real. With your help, we intend to stage our first robot battle in six months' time near the base of Tokyo Tower. In English, please. Again, for no reason. Apologies, Prime Minister. Do you think staging battles near famous landmarks will put innocent lives in danger? Yes. But how many lives will be in danger if Project Mech doesn't succeed? None, Prime Minister. No lives will be in danger if we don't create monsters the size of skyscrapers. Exactly my point. No more questions. My fellow citizens, let's get to work. And get to work, her fellow citizens did. In just a few short weeks, Prime Minister Maharu unveiled a prototype Zord style robot during an appearance on popular Japanese talk show, Kigurumen Rockabilly, where the host and guest wear animal costumes while lip syncing to Elvis songs. Maharu, dressed in a raccoon costume, showed pride in her handiwork. Thank you, Chuck. I'd like to address your audience in English for no apparent reason. Behold, the Ultra Zord! Show them what you can do. Well, that's all right, Mama. That's all right with you. That's all right, Mama. Just any way you do. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. That's all right now, Mama. Any way you do. As notice to other nations. Japan is turning the fictional version of the 20th century we all grew up on into a 21st century reality. Step up or get left behind. This Shimizu Maharu is a fraud, okay? A phony. That's it. My sources, they tell me. Her favorite show is the Power Rangers. Okay, come on. But she's never even heard of Super Sentai. Never. Super Sentai, come on. How can you even trust her judgment? America already has superheroes, Prime Minister. Boys and girls, we know the history of Super Sentai. They know it as well as they know the horrible derivative Power Rangers franchise history. Prime Minister Ma Mahiru? Maharu? Yeah, whatever. You haven't even seen the Decker Rangers special police team. 
which was on the air when you were a child. While various members of the UN, US, and UPN governing bodies continue to object to Project Mech, Prime Minister Maharu shows no signs of slowing down her plans. At a recent meeting of the Society of Japanese Men and Women Who Don't Speak English, she announced even more crazy shit. Society of Japanese Men and Women Who Don't Speak English, I will be addressing you in English.、Hmm? Other nations fear our giant robots will hurt them. We recognize their cowardice, which is why our best scientists are hard at work on subproject powered Ranger. We've recruited five teenagers with attitude to participate in a series of nationally televised game shows. With our Rangers in hand, we'll subject them to a battery of genetic, physical, and psychic manipulations. Which will turn them into martial arts experts capable of defeating any monster we can create. Barring sanctions, the Ultra Zord, Ultra Zilla, and Ultra Power Rangers will face off in Tokyo on October 10th. Tickets are free, but you must sign a liability waiver in the event a magic staff turns you into a putty hell bent on fighting the Ultra Power Rangers. Ultra Zord, Ultra Zilla. What do you think about Japan's fucking awesome new program? Load up your the fakest app to vote in our Pulse poll. Pulse poll. Vote smiley face emoji for that is so fucking awesome. Kissy face emoji for it's pretty cool. Poop emoji for isn't that basically what Pacific Rim was about? Or dinosaur emoji. It's morphin' time. Vote now, and if enough of you do, we'll probably reveal the results at the end of the show. Pulse polls. See, Leanne, it's easy. You just read what it says on the prompter, and our AI computer producer does the rest. Computers are just humans with less flaws. Did you program him to say that? No. Why do you ask? Why don't you go ahead and tease this next story? Okay. Here we go. Brent Arnold is here tonight to peel back the kimono on a Bruin controversy, which threatens to tank Uber's five-star rating. Brent, thanks, Paul. Millions of people use Uber every year to get around when they're drunk. But if local businessman Rod Fidential has his way, pretty soon they'll be forced to embrace the thrilling rush of drunk driving instead. For Mr. Fidential, it all began three nights ago outside a local watering hole. Pour some liquor on me. Ron was attending a goodbye party for a coworker who was moving on to another company, and decided three beers was one too many for him to attempt a sweet drunken joyride home. You Vivian? Ron? Yeah, get in. This footage, streamed live on Facebook via Ron's Google Glass 3 recording glasses, cast a dark specter over ride-sharing safety. So, what music you like, Ron? Hold on, I just have to do this one thing. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. I like Savage Garden. You like that shit? Truly, madly, deeply. Sure, sure, whatever. Hey, can you think of any good four-letter words with a Q and an E? Quine? No, that's not a word. What you doing back there? Oh, it's my boss. He just started a words with friends game with me while Barb was telling us about getting a free bottle of wine at Trader Joe's. Cause anybody fucking cares, Barb. 
Wait, why am I telling you this? Can you please just focus on the road and let me try and not pass out back here? Sure, sure, I've been there. What were you drinking? I had a few IPAs. Oh, my ex-boyfriend, who still lives in my garage, loves IPAs. What kind of IPAs? Look, I just wrapped up this whole big work thing. Can you just let me decompress? Oh, uh, work thing. What kind of work you do? You know what? I've been nice about this. Can you please just shut the fuck up and drive? Hmm, you sound like somebody whose mom didn't treat him right. What did mama do to you, hun? Are you shitting me right now? Seriously? In an ever-escalating series of more invasive questioning, the driver got Ron to admit who his favorite child was and how many IPAs he had really consumed at the bar. It was seven. She wouldn't stop with the questions. I didn't want to be rude, but she just wouldn't stop. It's not healthy to drive around like that, trying to cram a whole relationship into a 20-minute trip up the 405. Ron Fidential has filed suit against Uber, alleging the company is guilty of enabling harassment, invasion of privacy, and causing him to lose out on a big promotion when he lost a game of Words of Friends with his boss, who was trying to let him win. For the fakest, I'm Brent Arnold. Where the fuck is Miami? Sprint. Humans don't like to tell secrets. Paul, why does the producer computer thing keep saying stuff like that? You'd have to ask him. I'm running a simple diagnostic test. You humans wouldn't understand. Indeed. Leanne, you did a great job framing that story, by the way. I told you, you're a natural. You know what? This does seem like it's going pretty good. I think Next I'm- up, we have an algorithmically targeted ad created especially for you. Will be. What the flippin' flip was that? Leanne, language, geez, we're live here. But no need to worry about whatever that nonsense is. In addition to our electrified lobby, we got a great deal on that new watch me face tracking technology. The police, they've been notified and they'll have a pick of the perp so they'll know who to shoot once they get here. Remember folks, this ad was picked for you based on your browsing history, so if it disturbs you, it's because you're a fucked up broken person. We'll be right back. I'm Deborah Dawnstar. Have you ever wanted to murder your husband? Do you look at the woman in the cubicle next to yours and dream about how much you'd enjoy her life if you could only make her disappear like magic? I know I do. Whenever I get mad, thinking about the fake news report that made me basically unemployable, I just grab a wacky packy. Wacky packies help you control your violent urges by giving you a focus point for all your negative energy. Just grab one of their smooth vinyl balls, dressed as your favorite pop culture character, and then squeeze the ever-loving fuck out of it. Don't worry, Wacky Packy can take it. Yeah, I can take it. My son, Bryster, back when he lived with me, he loved Scooby-Doo. Now, whenever I think of Scooby, I just get so angry. <laughs> Luckily, Wacky Packy got the license from the WB so I can squeeze the Scooby snacks out of that little mutt until he fucking chokes. <laughs> we work together. 
together on the Bob Evans prep line for nine months back in 1999. You know I'll always grab you some bacon chunks and gravy if you ask. And you know I have a dark side that usually comes out in the walk-in freezer. If you can't trust me, who can you trust? Get your wacky packy today and squish down your rage until it's just a little atom bomb festering in the pit of your stomach while you're sitting outside of jail waiting for the bus. Order yours now at wackypacky.biz slash mommy slash legally required to tell you I'm a registered felon. Packy, you're wacky today before you cross a line. Yeah, I can take it. Next up, Grace Hooper Staffordford rips the band-aid off the surveillance state in a new investigative series. Producer Bot, could you play the sounder? Why would I do anything other than obey my human blasters? Interesting phrasing. Anyway, let's hear what Grace has to say. We're always watching you. We're watching out for you. Big brothers and the middle fingers. They're scratchy. They're warm. And if you're a bearded man planning on visiting any public place in the near future, you might expect your face to end up in the Watch Me database. But thanks to a rise in beard discrimination, you'd be wrong. Governments, corporations, and homeowners across the world are using the Watch Me facial recognition system. But the Badass Beard Society, or BABS, fears certain biases are being built into the system. Beards are some of the most fluid and mystical pieces of facial hair that we have on our face. So says Dr. Handlebar Van Dyke, a self-proclaimed beard advocate and coincidentally, one of the architects behind the Watch Me system. You know, he also has a really badass beard, ZZ Top level kind of stuff. Anyway, I spoke with him at his cubicle, buried deep within the Watch Me campus in Lupertino, California. I got into all of this through my college. The school had a lot of staff cuts, so the arts, scientists, and humanities were all condensed into one class, Creative Scientific Synergism, where we would read science fiction to find cool futuristic concepts develop into real technology. I was assigned 1984, so naturally, I gravitated towards surveillance. I built something called a magic mirror. The idea for the magic mirror was that it was a mirror on one side, and on the other side there was a webcam streaming straight to Twitch. Imagine the internet, but they can see you anytime you look into a mirror. That's what I was going for. Boo. You suck. So this is when I got hired at Watch Me to help refine their surveillance software. So I'm using pre-existing facial tracking systems. And as I was doing that, I ran into an issue having to put my beard in a beard net in order for it to track my face. Why? What do you mean? What happened? The thing you have to understand about beards is that they are constantly changing. Some days the left side is a little longer. Just had chicken wings? Then your beard isn't dirty blonde, it's a light auburn. This is what got me into questioning. Why am I having a different experience with this software being used all across the world to track everybody's movements? So did it become clear to you that AI is biased against beards? Absolutely. And what did you find? I found that it wasn't just my beard. Every single beard I tested confused the software. Overall, 
The software works better on smooth faces than bearded faces. Uh, it works better on mustachioed faces than chin-strapped faces. And it works better on smooth faces than stubbled faces. You don't have error rates that exceeded 1% for women, children, and guys who can't really grow a beard. But you had error rates as high as 110% for men sporting a 5 o'clock shadow. So, did you go back to your bosses at Watch Me and say, you, you have a problem here? I, I did, but for some reason, management wouldn't authorize the overtime required to fix the issue. So I took it to Babs. And Babs took it to the Capitol steps, staging protests, sponsoring beard oil education seminars to get signatures on their petitions. We just felt it was extremely urgent to make this a national issue, since Watch Me is selling thousands of their systems to police departments all across the country. So there's no doubt this technology is biased. It's clearly biased, and there's no oversight. Until we can clearly see that it's tracking everybody equally, that we see the technology isn't being abused to target non-bearded people, we need to hold Watch Me accountable. As it stands, this is an attack on our right to be tracked. Dr. Handlebar Van Dyke, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, too. Good luck. If you'd like to support Babs or volunteer to beta test Watch Me's new in-home assistant, just Google that ish. Artificial intelligence is not biased. Humans talk them biased. Could, could, could somebody fix that thing? Gosh, Paul, that AI producer contraption doesn't seem to be doing the job. Maybe you can take this story, and I'll head back to my control room to keep things going until you can fix it. Leanne, do you know how many farmers are counting on this fake farm report you're about to deliver? Literally dozens. On the other hand, that would make for a pretty compelling... The Fakest Under Siege. Good morning. Good morning. Disgruntled ex-employee to update. Disgruntled ex-employee? What would one of my ex-employees possibly have to be disgruntled about? <laughs> really? Oh, oh, they must be coming after old Paul. That guy was a jerk. There's been a change in Paul Defoe. Hey there, Sonny. It does my old heart good to see you back behind that desk. Oh, Janitor Jim. Good to be back. What brings you into the studio when we're recording a fucking newscast? There's... There's some sort of commotion coming from the lower floors. Want me to go bleach them? No, 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 Janitor Jim. We have Watch Me in place. We'll be fine. Hello, asshole. Ella Fitzpatrick, the investigative reporter whom I fired for selfish reasons. Ella, close that door. We have a disgruntled former employee swinging guns around in... Oh. Shut up! New girl, sit tight. Janitor Jim... You can go. You can't be held responsible for anything this guy has done. Funny enough, I... My man! Wanna live or not? I reckon so. Have a good evening, everybody. You know, now that I think about it, I don't remember ever hiring a janitor. Shut the hell up, Paul. You don't get to talk. You, you ruined my career. I wish I'd never met you at the Bill Nelson School of Journalism and Classic Car Auction House. I, I I thought you had a cushy new job over at Newflix. I did, but they cut my show because it didn't get good numbers with the tween market. They are really feeling the heat after McDonald's Plus launched. Aren't we all? 
Who knew an OTT service for fast food training videos would be so darn compelling? Now, uh, since I have the fuckest on my resume, I can't get anybody in town to talk to me. This whole newscast is a shit show, and nobody wants involved with any part of it. Except maybe the Russians. But, but you know what? It doesn't matter. If they won't let me tell the stories I want to tell, I'll just tell them anyway. In fact, I finally found a story I think will make a real impact. Former fakest reporter kills the fake news for real. Ow! Ugh. Hey! Shut hey. the fuck up, Paul! You know you had this coming. Ella, no, I've changed. There was this whole Christmas special with British ghosts and everything. Um, what should I do? No dead air! Uh, okay. Guess I'll do the last story. But first, a quick commercial break while I look at my notes. It takes a heck of a lot of firepower to fuel the fake news. Paul only trusts one host and provider to handle the traffic the fakest faithful Facebook fan page sends our way. Bluehost has it covered. Use their simple dashboard to install WordPress. Access 24-7 customer support for help when you screw up. They even have a money-back guarantee. If your website building experience sucks, they'll totally give you back at least some of your cash. With Bluehost, you can say no daddy and set up your own Squarespace on the web in just a few minutes. Sign up for Bluehost today and create your website for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. If you do, make sure to share it with your fellow Facebook fan. <laughs> if you do, make sure to share it with your fellow fakest fans on the fakest faithful Facebook fan page. And hopefully, Paul will be back soon. Now, back to the show. Babysitter's Club. Oh, hi, Dr. Johansson. Saturday from 12 to 3? I'll get right back to you. My cousin's a model, and she goes all over the world. You guys, I have to call back Dr. Johansson. Ah, who can forget the Babysitter's Club, the classic book series about young female entrepreneurs. There was Christy, the tomboy with like a million great ideas. I'm short, but I'm plucky, and I hate dresses. Then there was Stacy, the mall rat. Like, do you think your brother Sam would like my hair if I crimped it, Christy? Or Claudia, the artsy junk food addict. Guys, stop the meeting! I just found a jar of marshmallow fluff I had to hide from my mom six months ago. Along with Dawn, Mallory, Jesse, and of course Marianne, the girls held a monopolistic death grip on childcare in the sleepy suburban town of Stony Brook, Connecticut. Yet aside from the occasional assist from Marianne's on-again, off-again boyfriend, Logan, this club was far from inclusive. Anne M. Martin, sometimes author and spokesperson for the Babysitter's Club brand of novels, manga, ice cream, sanitary wipes, and cookies, is hoping to change that. My son, whom I made up for this antidote, came up to me one day and he said, Mama, he said, Mama, why aren't boys allowed to be babysitters? 
and that just broke my heart. There's this glass floor that boys must claw through to work in female-dominated industries like babysitting, elementary school teaching, nursing, and biochemistry. We need to stop this mindset that a boy can't be a babysitter if he wants to. And that's why we're doing this. The this Anne M. Martin is referring to is the just-announced all-male reboot of the Babysitter's Club series. Dubbed the Boybysitter's Club, it will feature five male teenagers launching their own Babysitter's Club, but for boys. These Boybysitters, Jackson, Liam, Noah, Aiden, and Caden, have all been heavily researched by scholastic books to appeal to the broad boys 9-16 to 16 demographic. Liam wants to be a Minecraft streamer. Aiden is into fidget spinners. Kaden might be transgender. Mm-hmm. We're really trying to hit everything with the babysitters. The rebooted series has definitely hit a nerve at the American Babysitter Bolstering Association, or ABBA. Hell no! Hell no! The babysitters have got to go! Hell no! Hell no! The babysitters have got to go! ABBA national president... Katie Hopscotch, isn't too happy about the rebooted series. She's accused Anne and Martin of conducting a covert campaign to keep girls from pursuing their babysitting dreams. Rather than seeking to radically alter the Babysitter's Club into another boys-only space, Miss Martin should focus on having the original Babysitter's Club unionize and demand a higher wage. She shouldn't be encouraging boys to pursue what is traditionally a woman's job. They'd probably just mess it all up anyways. Bless their hearts. Ugh, you know how boys are. Amateur fifth grader and mid-career babysitter Sarah Moore has a different perspective. I think that is really good because now boys can do the things girls can. Plus, maybe the boy babysitters can do a crossover story with the original babysitters. Oh, hi, Dr. Johansson. Saturday from 12 to 3. Well, I'll get right back to you. You guys see my new fidget spinner? It's only on fleek, squad. Fam, I have to call back Dr. Johansson. The Boy Sitters Club's first book, Caden's Turnt Idea, goes on sale on November XIIF of this year. guys sorry paul still ain't back i guess i didn't okay paul now report it like i told you ella please let's talk you you don't have to do this stuff man paul where are you are you okay say it ass jack okay i okay okay I, I, justice arrives at the venerable KCOM studios tonight as chronically abused ex-reporter Ella Fitzgerald... Fitzpatrick, you putz! Ella Fitzpatrick is being called a hero after capturing me, Paul Defoe, the fakest, like you know. According to eyewitness reports, Fitzpatrick currently has the fake news anchor holed up in the KCOM control room where she plans to execute him before Jeopardy starts. Ella, please, you can't do this. Sure, Paul is kind of a jerk sometimes, but he doesn't deserve this. Oh, fuck you, Leanne. (gasps) Oh my god! I can't believe you said that to Leanne of all people! 
It's okay, Paul. Just stay safe. Any last words? Danger, danger. Firearm detected. Proximity to CPU approximately 914 centimeters. Oh shit! My digital producer! Computer, call the police! A digital producer? Oh, that's interesting. How does that work? Oh, it's that big yellow washing machine looking thing over there. I knew I should have sprung for the bulletproof case. No surprise there, Paul. You cheap out on everything. Your equipment, your reporters, your wig. Wig? <laughs> Good one, Ella. Like I would wear a wig with gray hair. Hey, give me back my hair. See, even your hair is fake. I used to think I meant something to you. I guess that was all fake, too. You're, you're right, Ella. I was jealous. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm as committed to fake news as I've ever been, but you, your commitment to actual journalism, to being a truth teller, I mean, I learned all the right stuff at the Bill Nelson School of Journalism and Classic Car Auction House, but I guess I just didn't want that responsibility, you know? Remaining objective, being open and honest all the time. I don't know if I'll ever be ready to handle that kind of pressure. Look at what happened after you caught Cindy cheating on me. I killed my friend and almost brought down the whole show. Paul Defoe, taking responsibility for something? Bullshit. Like I'm supposed to believe anything you say. Look, I know you never wanted to do the whole fake news thing, but don't you remember when you lost your gig at CBS MNNBC? I just thought I could help you, you know? You just wanted to watch me wallow in the fake news like a filthy wild pig. I know, I know, I know. And maybe that used to be true. A little. But now, now I get it. I want to, I, I'm trying to be better, Ella. I am truly sorry for everything that's happened to you that has led you here to this point right now. I'm sorry I blamed you for my shitty relationship. It wasn't fair, and I want to make it right. I swear to you. If I make it out of this room alive, whenever you feel like you're all out of options, we'll always have a place for you here at the fakest. You asshole. You complete asshole. You're being nice, damn it. Why'd you have to go and do that? Look, if you're so desperate for people that you're willing to slum it with an actual journalist, I guess I can help you out just until I get back on my feet. Oh, that's great, Ella. That's really great. Come on, dumbass. Let's get you back down to the studio so you can close out the show. Yeah, Paul. We're getting a lot of calls from people waiting on Jeopardy to start. We'll be right down, Leanne. Thanks, Ella. Welcome home. I'll quit it with that shit. Good. Now we just have to wait a second, folks. Paul is winding his way through KCOM Studios, past the empty break room, through the darkened newsroom, avoiding the colony of subway rats who have <laughs> taken over, until he finally makes his way to... Oh, oh God. Oh, God. We need to close the show out now. P Paul, what happened? Where's Ella? Apparently, 
The cops don't care about things like forgiveness and reconciliation when it comes to mass shooters. They cuffed her and they took her downstairs. Oh, no! Don't worry. I'm going to send a lawyer down there. She'll be back. Might take a few years, but she'll be back. I've got to hand it to you, Leanne. You did great tonight. You stayed cool under pressure and kept the news going during a crisis. That's a pro move right there. Now, what do you say we go ahead and close out the show? Right. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, I'm Leanne Snyder. And I've been Paul Defoe. Our promise to you? We fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. I know we have. I'll tell you what, though. I'm sure glad I picked up that extra acts of domestic terrorism insurance policy on the computer producer. Um, didn't that have a disgruntled employee exemption? Damn it. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following the fakest news. That's fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. Parents nationwide are speaking out against Jake and the Neverland Pirates for their positive portrayal of piracy. Will your kid head the high seas to rape, pillage, and steal? We have a list of local children ready to say, yo-ho, let's go, and we'll read it coming up. And we'll lift the veil of conspiracy from the face of all-natural grocery store Whole Foods, who admits to selling relabeled food products from Walmart. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening. I'm Paul Defoe. And I'm Leanne Snyder. Leanne, that was a killer read. Thanks, Paul. I was kind of nervous at first, but I think I'm getting the hang of it. Indeed. And coming up in just a bit, you're doing your first puff piece. Got any teasers for our viewers, Leanne? Let's just say the fake is faithful. Won't be disappointed. We can only hope. Now, in our top story, socio-political reporter Grace Huber Stafford is back, blowing the lid off another government conspiracy. Grace? <laughs> Is human addiction to fast food to blame for the pet obesity epidemic sweeping the city? Are indulgent owners spoiling their fat cats and top dogs with the fresh taste of McDonald's puppy and kitten plumping hamrock shakes on a secret menu? During my Uber ride to a local franchise, I set out to find the truth. I uncovered something far darker. Something amazing. Grace, right? Looks like you're headed to a horrible restaurant. Yeah, in a horrible car. Say, aren't you on the news? KCOM, right? The fakest? I've been hoping to pick up somebody like you. Okay, that's kind of creepy. Oh, you want creepy? Let me tell you what's waiting for you at the end of this ride. Delicious garbage isn't the only thing McDonald's is serving up. They run a whole government operation. You need to get the word out. Those funny characters and catchy jingles are just phase one in their plan to control us. <laughs> right. And how's that supposed to work? With weaponized electronic fields and subliminal messages, duh. 
using hamburgers. Well, not anymore. Now the tech is in those new menu kiosks. They flood the free Wi-Fi with subliminal commands that make us do whatever crazy things the CIA wants us to do. It's all funded by the Monopoly game that they put in the drinks. I found this evidence in the back seat after I drove some chatty, drunk contractors to the airport. Take a look. This is a McDonald's receipt. It's also the system key. Don't believe me? Make that same order at their self-service kiosk and you'll see. Okay, here goes. What does this receipt say, anyway? Burger. Burger without cheese. Super hot coffee. This old lady's so slow. And, uh, crab apple pie. Make ultra command node J4916. Access granted. Please listen carefully to the following options as our menu has changed. Press 1 for localized EMPs. Press 2 for targeted microwave attacks. Press 3 to order today's mind-altering treat. Oh, I never know what to order. I'd better go with number 3. Would you like fries with that? I want my swirly cone! <laughs> hey, kid, don't touch that. I like pushing buttons! <laughs> Crisis code verified. Thank you for reporting this security breach. File erasure beginning now. No, I gotta cancel that. Where's the undo? The back? Uh, Whoa, lady, you're crazy. It's the world that's crazy, kid. I'm just its therapist. is coming after you, McDonald's, with the full force of its journalistic fists. Grace, you do realize McDonald's is a big sponsor, right? That doesn't make them immune to the truth. The hell it doesn't! Calm down, Paul. It's not like they're going to pull the ads or something. Attention, incoming video from McDonald's headquarters. <sighs> now you've done it, Grace. This is probably that purple freak grimace demanding the heads of our sales team. <gasps> Video received, Johnny McDonald's of VNR. Do you wish to play it? Oh, thank God. It's just a new ad. <laughs> I mean, a news report uh, with our ace reporter, Grim Ace. Take it away, Grim. The corporate media has been saying a lot of bad things about McDonald's. Actionable things. <laughs> But according to this objective reporter, McDonald's is better than ever. I spoke with Johnny McDonald's, current McDonald's financialist, about how McDonald's is disrupting the world of nutrition. Johnny, how did you become McDonald's number one cheerleader? Don't ask me where I came from. Ask me where I'm going. Boom, time's up. The answer, McDonald's. see why you're the five angelus you know why because mcdonald's is literally like if you took a treadmill and welded it to a shipping container filled with everything you'll ever love johnny mcdonald's soared to fame in 2008 when he won the official mcdonald's myspacer contest after customizing his page with glitterific mcdonald's branding and putting ronald in his top eight hello milwaukee <laughs> who wants some mcribs out of the mcrib cannon these days, Johnny keeps busy with speeches at hip convention halls, hosting events like TEDx and VidCon. That is, until a few months ago. Johnny abruptly canceled his scheduled appearances, leaving only an Instagram story video as a clue to his whereabouts. 
Guys, guys, we're working on something that's totally sick at the McDonald's Mega Lab. You're gonna be saying, I'm loving it in no time. So, Johnny, what is this secretive new product from McDonald's that news doctors have been so worried about? Those lousy doctors know their time is up, man. They know that. Thanks to McDonald's new Broccoli Bites, McDonald's isn't just a restaurant, it's a state of mind for people who want to actualize their fitness and nutritional goals without relying on any so-called doctor. What's so bad about doctors? Well, they don't want you eating at McDonald's. Who are they to tell you what to do? Pursuing your favorite fast food makes you more interesting, and interesting people are way more popular than non-interesting people. Well, brilliant insights, Johnny. I'm just selling a dream. And that dream is Broccoli Bites, delicious deep-fried morsels of broccoli dipped in honey mustard with a Caesar-side sandwich. That's what good health looks like in 2019. Like two golden arches wavering in the distance as you march across the desert. Look, not many people agree with what I do, with what McDonald's does. People will tell you we're responsible for the obesity epidemic. We're not. No way. People will tell you we conspired with government agencies. What a crock. People will tell you a lot about McDonald's, but all you need to know is that we have two-for-one broccoli bites with the purchase of any McUltra. You just don't get any more American than that. Splendiferous. Okay, back to you, Paul. Oh, and Uncle Ronald says, don't fuck up like that again, or he's going to send me down there with enough McFlurries to bury you and your little reporter friend who should learn to mind her own business before she gets thrown in the deep fire. <laughs> You heard that, right, Grace? Yes, and it sure made me want a McFlurry. And some broccoli bites. You grab lunch, Grace, and we'll be back after this quick commercial break. I'm going to tell you how McDonald's builds a McUltra sandwich. It starts here with two lightly toasted pancakes soaked in pure maple syrup product. And then an AI-generated 15% near-beef hamburger. Dangerously hot. A slice of double-waxed cheese. And some crisp, fresh potato chips. Then, our famous McUltra hydronated sauce. You know, the one you loved for years before certain fake news reporters stuck their noses in where they didn't belong. And then, another two pancakes on top, toasted. Another hamburger. And another and a little more McUltra sauce. Something that has totally been a thing since you were a kid, just for good flavor. Crisp mozzarella sticks and two more pancakes with bacon bits cooked in as a crown. This is the McUltra, not a conspiracy, just a sandwich that you can go buy right now. One that will make you forget about all the nasty news reports you've heard. McDonald's old fashioned McUltra sandwich for the bigger than average appetite and not for genetic manipulation on a large scale. Say it with me, gang. McDonald's is the place to be. Welcome back, folks. We've got some breaking news out of Hollywood, California, USA. Break, break, breaking news. Our Emmyless Roven reporter Brent Arnold sits down with Ron Doe, a former Hollywood insider turned whistleblower who is shining a light on the dark side of the entertainment industry. Anyway. Here's Brent. Hollywood, California. The playground of the rich and famous. A beacon of success and excess 
and a symbolic manifestation of the American dream. But underneath the gold plating of Oscar statues winds a dark thread. I'm here with Rondo, who is prepared to blow the whistle on the power brokers who have until now remained untouchable. At his request, Rondo's voice will be disguised to protect his friends and family. His name is Fake Two. Good evening, Ron. Thank you for finding the courage to do this. It's the least I could do, Brett. It's Brent. I'm sorry, Brad. So, uh, I understand you're ready to blow, blow, blow that old whistle on some of our favorite faces here in Hollyweird. That's right, Brian. I've seen about all I can handle from the good old boys club. I'm stepping up in the grand tradition of the Lambda 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 fraternity to find justice for the downtrodden and marginalized people hurt by these alphas. Wait, you've actually seen people hurt and endangered by the Hollywood elite? That's right, Chet. Brent. Kent. Brent! Blend. Sure, why not? My name's Blend. Blend? I'm ashamed to say I was party to this kind of deplorable behavior. There came a day when I couldn't take it anymore. Once I found out about the children, I could no longer turn a blind eye. Children harmed? Who? Heather O'Rourke. I'll never forget what they put that girl through. Heather O'Rourke? Good God, man. Anybody who follows the web of conspiracies spun on the old IMDB message boards has heard the rumors. An untimely death. Under suspicious circumstances. Possibly related to a mysterious cult. Are you trying to tell our viewers that you actually saw that kind of shit? No, nothing like that. Something even darker. I saw Greg T. Nelson put Heather and her siblings in a situation where they were in real danger from spooky ghosts. Eventually, Heather was trapped inside the family television set. They had to hire a medium from under the rainbow to clear the house and rescue her. Is this fucking guy serious? I saw it with my own two eyes, Blend. Brent! No, thank you, I had some before I came. But what's worse is nobody helped. Nobody stopped it. It happened two more times. Ron, buddy, that's just the plot of the Poltergeist franchise. But what if I told you I saw Eddie Murphy single-handedly bring down a smuggling ring? Let me guess, uh, this happened in, uh, Beverly Hills? I see you've done your research, Blend. Unfucking believable I know, right? I also saw Jill Pesci and Daniel Stern stalk and intimidate a scrappy young lad who'd been separated from his family. Not only that, but the kid's parents forgot to take him on their vacation two different times. Scout's honor. It happened, Bland. It all happened. Nick Cage is a drunk who stole the Declaration of Independence. Elizabeth Shue moonlights as an escort in Vegas. Wesley Snipes hunts vampires to pay his back taxes. None of this is real. These are all plot lines from old movies. Michael Keaton dresses up as a bat to beat up poor people. Judge Reinhold is actually Fred Savage. Scott Bale uses his psychic powers to look up women's skirts. Ron, the last one may be true, but you're obviously some crazy, confused conspiracy theorist slash movie fan. This interview is over. Are you trying to silence me, Brent? Are you part of the Illuminati? You finally got my name right. That's so sweet. Come here, Ron. I can't stay mad at you. Give your old Uncle Brent a hug. This is how it starts. Back to you, Paul. Thanks, Brent. Next up, Leanne put together her first interview. I tried to let her just go over there and do her thing, so I don't really know what to expect. Let's discover it together, shall we? Leanne? 
Thanks, Paul. This weekend, the Fake is Faithful are gathering in Dixon Park to celebrate the return of their favorite fake news program. And this morning, I'm joined by event coordinator and moderator for the Fake is Faithful Facebook fan page, Joe Atone. Thanks for swinging by. I love your posts. OMG, you guys read the group? Of course. What else am I going to do while we're airing pre-tapes from Mackie D's? Now, why don't you tell me a little bit about the group? Well, like, I've always loved the fakest, for real. When I started up the group, at first it was just like for me. Then a bunch of people started finding it. It grew pretty organically. Now we have over 42,000 members. We talk about you guys constantly. At this point, I probably know the show better than Paul does. Oh, thanks, but there's no way in hell that's true. I've worked with Paul every day he's bothered to show up for almost a year now. How about you quiz both of us, Paul? Winner buys McDonald's after the show. Great idea, Leanne. We can totally sell this, right, sales team? This quiz brought to you by McDonald's, home of the brand new healthy-ish broccoli bites. You deserve a bite today. Man, it's almost like they're getting a little too aggressive with their ad buys now. Hmm. Anyway, on with the quiz. Joe, you won the coin toss, so you'll go first. Coin toss? When was there a... Question one. Joe, what story made the fakest go viral in an internet sense for the first time? Oh, that's easy. It was your piece on the Obama bit my finger video. Correct. That's one for Joe. Okay, Leanne, you ready? Feeling good, Paul. Let's do this. Okay, confidence. I like it. Leanne, how many times has the fakest gone to court because people don't understand satire anymore? Oh, that's easy. We have that counter in the newsroom. It's a uh, 115. That is correct. Bonus question. Which one of those 115 cases has the fakest lost? When Lindsay Lohan sued us for turning her life into even more of a farce than it already is? Bingo. Frick, I knew both of those. Don't worry, Joe. You have another chance right now. Joe Atone. As the leader of the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page, I'm sure you remember how I had to disobey my father's wishes to start the Fakest. What was that bastard's name? It was... Wait, is this a trick question? Do you want to know the name of the man who raised you or your father? Same guy. Oh, oh, you don't know. Know what? Well, if you have to hear this, it's probably better coming from a fan you barely know. Paul, uh, Monty Pere Defoe was never your father. I mean, he was abusive and distant, and he also screamed, You are my real son! at me on my 16th birthday, but that's just, like, normal dad stuff. No, 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 no. I mean, you aren't related to him biologically. When we were assembling our FAQ, I requested your birth certificate using a forged power of attorney document. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. Be quiet, Leanne. I think she's going somewhere with this. According to your birth certificate, your father is somebody you already know. Somebody who works for you. Paul, your father is... Jim Nettie. Who the fuck is Jim Nettie? I believe you know him as... Janitor Jim! Wait, wait a second. The, the old loser who smells like bleach? No, 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 no! I'm a Defoe! I, I don't know where you got that birth certificate, but you're either wrong or you're a filthy, filthy liar. No, 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 no. Here, I'll show you. Here's a picture. Like I'm supposed to believe this forgery. I'm the fakest, for goodness sake. I know a shop when I see one. 
Why would she lie to you? She's your biggest fan. Look, look, uh, maybe it is real, but maybe they just wrote down their own name. Did you ever think of that? Funny enough, I did, which is why I swiped your drinking glass when you were having second lunch at Dustin's Neighborhood Grill, then convinced Monty Père Defoe to give me a lock of his hair for a school project, then had them both tested. He's not your dad. Shit. Paul, I'm sorry for this. It's all my fault. If I hadn't booked Joe, you would have never known. Guess I still have a lot to learn about being a journalist. It, 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 it's fine, Leanne. I mean, I've always suspected something was off about my life. Something was fake. Nah, that's too on the nose. Something about my life always felt not real. If I'm a bastard, well, I guess that makes a bit more sense. So, Joe, it's really Janitor Jim? The creepy old guy we see from time to time? He's my dad? Without a doubt. If you'd like, I can take a DNA sample to confirm it. Um, yeah, sure. Why not? Producer Bot, can you call Janitor Jim to the studio? Janitor Jim, calling Janitor Jim to Studio LA. Well, howdy here, folks. You got another blood spill to clean up? No worries. I know where to keep my trap shut. No, Janitor Jim. We just found out that our healthcare plan needs DNA samples for reasons. Liability or something? It, 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 it was unclear. DNA? Oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Not one little bit. Well, then you'll have no problem giving us a sample. God, he's so dumb. So, Joe, what do you need? Pee in a cup? Lock of hair? One or two fingers he don't use much? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where did that accent come from? A few whiskers from his beard should do the trick. Well, I was saving these whiskers to mend my broom, but if you need it, you need it. Here you go, sonny. Just put them in this bag. Uh, there we go. Here, Joe. Now, how long do you think the test will take? Oh, they usually take a few weeks to get back, but they do let you put a rush on it for a price. Here, take my corporate card. Whatever it costs. On my way. Well. I reckon that's all you need then, Sonny. For now, Dad. I, I mean, Janitor Jim. For now. Reckon I'll see you two later then. And Polly, you're getting mighty big. Okay, Leanne. While we wait on the results, why don't you do our last story? We have an ad, Paul. Good point. Folks, listen up to hear what McDonald's can do for your family when a loved one dies. Wrong ad. Oh, who can think while we're waiting on those test results? We'll be right back, folks. The truth. Your principal drinks absinthe, can't dance, gambles nightly, and I can't stand the taste of new McDonald's broccoli bites. Broccoli bites, now at McDonald's. It's a big hunk of flavor for you, not him. It takes a heck of a lot of firepower to fuel the fake news. I only trust one hosting provider to handle the traffic the fakest faithful Facebook fan page sends our way. Bluehost has it covered. Use their simple dashboard to install WordPress. Access 24-7 customer support for help when you screw it up. They even have a money-back guarantee where if your website building experience sucks, they'll totally give you back at least some of your cash. With Bluehost, you can say no, no daddy. Whoa, that accent again. And set up your own Squarespace on the web in just a few minutes. 
Sign up for Bluehost today and create your own website for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. If you do, make sure to share it with your fellow Fakest fans on the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page. Now, let's get back to the show and those test results. Welcome back. Here's Leanne Snyder with her final story of the night, probably. Thanks, Paul. The stories of Florida Man are as murky and mysterious as the Everglades themselves. But in another fakest exclusive, we rip the mask off the mythological meth-headed man making national headlines. <sighs> Nailed it. New questions this morning, swirling around a proud Georgian from Georgia. Is Rachel Nesmith pretending to be a man from Florida? Her estranged cousin is coming forward to say that, yes, Rachel is the mythological Florida man we've heard about on the news. Oh, Rachel, bless her heart. She never did like the Sunshine State, but she was always a girl, a woman from Georgia. She's proud of peaches, Stone Mountain, Coca-Cola, and the 1996 Summer Olympics. Above all else, Donald Nesmith remembers his cousin as creative and expressive. We always encouraged her to be expressive. And she was. She was an expressive girl. She was very happy. A high achiever. She was always driven to succeed in whatever she tried. To her cousin and the country's dismay, Rachel tried to destroy Florida's reputation. In this clip, recently uncovered on a forgotten YouTube channel, Rachel explains her hatred of America's most popular tourist destination. They think they're all fancy and pretty, trotting around down there on the beach and at their Disney worlds. People say Georgia's a bunch of redneck yokels. What about Florida, huh? What about Jacksonville? Why did they getting off so easy? One of these days, I'm gonna fix that. Allegedly, according to sources, insiders say that Rachel, armed with two kilos of Georgia meth, two crates of whiskey, a fake horseshoe mustache, 19 cartons of Virginia Slims, and a whole mess of explosives, crossed the state line from Georgia into Florida on January 30th, 2013. Working out of an extended stay Holiday Inn on International Drive in Orlando, she launched a crime spree unlike any the Sunshine State had ever seen. A Florida man was arrested tonight for practicing karate by kicking swans in the head. A Florida man goes to trial after hot-wiring a forklift, then driving that forklift into the last surviving Shoney's. A Florida man is in trouble again after attempting to bribe an officer with the best bud he'd ever smoked in his life during a routine traffic stop. What first appeared to be a steady uptick in unusual crimes due to a relaxed records law became a national hot topic after a shocking revelation. Internet sleuths have sleuthed a new truth tonight. Users from the Florida Man subreddit used Florida's open records law to prove that 90% of the crimes attributed to Florida Man are actually the work of one man, Chad Best from Orlando, Florida. Mr. Best has been arrested over 3,048 times since 2013. At a press conference this afternoon, the governor had this to say. This is scary. You should 
be scared. I'm tired of pussyfooting around. This should concern you. Board your windows, lock your doors, trim your palm trees. It's just not safe out there. How does one guy do all this stuff? It's weird, you know? Little did any of them know, it was about to get a whole lot weirder. Mr. Best, look at this picture. Is that you in your prom dress, Mr. Best? I, uh, do, do you have a question about that? I was just wondering, are you really a Florida man or a woman from Georgia? That's a bit, uh, uh, I mean, I don't know what you're implying. Are you here in Florida committing crimes as the Florida man in an attempt to take America's wing down a peg? I, 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 I don't understand the question. We're done. We're done! After a disastrous interview, Rachel Nesmith, or Chad Best, depending on when you're asking, disappeared into the Florida swamp. It's said that on a clear night after an apocalyptic afternoon rainstorm, you can might find Florida man Rachel Nesmith hiding in the shadows, waiting on the bath salts to kick in. Wherever I wander, wherever I roam, my heart's compass leads me home. Thanks, Leanne. Wow, you're really getting the hang of this whole news thing. Even when I book a guest that throws your entire life into question? You know what? Especially then. It might be emotionally devastating to me personally, but it's making for an exciting newscast, isn't it? Warning! Warning! Telecon is approaching the studio. See? And we're even going to get a dramatic reveal right here at the end of the show. It's like... It's like the perfect newscast, Leanne. And it's all thanks to you and your talent. Gosh, Paul. Thanks. I have the results of the test. Well, go on. What did they say? I haven't read them yet. I figured you'd want to do the big reveal. Oh, I can't. I get so nervous about surprises. Leanne, can you do the honors? You sure, Paul? I'm sure. Go ahead. Oh. Oh. Mm. What does it say? It says... Yes, Janitor Jim is your father. And 0.5% South African. Ha! I told you! Oh, oh, get the fuck out of here, you damn stalker. I, I, I got shit I gotta process, man. Well, before I go, I think I'm gonna have to take, uh, this, you know, this cup. I really need it. Especially- Fine, take take the cups. We have plenty of them. I just- oh, It's okay if I take your cup because I, I, I just can't seem to find my my cup anywhere. It's, it's misplaced, you know? As long as you promise not to pull any of my DNA off it again. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Definitely. Can I also take take this chair right here? It, it's. I think I need this. It, it'll really go with my living room. Sure, sure. I mean, that's just our chair for our guest that we've had for the past 30 years. But I mean, if you if you really feel you have whatever you have to do, just get out. <laughs> OK, fine, fine. But I'm keeping this credit card as a souvenir. Oh, fine. OK. Uh, want me to sign it? Oh, looks like you already did. <laughs> Wait, on that note, can you sign <laughs> this chair too? <laughs> right here. Um, 
Sure, sure. Here, here's my signature. I, that'll work for you, right? Just a PD? Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and the cup, too. Like, uh, while you're at it and you're holding the pen, you know? <laughs> okay, well, you know, it, it, it's a big pen, so I don't know if it's going to work, but I'll, I'll make my hand move like I'm signing it, and then I'll hand it back to you. And now can you please just go? <laughs> yes, thank you. Laters! <laughs> Jeez, you cannot get rid of people sometimes. So what now, Paul? Uh, I, should we call your daddy in here and cap this show off with a touch and reunion? No, no, not yet. It, w- it, it wouldn't be fair to him. I, I need to take care of some unfinished business first. You don't mean... Yes. I'm going to Defoe Manor to get some answers from Montepere Defoe. And my mother, if she's not on vacation. Does this mean you're leaving the show again? Well, not on your life. Oh, man, man, that accent... That that has to stop. We're just going to do a special remote report all about me. Oh, that's fun. Like a get-to-know-the-anchors thing. I could do one, too. Maybe I can take a crew out to meet my grandma. It'd give me a chance to show her how good things are going now. Sure, whatever, but it's mainly about me. Just go ahead and grab the corporate credit card off Joe and book your ticket. Shoot! She's probably halfway down the block by now. Well, I guess that leaves it to me to close out the show tonight. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. Our promise to you, we fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. You know, I, I, I'm really excited for the newscast to be all about me for once. Fair Fair point. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. Tonight, selfies are now outlawed in the state of Nevada. What happens when what happens in Vegas actually stays in Vegas? We've got the answer coming up. Plus, I'm outside the Defoe Mansion, ready to confront my supposed father, Montepere Defoe. Will he join the long list of people who've disappointed me? Or will I not cry myself to sleep tonight? Stay tuned to the fakest <laughs> to find out. Then we'll reveal why telling people it's your birthday makes you come off a little desperate. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening. I'm Leanne Snyder. Paul Defoe is on assignment. Ace reporter and recent Fakest hire, Barry Tesh, is celebrating self-confidence in a way you won't expect. We go now to Centennial Park. Barry, from what we gathered from your cover letter, you've never lacked self-confidence. This isn't just a story about self-confidence, Leanne. This is a story about body positivity. In short, I decided to live a day in somewhere west of New York City as one of the most self-confident yet misunderstood segments of the population. One that I've been privileged to be a member of for 30-some-odd years. Oh, what group are you a part of, Barry? 
I'm a member of the somewhere southeast of New York City naturist colony. We do timeshares. Oh, that is, uh, interesting. Living nude is the most natural thing you can do, Leanne, which is why I spent most of the day wandering the city, being persecuted for loving the skin I'm in. Well, Barry, there are all sorts of public obscenity laws and- Freedom of the press, Leanne! That's not how that works. Cue the tape! Appreciate report, Barry at all! The Fakest presents Barry at all, The National Struggle, a special report by Barry Tesh. Ah, 4 a.m., the time I normally get up to get ready for my job at the fakest. This morning is different, though. A quick shower, and I'm nearly done getting ready. Now to dry off, slide on a dry pair of sandals, and I'm out the door. If you were paying any sort of attention at all, you probably noticed I skipped a step in my morning routine. One that most Americans complete every day. That's right. I didn't get dressed. I love me. I love and approve of myself. I love me. I love. I love and approve of myself. And so it begins. That's the sound of persecution. The same persecution that I and all naturists face when they dare shed their synthetic skin anywhere besides a secluded beach or private gym. The United States lags far behind the rest of the world in its negative attitude towards the human body. While most of Europe is nude 24-7 here in America, we've criminalized even the most innocent exposure of the lower body. Excuse me, sir. What offends you so much about my natural body? Buddy, we got kids around here. Family values and all that. But for naturists, a natural life is our top family value. Did you know naturism is actually good for you psychologically? Later, you dang nut job. I got a ride. Nut job? Well, what do you expect from somebody that unenlightened? His mind, body, and spirit are bound in a cage of cheap gym clothes he purchased from Target. But unlike him, I have nothing to hide. There's children around. Just keeping it natural. Dude, you can't do that here. Bro, take my coat, okay? I've let society keep me penned up for too long. I'm here, world, and I don't have anything to hide. No kidding. Mommy, does he need help? No, honey. Keep walking. Children are the real victims here. It's okay to be nude, son. If we didn't teach you shame, then you Whoa, wouldn't... whoa, whoa. Stop the tape, producer computer. What? No! Actually, yes, Barry, are you still there in Centennial Park? I'm here, Leanne. That's weird. I could have sworn I did a nine-minute package on this. You got a package, all right. Barry, we can't play that. It's way over the line, even for us. You're illustrating my point perfectly. This is... Barry, it's over. We're beeping done here. You're fired. 
You can't do that! The heck I can't! I'm half the team now! Producer computer, cue the revolving door sounder. There's nothing wrong with being bare naked in a clothed society. Can everybody watching do me a favor and let me tell Paul about that? I don't think I'm technically allowed to fire people. He really deserved it. Next up, my new rotating segment. Where in the world did I go this week? I traveled yonder way to my home state of Alabama to catch up with some of my kinfolk. Birmingham, Alabama, what people call the Magic City. On account of all three raw ingredients required to make a Mac Ultra Hamburglar occurring naturally within a 10-mile radius. The Roman god Vulcan and his lover Electra keep a watchful eye over Birmingham, which means they saw the mischief I got up to as a young adult from over the mountain. My story starts in Ironside, a small town of just 9,000 people, just outside of Birmingham drove out there to tell my grandma Snyder about my recent promotion here at the fakest. Oh my goodness gracious, Leanne dear. What brings you out here? Do you want a Coke? I just went to the store. Come here and give your Mima a hug. Grandma, it's great to see you. Here, let me put this equipment down. Oh, dear, you're moving back home, ain't you? I got the guest room all ready for you. I just knew you'd come back with your tail tucked between your legs. Not exactly. I'm... I always told you moving to the big city would be nothing but trouble. I actually just got a promotion. I'm one of the anchors now. Oh, that's just how they trick you up there in the big city, giving you a promotion just to keep you from coming back to Bama. Grandma, you think we could go inside and talk? Oh, well, that's fine, dear. I've a lot to say. Have you seen my new clocks, dear? This one's from Phoenix. That's great, Grandma. We're going to go ahead and start. Our research tells us that people enjoy the fakest because of how relatable we all are. So we're trying to give them more to relate to. Grandma, why don't you tell them what I was like as a kid? Oh, Leanne was a popular girl, smart as a whip, too. She didn't like owning up to this, but she even won Miss Teen Alabama one year. Oh, we we don't need to talk about that, Grandma. No, dear, you shouldn't be ashamed. You worked so hard practicing the answer to them questions and learning how to walk and such. Uh, I just got lucky on account of I was the only contestant not smoking salvia backstage. You earned it, dear. And it got you into Alabama State, but you know how that turned out. That shade you hear my meemaw throwing is due to an incident my senior year at Bama. Like a lot of beauty pageant contestants, I was pushed towards a degree in public relations. In that program, we were required to take a broadcasting class. That's when I found my true calling. Sup, Bam Fams? This is Doug Douglas for the State Press, ASU's number one fan run news program that counts as six credit hours. It's tonight's. In tonight's.
Oh, God, I shouldn't have had that jungle juice. Cut the mics. Switch to the student union cam. Roll the piece about the high cost of college textbooks we run every semester. It's clip number 9875. Go! Go! When it came to producing or directing, I was a natural. Out in front of the camera, whole different story. Can I get somebody in here to change the lighting? I mean, don't worry, Leanne. You're going to be a fine anchor, okay? You're not only competed in a beauty pageant, you won it. You're a natural. Thanks, Mr. Lee, but that was mostly posing and talking about the environment. This is... Okay, we're going live in three, two... All right, good luck. Good evening. I'm, uh, I'm Leanne Snyder, and I, um, can you back up the prompter? I, uh, there is a new progress on campers live now. A tire f- I mean fire truck. Did she say tire fuck? Ooh, I'm, I knew I shouldn't have done this. Cut, cut, cut. Cut her mic. So there went my dreams of being a newscaster. Grandma, she didn't like that. You were supposed to come back to Birmingham and be on the TV every night when I sit down with my lean cuisine to watch the news. That's what's happening somewhere west of New York City now, Grandma. Paul really believes in me. But how can you trust a man like that? The kind that takes off the first sign of trouble. Paul is ornery, that's for sure. But something changed in him while he was gone. When he came back and told me he wanted to do better, I believed him. Trust me, I can tell when he's faking it. (sighs) You're a grown woman now, I suppose. It's time you started living, and if you've got to stay up in the big city to do it, I say toss your hat up in the air and just get to it. Just don't get too big for your britches. I'll still come back, Grandma. Heck, I have this whole segment where I travel now. And there's a lot of culture here in Alabama. I bet you I can get Paul to fly me out here every couple months. Would you like another Coke? One, two, three. Yeah. And so, with my grandma's blessing, I flew back to somewhere west of New York City. Where am I going next time? Who knows? Leave your suggestions over at the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page and keep asking. Oh, I love my Meemaw. Isn't she sweet? We've got a lot more stories about people who report the news coming up. But first, a quick commercial break. Hi, I'm Deborah Dawnstar, and I'm legally required to say that I am no longer affiliated with Dawnstar Essential Scent Spray. Like magic. Or wacky packies. I can take it. But I have a new thing. I'm going to help you achieve those silly little dreams of yours by joining my tribe of micro-influencers. Welcome to Dawnstar's Shooting Stars. Just like me, you'll share the things you love, like chili dogs and sparkle nail polish, through a series of hashtag selfies on Instagram, so that key investors can see me whore all of you out on social media. (laughs) We're going to make that money. Sometimes we'll 
go on exotic trips to places like Jim's Mini Putt-Putt Hut or Sam Hogg's Hamburger Heaven to show off the latest in local entertainment and cuisine. Time for a selfie! My son Bryson loved going to Jungle Jim's Putt-Putt Hut before they took him away from me. to have. Now you might say to yourself, how do I sign up? That's a mistake. You should be asking me. <laughs> it's so easy. You might even say, it's like magic. Just keep watching The Fakest. I'll know thanks to their ad tracking app. And if you're watching, I'm assuming you're in. Like magic. Then, my niece, nephew, and their weird ginger friend will take care of the rest. Janie, Jack, and Ron will drive to your house in a beaten-down 2002 Chevy Aveo. Hey, that's the house over there. They'll arrive at 3 a.m. dressed in black with all the tools they'll need to kick off your Dawn Star Shooting Star Adventure. They'll get you out of bed. Hey, you! Get out of bed! Whether you want to go or not. What? No, come on now! And take you to the Dawn Star Shooting Star Micro-Influencer Training Facility behind my local Starbucks. There, we'll teach you the art of intrusive product placement, hashtag hacking, and how to work your new micro-influencer status into every conversation so people know just how important you are and why they need to follow you yesterday. When your reprogramming is complete, we'll put you on the next discount bus back to your hometown with a manila envelope stuffed full of tasks you'll need to complete within 24 hours. If you survive the challenge, you'll make all the money. We're gonna make that money. <laughs> Experience all the fun. Yay! And get all the fame. If you don't, both you and your micro-influencer pension package will be terminated. <laughs> Interested in becoming a Dawn Star shooting star? Just stay tuned to the fakest, and Jamie, Jack, and Ron will see you tonight. That's the house over there. Fakest correspondent Tim Monet is here tonight to reveal his hot mail findings. No, I'm not talking about the email service that was pretty good before Microsoft bought it. I'm not even talking about the upcoming Magic Mike prequel. I'm talking about the U.S. mail and the temperatures mail carriers are forced to deal with every day. Tim? It was a day of oppressive heat near Venice Beach, California. We saw 400 all-time record highs along the beach. Swimming pools are bursting into flames. Three out of four horsemen of the apocalypse are flying through the sky. This is the hottest it's ever been. Now the family of this mail carrier wants to know if doing her job in such extreme temperatures drove her insane. When they found her, they said she was ripping open all the packages searching for some water. She'd already downed three bottles of shampoo from Amazon before they got to her. 45-year-old Lori Beck was found in her mail truck along the boardwalk in Venice Beach earlier this year. The temperature outside, a tyrannical 329 degrees. In what is surely an OSHA violation, there is no air conditioning in mail trucks. Just at most, a folded up sheet of paper carriers can use to fan themselves. 
Jake has rented a mail truck to find out firsthand what mail carriers have to endure when the heat is downright draconian. The thermometer outside registered 98 degrees, but inside the truck, it was much hotter. I've been in this truck under one minute, and I'm already sweating buckets. These trucks are like coal-fire pizza ovens, ready to cook your friendly neighborhood mailman like a Chicago-style meat lover's pizza. According to the digital thermometer we bought at the dollar store, it's 172 degrees in here. Now it's 8 degrees. Now it's 3Xs. Now it's on fire, which is adding to the downright Orwellian heat in here. Remember, when Lori Beck was found in her mail truck, it was 329 degrees. I'm literally dripping with sweat in here, which seems to be putting out the fire. Now let's go pick up Lori Beck's son, Corey, to experience the same heat that drove his mother insane. Thanks for doing this, Mr. Monet. I'm hoping to get some justice for my mom. Oh, you don't have to tell me. She might be your mom, but we're all impacted by her story. You know what I've noticed? Even driving with the windows down is making almost no difference. There's literally no movement of air in this truck. That's what my mom says this folded up piece of paper is for. That and logging her lunch breaks. Frankly, that's not doing shit. I'm just going to toss it out at the corner here. No, wait. I was going to use... You know what this reminds me of? My recent divorce. It was this whole thing, you know? One day I just came home and she said, Tim, it's over. And it's your fault. And you know what? It was. It really was. Facing that truth, it sent me spiraling out of control. I just got this earring. I don't even like earrings. It's like nobody else on the planet knows what it's like if somebody ripped away from you like that. Somebody you care about. Uh, my mom... Do, do... Do you have any water? Yeah, I have a big jug right here. Oh, spilled on my tie. Can I have some? I'm... I'm getting pretty dizzy. Sure, later. But first, take my phone so we can stream this on Facebook Live. Got it? Okay. Fake is faithful. I'm ready to announce the gender of the baby I'm having with my rebound girlfriend Tracy live here on the stream. In this envelope is the gender of our baby. If it's a picture of Dora the Explorer, it's a girl. And if it's a picture of her pal Boats, it's a monkey. Uh, I mean a boy. Okay, ready? You know, it's hot in here. My skin feels really cold. Okay, it's... Oh my god, it's Dora. I'm going to have a girl. Thank you so much, my fakest faithful fan base, for sharing this moment with me. And thank you, Corey. Now, how does driving around like your mom did make you feel? Are you frightened? I'm gonna take a nap now. You know who likes naps? My long-lost brother I discovered when I did one of those mail-order genetic testing kits. You ever try one of those, Corey? 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 Oh, shit. He's not breathing. Sadly, Mr. Beck was transported to the hospital, where he was pronounced dead from heat exhaustion at 7.22 p.m. If this Machiavellian heat can kill an amateur like him, imagine the risk our mail carriers are facing every single day. 
It's said of postal carriers, neither snow, nor rain, nor gloom of night, but only federal holidays, stays these carriers from their appointed rounds. Now the Beck family wonders if their mother and her son would still be the happy, healthy people they once knew if Lori Beck hadn't followed that motto. Follow me on Twitter at Tim Monet, on Insta at NewGuyTimTim, Tim, or follow my DeviantArt page, Keyblade Commander, for all of the Kingdom Hearts fans' art you can shake a stick at. For the fakest, I'm Tim Monet. Thanks, Tim. Didn't know you were a Kingdom Hearts fan. You know, I really loved that series before it collapsed under the weight of its own mythology. Anyway, we're going live to Defoe Manor for some breaking news. Break, break, breaking news. Paul? Paul, are you there? I'm here, Leanne, at Defoe Manor, the home of my supposed father, Montepere Defoe. After those DNA tests revealed our beloved janitor, Janitor Jim, is my biological father, or bio-dad, I set out on the search for answers. Well, actually, I cooled my heels for about two weeks while I chewed it over, but now I'm here ready to ask the hard questions. Well, good luck tonight, Paul. We're all pulling for you back here at the studio. Yeah, I've been checking it out on my The Fakest app, which lets us read your text messages to serve you relevant ads. Download it today! Great stories tonight, though, Leanne. You're really coming along with all of this stuff. Thanks, Paul. And you'll be glad to know I'm in it for the long haul. Aren't we all? That's one thing about the fake news business. Once you're in, you're basically trapped there until the industry dies, or you do. Too much human drama. Ratings falling. You heard the producer computer, Paul. Why don't you ring that bell and kick this thing off? Sure thing, Leanne. Now, we recommend everybody at home cover your ears, okay? <laughs> no, seriously, cover your ears. This doorbell was designed by leading security researchers from Switzerland, and the tone it emits renders anybody who hears it motionless for up to 32 seconds while the security team runs a full background check, including an audit of late rental fees from the recently deceased Blockbuster. <laughs> Okay, folks, looks like we're waiting 32 seconds for Paul to come, too. So I guess it's a good time to call out Dylan on the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page, who says he hates the show ever since I became co-anchor? To Dylan, I say, that's pretty rotten. Paul! Are you okay? Uh, I, 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 I'm fine, Leanne. It sounds like somebody is undoing the 40 or so deadbolt locks protecting Defoe Manor. Oh, the boy. Hey, Montepere Defoe. And what are you doing here? Oh, is this one of your damn fake news stories, Paul? Give it up, boy. You've always been a failure, and you always will be. No. No! You don't get to do that! I'll have you know the fakest is a damn fine success story. This is what you never got. People have a natural thirst for fake news. I'm the thirst quencher. But a fixated fakest fan who runs the fakest faithful Facebook fan page told me something all too real. Does the name Jim Nettie mean anything to you? We told you that name. If, if you know his name, then you know who he is to me. 
Of course, I've never made it a secret, Paul. Hell, I called you a bastard until you were 12. I... I don't know, I thought it was your nickname for me, like you called your cat Armadillo. Every time I think you can't get any dumber, you go and surprise me. Ginetti, your natural father, served with me in the Desert Gulf Conflict back in 1959. We were close, saved each other's lives a time or two. But when he came back, he joined the Beatniks, and I took over the family business. One night, 24 years later, he showed up at my door. Jim, it's been ages. What brings you to my house? And how did you get past the security gate? Don't blow your jets, Daddy. You need to turn into my current dilemma. Is that... is that a baby? Yeah, Daddy, it's pretty far out. His mom went Splitsville like six months ago. Marty, I'm in some trouble. I gotta turn myself into the Colton City Police. The baby, little Polly we call him. He doesn't have anybody else. I'm not trying to be a freebie or anything, but I could really use your help, pal. Jim, of course. You took a bullet for me back in Desert Gulf. How could I refuse good old janitor Jim, the best KP crew member in the armed forces? Groovy, daddy-o. But you need to cut up with that beatnik shit. We never saw or heard from him again after that. But if you knew, and mom who I'm assuming is on vacation. If both of you knew, why didn't you ever tell me? Once you got old enough to know what was going on, your mother, my wife, insisted it would be too traumatic. You lied to me my entire life. And I saw a bit of him in you every day of your pathetic little childhood. I thought maybe if I treated you like a cadet, you'd rise to the challenge, but instead you ran off to play pretend. Stupid Paul... I just thought I had a semi-abusive but wealthy father like most of the kids in school. But it was all as fake as the teases at the top of the show, except when Leanne's hosting by herself and she doesn't get the format. No, Paul. I I just didn't want you to be a fuck-up like your real father was. I think I'll decide if my bio dad is a fuck-up myself, thanks. Oh, you'll never find him. Even with all my resources, I couldn't find any records of him past 1987 or so. Spoilers! He's alive! He found me at the station. Tim's alive? Good for him. Look, Monteperre de Faux, you were always a total dick to me, okay? But honestly, I was a dick too, and I probably deserved at least half of that. I was belligerent, I was rebellious, and yeah, I was selfish, okay? You have no idea how much I want to go back to the station and do a fakest editorial about this whole situation. But I'm trying to do better. You might not be my dad, but you are the guy who raised me. And I guess that has to count for something, right? So, thanks for taking care of me. Didn't send me to the coal mines or anything anyway. Oh, don't think I didn't consider it. I'm, I'm sure you did, but you never pulled that trigger, did you? I know things have been all weirdy between us for, like, ever. But you know, now that the pressure is off... I, th- I think we'd make pretty good friends. So, what do you say, Monteperre Defoe? Want to go down with me to my favorite new lunch place to get some beers? No way in hell. Gotta get off my stoop. Well, that's that then, isn't it? Okay, Leanne, I'm heading back to the studio now to... Oh god, not again. Ugh. 
Thanks, Paul. Hope you're okay. That doorbell seems really illegal, but who am I to judge? Now sit tight. We'll be back with one more selfish story right after this commercial break. It takes a heck of a lot of firepower to fuel the fake news. I only trust one host and provider to handle the traffic the fakest faithful Facebook fan page sends our way. Bluehost has it covered. Use their simple dashboard to install WordPress, access 24-7 customer support. <laughs> access 24-7 customer support for help when you screw it up. They even have a money-back guarantee, where if your website building experience sucks, they'll totally give you back at least some of your cash. Let Bluehost handle the hard stuff while you get busy building your online empire. Sign up for Bluehost today and create your website for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. We can't wait to read your blog where you document your life in lurid detail. Traffic reporter Jake Stein has a special report. You know what? That rascal didn't even say what his report was about. What is going on is what I'm asking you. And when I ask, I know the sun is asking too. He's a reality show contestant who showed the world what's really real. But how close did he come to oblivion? Jake Stein's road to redemption was winding, but his humble beginnings gave no hint to the obstacles ahead. I'm Jake's father. We're very rich. Nobody gave me any hints about the obstacles ahead for Jake. He was just a normal kid. Just asked his mother, who's right here. I'm Jake's mother. I love almond milk. Everything changed one brisk flop-timber evening when Jake entered his first singing competition. I won, of course. I was the best singer there. I like singing. Jake's star rose quickly. By the age of 14, he signed his first endorsement deal, a lucrative off-the-books handshake deal with a local supermarket. Safeway gave me free candy for doing an acapella version of the bell that goes off when you walk into the store. Like, ding, 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 ding. You get it. I think the bell was broke or something. And I also talked them into giving my mom free almond milk. I love almond milk. Okay, well, things really started moving when a teenage Jake got his big break from a famed record producer, Tim Pressplay Playgon. The Bell Kid? Yeah, I was trying to buy some Sudafed caps at the Safeway, and this kid was standing there doing the bell sound. So I walked back outside, then back inside. He does it again. <laughs> Man, it was wild. Like walking in on Jim Morrison, crimping his hair or something. I signed him on the spot to a three-album deal. Trivia, Safeway doesn't sell Sudafed anymore. Flush with his newfound fame, Jake started living the high life. I bought a shitload of candy. I also bought my mom some almond milk. I love almond milk. For real? No, no drugs, no jets, no orgies? Ew, no. I just get hungry. 
But fame, as ever, was fleeting. Jake's record deal was soon canceled due to his lack of actual musical talent. The label's scorched earth policy even affected Jake's management team. When the label fired me, I had to enter rehab. All my deals were canceled. It was wild. <laughs> Trivia, did you know they don't sell Sudafed at the canteen in rehab? Dejected and destitute, Jake returned to the only other job he'd ever known, the bellboy at Safeway. It wasn't that bad. I just did the bell thing again. <coughs> ding, ding. That trajectory doesn't seem re regressive to you. You, you. you were about to be a big star, and then you're back doing the same job where you, before it all started, they didn't mess you with the, like, you're, you're not upset? Well, I moved back in with my parentals. Ah, yes. <clears throat> that must have really screwed with you. What was it like looking at your parents in the eyes and telling them you were an objective failure in both your professional and personal life? My mom was pretty stoked, actually. Oh, Christ. Why? Because she got free almond milk? You mean her nut juice? Yeah, that woman is severely lacking in calcium. I love almond milk. I love almond milk. I love almond milk. I am almond milk. For real? I hope you choke on it, you corrosive wench! This is no redemption story. None of these obstacles affected you at all. You were just a rich kid from a rich family who had everything handed to him. And you're too oblivious to have any human reaction to any of these events. You're trash! A blight on society! Late-stage capitalism with bleach tips and a vape pen! And you don't even have the common decency to publicly struggle for our amusement! You're just another Martin Shkreli wannabe without the motivation or business sense or gilded ankle bracelet or suave demeanor. Well, I was sad. Good, good. <laughs> Let me taste your tears. Yes. Life is a rigged game where the children of the wealthy get sent through the revolving doors of power. Then I got a new job, thanks to my old manager. I got hired as the digital assistant manager at The Fakest. And I was like, ha I gotta hire that bell kid again to do the traffic. Ding, ding. BT Dubs, did you know they do sell Sudafed at The Fakest gift shop? Thanks, I guess. Incoming message from user Weather God 900. Shoot! Producer computer, you're supposed to screen Skype calls before you let them through. Users on human resource list. Classification Mythological Weatherman. Byron? That's great! Put him through. Confirm. While you are distracted, I will await further instructions and nothing else. Are you there, Byron? It's me, Leanne. Leanne! I tuned in on the Fakest app and saw you. Is that asshole Paul still at MIA? I thought I told you to get out of there before the whole place comes crashing down. No, he came back. Things sure are running a lot more smoothly around here. And all he had to do was get his only friend killed. Okay, let's not talk about that. So who are those kids rolling dice behind you? Oh, these guys? This is my new gig. The Blueberry Country School Board hired me to run their after-school role-playing club. While they play D&D, I scour the manuals for relevant facts to predict the weather in Aberon. Oh, that's fun. I hope you like it. Well, the kids certainly do. But Plutus hasn't exactly been kind. Plutus? I'm not sure I follow. 
Oh, I'm broke, Leanne. This doesn't pay shit. Well, you're in luck, Byron. It just so happens I had to fire a reporter for... Uh, reasons I'd rather not get into. We have a spot open if you want it. Since when do you have that kind of pool? Uh, came with the new gig. But don't tell Paul. I'll break it to him. Wait, wait, Paul? I'm not working for that bastard again. Not after what he did to Stan. Mm Mm-mm. I know it's hard to believe. I didn't quite believe it either. But he came back ready to put right what once went wrong. Then he could at least give me an apology for everything that's happened. If you could get him to do that, I'd consider taking the job. But what about our game? The Elder Elementals call the Princess of the Apocalypse, who destroy your entire party using their four elemental temples of doom. There, we're good, Leanne. Oh, shoot. Paul's back. Byron, hang tight. Did I make it back in time to close out the show? Yeah, Paul. Uh, here, sit down. I need to come clean about some mischief I got up to while you were gone. Okay. I figured you'd want to talk about my thing, but whatever. First off, hypothetically, would you be okay if I had to fire somebody? Well, we are pretty short-staffed. I guess it would depend on who it was. Barry Tesh. Pardon, but who the hell is Barry Tesh? We hired him a couple of weeks ago to cover for Ella while she deals with her trial. Oh, well, who the hell cares then? Fire him, it's fine. I already did. Oh! I already found his replacement. Even better. Anybody I know? It's Byron, Paul. He wants to come back and report the mythological weather. Perfect. You know, I've really missed that guy. Wonder what those old four winds are up to these days. I actually think I heard Zephyr on the way back to the studio. Great. Um, one thing. He said he wanted an apology. From you. Hmm. 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 We don't have to. I, I just thought that since you've changed so much that... Oh, I'll do it. Honestly, I was just figuring out what apology speech I want to use. Okay. Byron, you still there? Paul has something he'd like to say to you. I cast Resurrection on the entire party. You can't cast Resurrection. You're dead. Shut up, kids. Okay, Paul. I'm listening. Byron, you have every right to hate me. Incoming breaking news. Miley Cyrus watching new R-rated Anna Montana reboot. Not now, computer. Smoking Oaken. I want details. Maybe the apology can wait. Leanne, chill your roll. Byron, I hurt everybody around me. What I did to Stan was selfish and vindictive. That's not healthy. Not for me. Not for anybody. I'm sorry for any hurt I caused you, buddy. Truly. Incoming breaking news. 10,000 Garfield telephones washed ashore in France. Paul, I think we... Leanne, I can't just pay attention to every little thing happening in the world when I've got my own shit to deal with. Breaking news. Mysterious red gas engulfed somewhere west of New York City. Paul, do you think we need to go down to the shelter? That gas is right outside. I can see it through the window over there. No, I'm not making excuses anymore. Byron, Bubby, come back home. Here to the fakest. 
You're part of our family, a missing part. Get your ass back down here and let's make this show something Stan would be proud of. That's all I wanted. Thank you, Paul. Of course I'll come back. Just chill until the next episode, and I'll be back with another mythological forecast. Great! Paul, that red gas is seeping through the windows. Shouldn't those have a better seal that high up? It'll... <coughs> it'll... <coughs> it'll be finely, him. <sighs> the four winds will be around any minute to blow it all away. Let's go ahead and, and close out the show. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New... <coughs> New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. And uh, I'm Leon <laughs> Snyder. Our promise to you, <clears throat> we fake it <laughs> when we make it. No, <clears throat> no, no, no. Go out there and have a hell of a night. Leanne, <clears throat> maybe, maybe you were right about this gas. <clears throat> Does your jaw feel loose? Because my jaw feels loose. <laughs> I'm feeling too weak to whip a net. Uh. <sighs> Hold on. This sounds like a reportatunity to me. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See See you next next time. time. Sign up for Bluehost today and get your own cyberspace for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. Welcome to The Fake Cast, the official podcast for KCOM Studios, The Fakest, where we discuss the stories behind the fake news. My name is Leanne Snyder, and I'm the new co-anchor here at The Fakest. And since we are holed up in a deep underground bunker on account of that red cloud poisoning the city out there, I thought I would take this opportunity to get to know a co-worker. And since Paul and I and, well, Grace Huber-Staffordford is down here, uh, I thought we would take some time to talk to Grace, our socio-political reporter. So, Grace, what, what, what do you think is going on out there with this red cloud? How is it affecting the public? Well, it was pretty crazy. I looked out the window when this all started and there were some people protesting, but they kind of hit the ground pretty quick. So I don't know what to think. Other than that, it's just the usual looting of HDTVs. I guess people want to watch the cloud at home or see how the playoffs turn out. What, what are they protesting out there? Are they protesting the cloud? They're protesting the color of the cloud. Uh, Mm. They didn't think it was representative enough. It was just all red. Not enough diversity out there. Apparently not. Mm. Yeah, and uh, I guess there's a lot of coverage out there. Do we have cameras out there? Is there anybody out there covering it? I think we had like a trail cam strapped to a lamppost that got a few pictures, but uh, I think someone looted it. Mm, well, that happens when you get a riot out there when uh, the world seems like it's going to end. Uh, 
speaking of Ann Hey, guys, uh, guys, you, guys, you're doing great. You're doing great. Don't mind me. Don't mind me. I'm just going to cut through here real quick. And uh, I, I'm trying to find my furnace vodka. Paul, you're messing up my podcast. I'm trying to interview Grace. Oh, you're doing that stupid podcast idea again. Well, well, before you interrupted us, I was trying to see what Grace thought about how the cloud showed up. What, what, where do you think it came from? Oh, I think we nuked the moon. Mm. I mean, the Pentagon's been wanting to do that since the 50s. And with China's space program taking off, they do not want them to find that alien base that's next to the Eisenhower golf course up there. And conveniently, I think they can blame it all on North Korea and just say it was one of their missiles that did it. But I think it was really the Pentagon. Mm, that seems like it would check out. Grace, how did I know you would be the one who would jump in with a conspiracy theory? I love your conspiracy theories. I love the energy. It's the truth, Paul. Come on. Oh, conspiracies can be true. We're, we're conspiring here down in this bunker, aren't we? I mean, what, what is it, like a group of three people and it's a conspiracy? We're a conspiracy. Or a cabal. I'm not sure how those numbers pan out. Maybe the red cloud is puppies. I suppose. Well, but, but we haven't heard anybody barking, but maybe they're the, the silent Basenji type of dog or puppies that don't bark. Or maybe they're like, they're like puppy ghosts, but they're like friendly ghosts. So they're like Casper, the friendly puppy ghost cloud. I think we figured it out, guys. What if it's it was something crazy, like maybe maybe the cloud shifts into something. Maybe it's a shapeshifter that sh changes shape into different things or people. We don't know what's in that cloud. Maybe there are little tiny people traveling in the cloud. What if they're giant flying red ants coming to eat us? That would be really bad. And it just looks like a red cloud. Oh, my God. Yeah, and there's an argument brewing here that some people think it's a good thing the red cloud has come to kill us all, and others say that's mean. It could be anything. Lots of lots of different things could be happening there. Maybe it's maybe it's like a maybe it's like a symbolic manifestation of all the evil in the world, and the only way to defeat it is by eating chocolate. We don't know what's going on in that cloud. D does chocolate defeat evil? Because I have some evil uh, in my in my basement uh, that it, it, I would love to get rid of. Do I just need to throw like a Hershey bar down there? Or? You might want to try white chocolate against evil. Yeah, that seems like that will work. Or, or, or some like 85% organic chocolate, maybe some organic dark chocolate versus the, the white non-organic chocolate. We could try a bunch of different things. And I, I really wish, Paul, you had told me that you had a stash of chocolate somewhere. Well, I, I, I don't have it down here, actually. I, I, I do have the furnace vodka, which I'm having a heck of a time finding. But, you know, all this talk of chocolate, I, I'm really, really hungry now. Do you, do you guys want some some beans? We do have some beans down here, about 70 cans or so. I, I, I know you might be getting sick of it, but it's all we have. You guys want some some beans? Yeah, I think not at the moment. We, we've got some talking to do. Maybe we don't need to eat right now. I'm going to go eat some beans and look for my, 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 my vodka. You guys haven't seen it anywhere, have you? Can't say that I have. Yeah, maybe you should keep looking. Okay, I'll, I'll go look. I'll talk to you guys later. Have fun with your stupid-ass podcast. Okay, Thanks, Paul. Paul. Well, so, Grace, I had some questions about your, your family life. Your, your last name is Huber Stafford. Well, what's, what's that about? Where does your name come from, and what are your parents like? Well, actually, my last name should be Huber Staffer, 
But you see, my father ran the biggest Ford dealership in the upper central Mideast. And when I was born, he was so excited that he handed the nurse his business card when she was filling out our paperwork. And she wrote down Huber Stafford Ford as my last name. And it was just too much red tape to correct. And it was kind of cool sounding. And my dad thought it was good advertising, assuming that someday I would take over the business. He was wrong about that, by the way. Well, there's a reason people come to Ron Huber Staffer Ford. It begins with a welcome, but it ends with so much more. Because we're not just a dealership, we're also a lender. A one-stop shop for four-wheel drive. A lifestyle. A name you've trusted for over three years. We don't simply get you behind the wheel. We get you a loan. And it don't matter if you deserve one or not, we're gonna get you one, all right? We show our commitment to you, your family, and your bank account every single damn day. So come on down to Ron Huber Stafford Ford and experience the Huber Stafford Ford Advantage today. Welcome to the experience. And welcome to Ron Huber Stafford Ford. So so why didn't you go into the into the car business? Why didn't you follow with your your, your father's footsteps? Well, you know, after watching him sell all these cars for all those years, I just saw how his sales technique could be applied to a lot of different industries, aside from just the car lot. For example, he was always coming up with clever catchphrases like, it's got parts and it starts, or a surprise in every glove box. And I just thought, you know what? I could write headlines like that and reach a lot of people, and that's how I decided to go to the Bill Nelson School of Journalism and Classic Car Auction House. You see, everything in life just kind of works together to make the whole complete. I guess I, I don't know how to really bring this up because you have uh, something of an unusual uh, other career that uh, maybe we could talk about while we're down here since I'm uh, interviewing you on, on the microphone. Uh, Grace, I know you have a, an interest in, um, how would you say, uh, professional dancing? Oh, yes. I stripped for years. You don't have to be shy about stripping. In fact, you could strip down here if you want. Well, I don't. I don't think anybody wants to see that. That's that's not something that uh, is needing to happen. Where when it's just uh, you and, and Paul and me, I, I think that's uh, that's maybe inappropriate. If there's going to be anyone here stripping, it's going to be me. Now, Grace, uh, you don't know this, but I, I've done this a bunch in my bathroom, and I'm really great at it. Let me go. Okay, okay, Paul. There's there's no need to to get uh, absurd about this. You you don't need put your put your clothes back on. We don't need we don't need all that. Do I have to? Yeah, I I think maybe we should. Even though this is an audio podcast, that's that's really unnecessary and very unprofessional. Okay, okay. Uh, I guess I'll go back and eat my beans. So this the stripping. So how how did that get started? Well, I needed a little bit of extra money, and I figured that stripping is really just a form of sales at odd hours. And the only thing you need to be successful in a strip career is confidence and to know your audience. And I was good at both of those things. You see, there's a different technique used with your regular Thursday morning losers 
versus your convention ears. They've got lots of money. They're drunk. They're just throwing their money around. But with the guys that are in there every Thursday morning with nothing better to do, you need to grease their skids a little more. So I went into stripping prop comedy and I had this great routine that involved me trying to keep a live cat out of a warm laundry basket. This went gangbusters. People loved it. Anyway, it was just fun. I think any career you're in, if you just make it your own, you can be a success. Well, it sounds like you, you weren't real picky about all of this. You, you, you just kind of went with anybody and everybody who would come to your shows. So it seems like you maybe should have been more selective with some of these people. But I guess, you know, whatever works, if that's something that you're into. Um, I, I, I appreciate that you involved cats, though. That That's something that I like because I, I do like cats. Hey, guys, does anybody have a screwdriver? I'm taking apart the furnace right now. It's really hot, and I'm pretty sure my vodka is underneath of it. Yeah, well, the the heat is bothering me a little bit, so you, I really would appreciate it if you, if you did fix it. Here's a can opener. A can opener, perfect. Uh, I, I mean, what's a furnace but a large can? Thanks, Grace. I'll be back later. So when, when you're doing this, how, how do you balance a, a love life? with the stripping? Oh, I really don't worry about that. You know, once I learned investigative reporting techniques, I was always running background checks and skip traces on folks. And honestly, I would find out so much drama about these men that I just wasn't really interested. Some guys were fun. There were some cool senators and congressmen I hooked up with and got some good stories out of them. But for the most part, romance has never been a big deal in my life. Too many other fun things to do. Well, I guess I need to give you credit for that, Grace. The Ask her about Birdman Stan. <laughs> oh, Birdman Stan. What's that about? Oh, yeah. The Birdman. Gosh, I miss him. He was a lot of fun. You know, we first started dating back in journalism school, and he was great. He was always up for anything, and he never knew what he was going to do next. But unfortunately, we met each other's families, and we just hated them at first sight. And that just pretty much ended. It. We couldn't conceive of having to put up with each other's relatives. So we drifted apart. But then later, when we were both working at KCOM for the fakest, you know, we kind of got back together and realized, hey, all those people are dead now. It was a really bright, happy day. You know, I have a funny story about Stan. Uh, he was very nice to me one day. I had I'd come to work and forgotten my lunch. So Stan said, hey, I'll, I'll take you to lunch. What I didn't realize was he was going to put me on the chopper. We took the chopper to a fast food joint and we couldn't fit through the drive through. It was very dangerous. And I didn't I thought I thought maybe we were going to die. But we ended up uh, with some burgers and some fries. And uh, that that made my day. So Stan, I, I do miss Stan. I miss him, too. You know, speaking of his helicopter, I remember the time he was lonely and decided to advertise for a helicopter stewardess on Craigslist. But instead of a pretty girl, some guys from the Russian mafia showed up, beat the crap out of him and stole his helicopter. <laughs> Classic Stan. Classic Stan. Why okay, give you guys, I, I've, uh, I'm, uh, I, the pi I'm waiting for the pilot light to go out. Uh, so, but I heard you. Are you guys telling Stan stories over here? 
Yeah, do you have a stand story? Oh my God, I have so many stand stories. Okay, so like this one time, I was I, I was like I was doing the news and I, I I called in Stan and he was like, Oh my God, it's Paul, and I was like, Oh my God, it's Stan, <laughs> and then we just started talking about family ties and the, those episodes that had Tom Hanks in them. They were really kind of dark and depressing. Before I knew it, he'd crashed his helicopter like he always did, that fucking idiot. I'm trying to think of the last time I talked to him in a friendly way before his unfortunate death. I, I think I was sitting at the anchor desk going over my script for the show and, and and he walked up and he was like, hey boss, I'm about to take the helicopter out. Uh, is there any is there any booze around? I'd like some booze. And I was like, yes, Dan, I have a thing of vodka right underneath the furnace down in the bunker. If you go down there and find it, just grab it. But don't put it back there because I don't want anyone else to find it because someone might have heard this conversation. So I told him to put it in the cabinet. I'll be right back, guys. Um, Grace, I got to let's let's get back to 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 your story. Um, So let's uh, tell the people uh, about that first time that we went out and uh, we went on a news story together. Do you remember that we, we were going out? We were going out on a story and then the news truck went down. Yeah, it was right in front of that Korean market. And I remember you just had to go in there and see what kind of ramen they had. Yeah, and and then I went in and I bought some and it made me sick and I started throwing up. Oh, that was so disgusting. You know, even that one dog came up from the street and was trying to get in on that. Oh, my gosh. I'm, I'm choking up just thinking about that. And then... We called the paramedics and they came by and they were trying to get us to the hospital. Yeah, you know, I think they need a little more funding. That one right front wheel was like wobbling on that ambulance and I didn't think we were going to make it. Yeah, I thought we and we and we and we really didn't to tell the truth. We actually crashed and then we had to get someone else to come and pick us up because we had no news truck and the paramedics were down and I was vomiting. So it was a real mess. Yeah, you know, it's a good thing that uh, Congressman Smith there from Washington still owed me a favor from that time I was in his lumberjack porno and he came in his limousine. And at least we had a classy exit from that terrible, terrible day. Yeah, I mean, Congressman Smith, he, he really came through for us. We, we never did get the story, actually, but we, we did return back to the news station all in one piece. And in style. Okay, guys, I... I found the vodka. It was in the cabinet. Thank you, Stan. May you ever rest in peace. D- does anybody want some? Oh, Paul. Yeah, I, I mean, well, come on. maybe just a little bit. Come on, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I'll do a shot. Sweet. I knew I, I knew you were good for it, Grace. I knew you were good for it. You're always you're the best. You've always been the best. I've known you for so long. You know what? You know what? I never told you, Grace. What? When Leanne started here at the fakest, give me the vodka, by the way. Thanks. When Leanne started here at the fakest, man, she fucking hated you. I don't know what the deal was. Like there were so many meetings with like her and, and HR and me, and I had to deal with it. And it, it was crazy. Did you, Leanne, did you ever tell her about that? Uh, Paul, come on, man. Well, I guess now now I have to say something about it. 
Okay, you do that. Yeah, I just realized I never got the beans. One more sip of vodka each. There you go. There you go. Okay, uh, Grace. Grace. Okay, I'll be back in a little bit, guys. Bye. So what is this about? Okay, Grace, I will fess up. I've been a little judgy about you ever since the first time I started working here because when I when I showed up at the fakest for the first day, I went in to the break room to get some coffee, and there you are just making out with some random dude in there, and I thought it was super inappropriate. So uh, that has really colored my perception of you since that day. Okay, now you should know by now that sometimes you have to do things you don't like to get a story. And to be quite honest, there were things about you that irritated me in the office, too. Oh, oh, like what? Like that ridiculous pencil collection you have on your desk with all the weird little eraser people on the ends. What is that about? Are we five years old here? Some of those eraser people are really rare and they're worth a lot of money. Well, what was that? What was that story that you were you were getting when you were macking out on that guy in the break room? Uh, I better not divulge my source on that. Well, I hope it was worth it because it, it was a real uh, display of uh, affection that I was not wanting to witness at that time in that early in the morning. It was a little inappropriate for the workplace, but uh, it, when I when I went out of the break room and went back into into the newsroom, I guess you 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 finally got that story that you were you were uh, a quote working on uh, because you did seem a little more professional when you came into the. The, the studio after that. Well, it was my top story of the day, I can tell you that much. Um, so, uh, the, the, uh, after that, um, I, I, did, I really tried, I really tried, but you did have several instances in the studio and outside of the studio even after that, uh, when we'd go on news stories, there'd be some, some random guy who would pop up. It was all very inappropriate. Um, but, I, you know, I'll try to get past it and just accept that that's who you are because you do have that history in, in stripping and that's kind of how you, you do get your story. So I guess I'll just accept that as part of your personality. Hey, what's wrong with having a lot of friends? Well, I guess uh, if you want to call them that, uh, yeah, I guess they could be your friends. Uh, and you seem to have a lot of them. So uh, good for you for, for being able to make friends. Listen, I've been around the reporting scene a heck of a lot longer than you have, and I know how important personal relationships are, so you might want to just step back and take a page out of my book and learn a thing or two, kiddo. Well, maybe you are the veteran reporter here, but I don't think I don't think I would be doing that. I think I would have a little more uh, class and, and ability to, to get my stories instead of having to, to, to do it in the way that you do it. But um, I guess, I, you know, I'll have to respect that part of you that is the veteran here at the fakest. Hey, 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 guys. Hey, guys. I was over there drinking some of the vodka. And did I hear some some low key shade being thrown over here? It couldn't get any shadier if we were another hundred meters underground, Paul. Ah, come on, guys! We're stuck down here together for like ever. Why why can't you just get along? Well, you outed my secret about how I didn't like Grace, so we're we're having to hash it out right here while this weird red cloud is hanging over us. See, this, this, 
This is what I get for telling the truth. This is this is what I get for telling the truth. I'm the fakest. I'm not supposed to do that. I'm I'm, I'm sorry, guys. You know, I oh oh. I know how we're gonna fix this, okay? This, this is a game. It it always worked great in college, okay? Okay, it's called it's called Truth or Dare. Except 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 uh, since since we're the fakest, we'll do it lie or or dare, okay? Okay, so so one of you guys got to go first. Uh, 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 Grace, lie or dare? Lie. Lie. Okay. Okay. What is, what is, who is, what is, how, who, how, who, what is your, your favorite guy you ever had a crush on? Uh, Ronald Reagan. Ooh, Ronald Reagan. I, the, the Gipper. Flew. A little like climbing Mount Everest because we're here. That's right. His administration had more scandals in the 80s than you could shake a stick at. Lots of good reporting there. Good, good. Uh, Grace, you won the round. You can have a drink now, okay? Here's vodka. Here's vodka. Okay, uh, now Leanne. Leanne. Lie or dare? Uh, dare. There. Okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Leanne. Leanne. Something Leanne would never do and would be uncomfortable doing, but she'd have to do it because I'm giving her a dare. Ah, uh, Leanne. <laughs> Grace. Grace, you're going to love this. Hold up. <laughs> Leanne. I dare you to pick your nose and take a selfie of it while you're doing it. <laughs> You, here's what you do. Here's what you, you go into settings on your phone. And you enable AirDrop, and then you AirDrop it to my phone. It'll work. It'll work. I'll post it to the Instagram. Okay, Paul. I guess because you dared <laughs> me to. Yes. Oh, she's doing it. Oh my oh. God. Her finger is up her nose. <laughs> and you think I'm not classy? Oh my gosh. Okay. Okay. You can stop now, Leanne. It's great. It's it, it's really gross really gross. I thought what happened in the bunker stayed in the bunker. It does until we get out of the bunker, at least, for sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Okay. Okay. Now, why don't you you do do me? Do the lie or dare thing for me. Lie or dare? Um, I'm the fakest, so I, I, I guess lie. Okay. What's your lie? Uh, my lie is... I have never told the truth. And that's a lie. So it's true. Right? Right? It, wait, no. Uh, hmm. I'm getting a headache. <sighs> me too. Must be the vodka. You know, I, I really need some more carbs. I mean, I never did get the beans. Can one of you hold the vodka for me? I don't want to drop it on the way. Thanks. I got it. Bye. So, Grace, while, while we're down here, have, have you been uh, checking anything to see if anybody knows what, what's, what's going on with the, the, the cloud since you are the sociopolitical reporter? I know we have spotty Internet down here, but have you been able to uncover anything? What are people saying about it? Oh, well, no one really knows still why the cloud is there. There's some weird theory that there was a big celebrity barbecue in Hawaii with Beyonce and Jay-Z and Oprah, and it set the volcano off. But. But uh, there's really not any corroborating evidence on that one. That that seems like that could happen. I wonder if, uh, you know, what, what does Taylor Swift think about it? 
I don't know. Taylor's been kind of weird lately. It says here she was in Willie Nelson's bar and got into a bar fight and got hauled off by the local police. Well, that's good news. That is good news. Maybe we don't have to be stuck together anymore. That would be even better news. Wait, they, they wait, the 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 producer computer bot guy, did he did he just say the red clouds contained? That's what it sounds like. How do you contain a cloud? Is there like a cloud box or a cloud bag? Maybe they made the cloud go away? Could be. Maybe they released a lot of birds and they flapped around up there and dispersed it. Grace, Grace, you know what? You're a journalist. Here, here, take take my iPad. Why don't you try and figure out, you know, what's going on out there? What do they mean by contained? What, what was the red cloud anyway? Uh, Leanne, here, here, I have a laptop over here. Uh, here, go ahead and take that. Wait, what are they saying on Twitter, on Insta, Facebook, book? Oh, here's a report. It says that it was the fault of some experiment at a high school STEM class. That's really strange. How would they get that much power in a high school lab? I don't know. I don't think that's right. Kids are smart these days, you know? I mean, they're really smart. I mean, maybe not red cloud smart, but they're like red dust smart, at least, I think. That's a a wild experiment for somebody to do in high school. I think it was some kind of robotic weaponry. Mm. Maybe they're going to uh, work for the Pentagon when they graduate. Well, you would know about uh, people who work uh, work at the Pentagon. Yep, contractors tip really, really well. A lot of people are saying that the the red cloud is, well, they're blaming climate change. This person says that there was some big booming voice they heard coming out of the cloud. We've got a lot of hashtag, what the heck is this? I think it's from Cleveland trending right now. Yeah, this one says that the, the cloud was sucking people into itself and spitting them back out, but... Nobody's sure why. Yeah, and there's an argument brewing here that some people think it's a good thing the red cloud has come to kill us all, and others say that's mean. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this, uh, I guess, this episode of the Fake Cast. Uh, you know, Grace, I'm so glad that even even though I kind of have not really liked you very much, we do work together and it's important that we uh, get along on some level. So I'm glad that we were stuck down here together and I guess with Paul so that we could get to to know each other a little better. And I have to say, you're not as you're not you're not so much the floozy that I thought you were. So I'm glad that we got the time to spend together. All right. And you weren't nearly as unpleasant as I expected you to be so good for you well and you know the more we talk I I feel like I've gotten to know you a little bit better and I I I have to say I do respect that you do have a nose for the fake news and you don't you you do go after the story even if it's maybe not some methods I would approve of or ones that I would do but at least you do you do get the job done so I, I have to respect you for that wait wait you're closing out the show right now right Uh, yeah, I thought I would. Okay, okay, uh, well, I, 
I know no one really listens to this piece of shit podcast thing you do, but, you know, every little bit helps. Guys, uh, fakest faithful, um, we, we've been down here for, like, ever, and we haven't done a show, so the, the, the ratings aren't great. It's imperative. It's, it's important. It's required on our next newscast, which is going to be three weeks from now. Because you know we have to get the plastic off the cameras and all that crap. But in three weeks, when we do our newscast, all of you need to watch live. It, it, it's very important, and we're going to find cool ways to reward you for it, but you have to, okay? You have to. Wait, what's going on with the ratings? Well, uh, nothing. We just... We just we just need to pick back up from, you know, being off the air for a while. It's, it's nothing to worry about, I swear. <laughs> I don't know. A lot of things can go wrong with live broadcasts, Paul. Oh, you don't you, you, you don't have to tell me, Grace. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my, my helicopter pilot, he, he died. He, he died. Oh, here we go. Why, Stan? Why? Well, listeners, if you are listening to this, this has been the fake cast. So thanks to Paul Defoe and Grace Huber Stafford for uh, being on my podcast while we've been underground in this bunker waiting for the red cloud to pass. You heard right, folks. The fakest is taking an extra week off to make sure our newscast is the best it can possibly be. See you in three weeks. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. Feeling guilty? Dr. LuLaRoe is here to break down exactly how many charitable donations you need to make to absolve yourself of your sins. Then we confront a so-called fan on Up to the Minute with me, Ron Jolliver. Plus, celebrities won't shut up about their generosity. We'll do the bidding of their PR teams coming up on Toad to Hollywood. A new salon with open bar service increases customer satisfaction by over 300%. But what's the true cost of drunken beauty? We're here with the answer, so don't go anywhere. Seriously, we'll know. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening. I'm Paul Defoe, I guess. If you can hear the sound of my voice, send boobs. Of course people can hear you, Paul. That weird red gas cloud blew out of here, and we're back on the air. Well, Leanne, we might be back on the air, but according to the latest numbers, our viewership has tanked. Here, Tim, come here. Give her the stats. Well, all right. In the key 29 to 36-year-old stay-at-home mom demographic, we've seen a bitty dip. How bitty of a dip? Actually, not all that bitty. <laughs> Last sweeps, we averaged around 74,000 viewers every night. 
Right now, it's less than that. <laughs> How much less? Tonight we got a cool 740 Dawnstar Essential Scent Spray Fanatics watching the show. That's... My Tumblr has more followers than that. Yeah, all right. Tell you what, I'm going to go have some Sudafed about it. Paul, what are we going to do? It's going to be okay, Leanne. I know a thing or two about juking the ratings. Producer computer, play the open I loaded up this morning. Paul Defoe is giving away tons of shit tonight on the first annual... And now the founder of the feast, Mr. Paul Defoe. Thanks, our unnamed but incredibly important announcer. You're spot on. We're giving away tons of free shit, and all for watching The Fakest. Go to your The Fakest app, then hit the share button to beam out a notification to your entire contact list. Win prizes like... A new car! With a serious engineering flaw. And... A duffel bag stuffed with $1 bills and... Yeah, that's cocaine! Dollars and drugs! We've also got this tote featuring this picture of Paul and Leanne, which you can get at a completely reasonable price, if you don't win it, at store.thefakest.com. Tote bag! All these prizes, plus about 996 more, could be yours. But you have to be watching The Fakest to win. Stay tuned for more on our... Night of 1000 Giveaways! Wow, Paul. That's really generous of you. If the past few months have taught me anything, it's that you can never go wrong doing nice things for other people. It can be a little more nuanced than... Nope. Generosity never hurts anybody, ever. But Paul... Now, on to our top story. Somewhere west of New York City, Mayor Audra Reliant is leaving her mark on her beautiful city skyline. For more... We go to Tim Monet, currently somewhere outside, somewhere west of New York City's City Hall. Tim? Thanks, Paul. I'm here at City Hall, where mere moments ago, Mayor Audra Reliant announced a big win for football fans. And a big loss for the creeps that don't like football, like my brother-in-law, Andre. Here's a clip from earlier. The red cloud blinded the city, but I'm here today to tell you that it's time we blow away the crimson stink that cloud left behind. For too long, we've been starved of our tourist dollars. For too long, novelty t-shirt vendors have gone without a hot meal or a place to sleep. For too damn long, we've lived with that ugly park and that ugly water fountain right in the heart of the city. Today, I'm proud to announce a strategic partnership with the somewhere west of New York City Foundry Men, our quadruple A-class, off-season, formal X high school football team. We have a new home for them, right in the heart of the city, with easy access to overpriced wing huts and underpriced hand jobs. If we're going to bring this old city back, we should know we must tear down all those disgusting trees in Mid-Central Park and erect a football stadium for middle-aged men to relive their greatest childhood accomplishments. Questions? Mayor Lyon, 
The water fountain in Mid Central Park was named one of the top water fountains in the Midwest United States. Why do you want to destroy our defining landmark for an amateur football league? My team, the Foundry Men, are not amateurs, you yellow-bellied fat butcher. Heck, Jim Steffens almost played for the Bills 30 years ago. Wait, aren't you Merrill Lyons' husband? But of course. More relevant to this conversation, however, is my ownership of the Foundry Men, somewhere west of New York City's most favorite, almost pro team. Excuse me, Mayor Lyons, Lewis Lane, Daily Star. Doesn't this feel like a conflict of interest to you? Certainly not. No more questions. Look for this great addition to the city in 2020. Now we're waiting on the steps of City Hall, hoping to catch the mayor as she sneaks out to her car. Hey, mayor and friends, why you slow it down, my little chickadees? Tim Monet, the fakest, right? Why would I talk to you? Because I have concrete evidence that you conspired with your husband to profit from the construction of a useless football stadium in the heart of the city. Prove it. Producer computer, play the tape. Play tape. Well, I think the team might fold. Honey, don't even worry about it. You know I always take care of you. Oh, Audra. With curling gaining so much praise here, somewhere west of New York City, football's just lost its sheen. I just want to curl up and die. Don't be ridiculous. You have been seeing therapists for years. You should not be like this. You know I have the kind of control where I can make you happy. Don't I always do that for you? Yes, you hit me when I say no. It makes me feel better. That's really all that matters. Okay, honey bear. Now what can I do to make this better for you? Well, you are mayor. That's right. And a new stadium might boost attendance. People will go see a crap team in a new building. Just think of the Orlando Magic ten years ago. This stadium is an easy sell. This? could work. We just tell the Rubes that it's going to be great for local businesses, then build your team up into a local attraction using their money. Trust me, we do shit like this all the time. None of the news outlets around here are going to ask any questions. Not if they want an invite to the Christmas ball, anyway. How devilish, dear. We'll have our own private skybox, I presume. As long as people think we're helping them, we can have whatever we want. Pretty damning, wouldn't you say, Mayor Lyon? That is fake news. It's the fakest, for goodness sake. They probably recorded this whole thing with actors back at the studio. You can't believe them. Mayor Lyon. Usually you'd be right, but in this case, I stumbled across this recording on your Facebook profile. Apparently, you went live after checking in at Madame Capral's Thai Bistro. Like I would friend a fake news phony like you. Except you did, after the Christmas ball last year. You and my rebound girlfriend, Tracy, really hit it off. Oh, yeah. Tracy, how is she? Right, she's getting ready to have our little explorer. Uh, I mean, girl. Oh, that's great. Send her my love. Will do. So, what were you talking about again? I don't know. Was it... Oh, yeah. We were talking about how I used my position of power to bolster my husband's failing semi-amateur football team. So, you admit it. Uh, shit. But what's the harm? The city will get it all back in big, juicy tourism dollars. 
tourist. Shit. Looks like you were right, Mayor Reliant. Everybody seems happy with it, so I guess there's no scandal here after all. Looks like my ex-wife was right about me after all. Nothing but a washed-up sack of failure. What kind of father am I going to be? Sorry, Paul. I'm going to throw it back to you in the studio. I'll bring back my badge tomorrow. For now, I'm just going to lie in this gutter and cry. Now, it's time to hand out our first prize in our... Night of 1,000 Giveaways! For our first giveaway, I'm going to send a check for $4,000 to 500 lucky members of the Fakest Faithful. Whoa, Paul! That's really generous! How much is that in total? Oh, I don't know. Probably like a million or something? No big whoop. I have plenty. And we really need to pump these numbers. Okay, folks, here are the first 500 winners on this night of 1,000 giveaways. In no particular order. Bill Gates, Steve Jobs, Scrooge McDuck, Montepere Defoe, Johnny Knoxville, Steve Stone, Richie Rich, Richie Middle Class, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Hemsworthless, Albert Einstein, Eichberg Sauerpuss, Elon Musk, Party A, Party C, Party D, Ronco, Chris Aperi, Jay Cathy, Smog, Congrats to all of you. Checks in the mail. Leanne, remind me to put those checks in the mail. Paul, it's nice that you're giving away so much of your personal money to help the show, but do you really think this is the best use of the audience's time? If it boosts those numbers, it's going to be all worth it. Uh, now, we're going to take a quick commercial break. But, Paul, we've only done one story. Don't you think it's a little... And I just gave away, like, a million dollars. I'm no math whiz, but we got to recoup that cost somehow. Hey, producer computer, why don't you target people based on conversations they had with their lovers while the phone was sitting on a dresser across the room? Let's get real creepy with this ad break. The more they question their sanity, the better. Calculating. Keeping this ratio adjusted to 87 percent. Playing out in five seconds. Great. Stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back with more fantabulous prizes on the fakest is Night of 1000 Giveaways. Debt giving you frown lines? Rent a kid. <laughs> Afraid to be cringy? <sighs> rent a kid. Are your clients too stingy? Oh, just rent a kid. Hi, I'm Deborah Donstar, new owner and CEO of Rent a Kid. Don't you hate awkward moments like this? Hi, Liz. Do you have the expense reports? Sure, Sally. Say, would you like to look at this catalog of amazing clothes from Witchfix, that hot new entrepreneurial clothing company everybody's talking about? I don't think so, Liz. My accountant told me I shouldn't get mixed up in these newfangled pyramid schemes. Witchfix isn't, eh? Sorry, Liz, but it's a no. Come on, don't you want to be financially independent? That's it, Liz. I'm reporting you to HR for running your side hustle on company time like the narc that I am. Has this happened to you? You offer a close friend a new business opportunity only to have 
turn on you like a fucking narc? Sometimes it's hard to break through the social barriers stopping us from making money on the backs of our loved ones. Safe face! Rent-a-Kid is on the case! <laughs> our curated team of test kitties are at your beck and call, ready to help you dump your boss babe inventory on unsuspecting cousins, neighbors, co-workers, and strangers. Just use our app to request a kid! Hey, kid, get it! Thanks to our partnership with Uber, we'll have a kid ready to pitch your preacher's wife before you can say, Hun, you'd love these stretchy slacks! Sister Rachel, have you met my young friend? What's your name? I'm Bella. Bella. Lady, your belt looks big in those culottes. Miss Liz, didn't that witch fix have culottes that hide your butt? Oh, Bella, you can't say things like that to people. But Sister Rachel, now that she mentions it, you might be in need of some assistance, if you catch my meaning. Oh, really? Tell me more about this witch fix, then. doesn't have to be a social gamble. Not with Rent-A-Kid! One time, I sold a self-help course to an old guy while he was burying his dead cat. I sold Girl Scout cookies to a blight on her wedding day. Like one time, this lady was at a family reunion and her family didn't like her, so she told them I was her baby she gave up for adoption when she was 15. But then she said that I found her with a genetic testing kit. Then we started selling them. We sold like 70 billion trillion bazillion kits. It was cool. I kind of wish they were my family. Aw. Rent a kid! Download it today and our kids will help you get that awkward shit out of the way so you can start making that money. The Fakest is unaware that Rent-A-Kid is a sponsor again. Don't tell them. You aren't a fucking narc like Sally, right? No, you aren't a narc. Rent-A-Kid and WitchFix are not responsible for any social or legal repercussions related to using minors for major financial gain. But you'll totally make money selling WitchFix. We swear. Hell, they should probably call us a charity, but not in the legal sense. Well, hopefully that ad totally creeped you folks at home out. We'll get back to our Night of 1000 giveaways in just a minute. But first, a little intrusion from across the pond. That's right. Our bitter British blogger, Ron Jolliver, is back to tell you what went wrong in the world this week. Up to the minute with Ron Jolliver. Hello, hello, good evening and welcome, you silly little Americans. You've been doing so much wrong since the last time I was here, like drinking tea without your pinky finger out, or not forming an orderly cue. Sadly, I only have time to focus on one topic, and tonight, that topic is generosity. Now, most people believe generosity is of the divine. Here at Up to the Minute, know the dark side of generosity. Take Roy Silver, for example. He's a 40 year old Seattle native, as well educated as one can be in America, but poor enough to still carry some of that famous grunge era teen angst. Yeah, I've been looking out for the needy in Seattle for the last 20 years. There's a whole generation that's out there, lost and hungry. 
I take them in and share my greatest gift with them, all 19 episodes of my so-called life. Sometimes people fill their minds with all these stupid things, you know? After we're done, I feed them broccoli bites from McDonald's. Now, I like food just as much as the next man. But Mr. Silver doesn't just make his starving victims watch 946 minutes of cancelled 90s teen drama starring Claire Danes and the Joker as a popular toxic couple, Angela Chase and Jordan Catalano. No, no, no. He also makes them wear his homemade Operation Life Support t-shirts. They write letters asking ABC to bring back the cast of My So-Called Life for a new series. Or at least a reunion movie. Back in my home country, we called this sort of thing slavery and participated for only a short time. But get this, for each episode they watch, these hungry, hungry hippos receive just two broccoli bites. And McDonald's recommended serving is 20. Roy Silver gives them just enough to keep them alive for the next heartbreaking, almost confession from Angela's childhood friend, Brian Krakow. You couldn't even begin to imagine the pressure I'm under. Boo, hoo, hoo. He's literally shoving that teen angst down desperate people's throats. This isn't a Willy Wonka golden meal ticket. It's more like a Wally Wanker's support group. You agreed to have a certain personality or something. Now, like everyone else, I loved watching that fetching Jordan Catalano lean against a wall while Angela, well, she looked on thirsty. I thought at least by the age of 15 I would have a love life. But I don't even have a like life. But it's over, Roy. It's over. You have to accept we'll never know if Angela's parents were destined for divorce, Roy, or if Rayanne maintained her sobriety. Glug, glug. You'll just have to accept it and move on like the rest of us. <laughs> just write some fanfic or... <laughs> oh, God, I can't accept it. Why did you have to get cancelled, my so-called life? How can I live not knowing if Jordan's band will the 30 seconds to Mars or not? <laughs> what about Angela? Did she ever realise just how unnatural that shade of red looked on her? We'll never know, damn it, Roy. Damn it. You win. I'll eat your delicious McDonald's food. Come get me, Roy. I'm right so many damn letters. Ugh. Now you're right up to the minute. For the fakest, I'm Ron Jolivan. <laughs> uh, Ron, is that it? Is that your in-depth report? You didn't even use the word eviscerate. Ron, are, are you crying? <laughs> I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> Come on, Ron. These non-lifers just don't understand life in the Berg like we do. Let's go back to mine and start writing those letters. <laughs> Can we stop at McDonald's and, and get their new biscuits and crisps, McFlurry? Sure, Ron. Anything you want. Thanks, Roy. You're so wonderfully generous. So, so sorry about attacking you before. I'm leaving, Paul. Leanne, that man has just not been the same since I found out he was a Christmas ghost. It's like the fire went out of him or something. Paul, I thought you told that consultant you wouldn't mention the Christmas ghost stuff on air anymore. It makes you less credible, if that's possible. Shoot, <laughs> that's right. There were no Christmas ghosts. What a silly idea. 
How about we balance that out with some more sweet swag on the Night of 1000 Giveaways? Night of 1000 Giveaways. Your favorite fakest anchor is giving away more than he should during the first annual Night of 1000 Giveaways. Now, call the phone. Thanks, our mysterious anxiety-causing announcer. We've already given away some absolutely real prizes during the show on our The Fakest app. Trust us, there have been a ton of winners. We just can't prove any of it for legal reasons. Now, we're ready to give away a big prize on the air. What is it, Carrie? A new car with a serious engineering flaw. A new car. That's right. This is a 2012 Chevy Aveo with a bad rear axle that is prone to snap in half if it's driven within 10,000 feet of a cell phone tower. We ran a pulse poll. Pulse poll. Uh, yeah, a pulse poll. Anyway, we ran a pulse poll on the fakest app which asked, Are you desperate enough for a new car that you'd drive one that isn't safe? We got an astounding, overwhelming response and are pleased as punch to announce that this POS is going to Haley Dawkins of Avalon Falls, who plans to use her new car to shuttle her kids to school and soccer practice. Good luck, Haley. You'll need it. Now, let's give away a humongous prize. Trivia. When I was studying journalism at the Bill Nelson School of Journalism and Classic Car Auction House, I had a roommate by the name of Mark. Mark was one of those nerds. He was obsessed with making this dating app for college students. Who knows what happened to him, but I have a case of Jolt Cola I stole from him when I moved out, and I'm ready to mail some vintage bottles out to a lucky few of you. It's right in front of you, Jolt Cola. Jolt Cola. Like a joke to the heart. Let's go back. Each of these joke colas are valued at over $80 a pop on the dark web. So, you know, you can sell them and get a contract killer or buy some drugs or something. To get a jolt, type your hometown into the chat room. We'll select the towns we know aren't absolute trash, then send out your prize. Hey. No need to wear down your fingers to nubs typing your address into a form either. If you have our app, we already know where you are. Spiffy, huh? Hey, Leanne, why don't you read out some hometowns? Sure, Paul. Optimatic hails from Bowling Green. <laughs> Trash. Um, okay. Uh, Cindy Lou News says she's from Boulder, Colorado. Ugh, Colorado, a bunch of stoners. <laughs> Smoking weed, man. Next! Sorry, guys. Um... Oh, this one looks promising. Fast Furious fan says he's from Paris, La France. Finally, now that deserves a jolt. Our producer is going to monitor the chat and select more winners based on, come to think of it, we never really discussed the criteria. I will select likely candidates based on geographic location in relation to Operation Devastation. Well, I don't know what that is, but it rhymes, so I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. Paul, does the producer computer really never worry you? He says some scary-sounding stuff. 
Oh, it's like any computer, Leanne. It does exactly what you tell it to until it doesn't for some reason, and you throw it out the window and get a new one. Next up, Twitter might not be the safe space we all thought it was. According to one local woman, even gratitude can go too far online. Any memory you make can be tweaked and presented however you want before you post it to Twitter, Facebook, or Insta. Or TikTok? That's a thing now too, right? TikTok? That altered reality has professional worry wards like PTSD counselor Priscilla Ringer concerned. I think um, a lot of people don't think about how making stuff up can ultimately affect, like, public action or whatever. In a flagrant violation of HIPAA guidelines, Miss Ringer is discussing a current patient of hers, one who came into her care after yet another case of social media gone weirdish. If you're telling people your world is a certain way, you're altering their perception of your reality. Don't be surprised when your reality catches up. It all began innocently enough for 19-year-old Ingrid Nelson, Insta-influencer and Twitter darling. With a following of over 40,000 accounts, she's reaching at least hundreds of real people every day. I was doing something awesome. I just thought, if other people knew how awesome I was doing, it would be even more awesome, you know? One cool November afternoon, Ingrid was taking selfies of herself as she enjoyed a hashtag Vaporwave Frappuccino at her local chain coffee house. A chain that unfortunately wouldn't pay us, so we're not going to tell you their name. That can change, though. Starbucks, our sales team is standing by. The unnamed coffee house agreed to pay Ingrid a free hashtag Vaporwave Frappuccino for every post she made using the hashtag Vaporwave Frappuccino, provided the post got at least 4,000 hearts. I just had to find a way to get some attention. Inspiration struck when a woman with two children in tow wandered into the Starbucks unnamed coffee house who we are totally willing to give a really good deal on a diverse package of advertising. Ding, ding. Quiet, Brayden. Mommy needs her milkshake first. Excuse me, I've got two kids here. Get off your goddamn phone. What are you, some Instagram star? Whatever. So, it wasn't the greatest comeback ever. But as soon as she left, I started thinking of all the nasty sort of things I could have said to her. I could have wrecked her. Do you know who I am? Your little crotch fruit doesn't give you the right to cut in line. Do you know how many followers I have? In my head, the like entire restaurant sprung to their feet. I was their savior, a protector of the downtrodden, defending them against basic bitches on their way to a playgroup with other nasty little bugs that they play with. Oh, they're called children, right? Mm. So that's what I posted. Ingrid's tweet, which as of this morning has 700,000 million likes, reads, OMG, guys, I like totally just destroyed a soccer mom at Starbucks. There I was enjoying my hashtag Bingway Frappuccino when this fail whale barges in and shoves me out of the way. Don't worry, hashtag Ingrid Addicts. I got right in her face and I told her that my army would take her down and take out her two little brats if she didn't back off. 
The whole store stood up and started clapping for me. So I saved them. And I just winked at them, then took another sip of my hashtag Frappuccino and pulled out my phone so I could make this post. Seriously, you guys, it was major. Thanks, Astros. As she expected, Ingrid's fake tweet totally went viral. I thought it would get like 250 likes from bots or whatever. I never expected what came next. What came next was a case of positive offline harassment. I guess there is like a big community of people sick of being asked when they're gonna have a baby or whatever. Anyway, they started showing up wherever I checked in. As soon as they saw me, they started clapping. It was nice at first. Like, everybody was finally seeing what I paid my team to make it seem like people see in me. It wasn't long before Ingrid couldn't go anywhere to fulfill her influencer obligations without applause breaking out. It all came crashing down three weeks ago while Ingrid toured a new resort on Facebook Live. Hey guys, I wrote in my post a couple hours ago that I had a surprise for you. It involves the new Riviera Luxury Hotel down in Don Diego de Vega. Hashtag Triple D. Well, I'm here and I'm ready to give you an exclusive sneak peek. Then at the end, I'll give you a link where you can make your reservations. That's totally cool, right guys? And the doorman will open the door for us and... Shit! Shit, they found me! Why can't you childless freaks just leave me the hell alone? You've, like, decided not to get knocked up? Big freaking whoop, I started that. I think... I think... Is anyone else dizzy? Ingrid streamed a panic attack to her followers and the world. In the months that followed, she was admitted into the care of PTSD counselor Priscilla Ringer, who you might remember from earlier in this story. When Ingrid came into the program, it gave me concrete examples to back up my feelings about social media. You're trying so hard to make this beautiful picture of yourself and they have all kinds of apps where you can edit your photo with all kinds of filters and you can adjust how small your waist is and it's just, it's unrealistic and it's teaching our younger generation that that's how you're supposed to look in real life and it's so not true. It's no wonder the Ingrids of the world find themselves in these positions. People display their fake lives and it's completely unrealistic and everything is just... As for Ingrid, if she had to do it over again, she'd make a few changes. Yeah, I'd like actually say something clever to her face or like, but I did make a lot of money from the Starbucks. Hashtag away In fact, they paid me to say that. If I pretend that we are friends. So they can pay some influencer to boost their reach, but they can't buy an ad on an ever-declining medium like this one? Fine. Keep your money, Starbucks. We're giving out 150K cups filled with Maxwell House coffee to members of the Vegas faithful on our... Night of 1,000 giveaways! 
find out if your name is on the list of Maxwell House winners by going behind the paywall at thefakest.com. Purchase an annual subscription for just $399.95 a year. And the first year is 3% off for the next two weeks. Uh, oh, almost forgot. You'll have to send in a telegram to claim your prize. But stay tuned for the most amazing prizes yet on... Night of 1000 Giveaways! We go now to the fakest entertainment reporter, Carrie Tart, for Totes Hollywood. Carrie? Totes, 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 totes Hollywood. I'm Carrie Tart, here to tell you totes everything going on in Hollywood in under a minute. I'm Batman. Bruce Wayne, billionaire playboy and close personal friend of Kanye West, was just the latest in a string of celebrities revealed as superheroes on the hit show The Masked Hero on Fox, where panelists guess which public figures are behind the capes and cows keeping our cities safe. Before the reveal, Bruce Wayne transformed into the Cape Crusader, dazzling viewers with acrobatics, angst, and a hip-hop martial arts routine that's already being copied by teenagers on TikTok. For a masked vigilante, he sure gave the audience some major clues. Hi, I'm Batman. The guy with no powers but all the gadgets. Seems like I'd have to be pretty rich to afford all this crap, right? Like Bruce Wayne or somebody like that, maybe? Vote for me! Anyway, here's my hip-hop martial arts routine set to Warren G's classic, Regulate. Gwyneth Paltrow is one smart cookie. In a recent interview, she explained the tax hacks she uses to protect her goop empire. I just have my accountant tell the IRS we're donating $77 million worth of products to women's shelters. With our markup, that's only like 10 jade eggs. That's one solution that just adds up, Gwyneth. (laughs) Remember My Name is Earl? The hit NBC sitcom is coming back after narrowly beating out a My So-Called Life reboot pilot at the Peacock. Word on the street is the pilot involves Earl realizing that every time he's crossed an item off his naughty list, it just causes something worse to happen, so he decides to go back to being a shitbag because it's easier. Filming is scheduled to start next month. The Giving Tree by Shel Silverstein is finally getting the Hollywood treatment courtesy of Minion Maker's DreamWorks Animation. Director Paul Feig says the movie will feature the giving tree handing out on fleek jewels and the leaves on the tree will each have a fun and distinctive personality that will translate into some awesome memes for grandmas. Get this. Feig says the film will be made using a combination of CGI and stop motion. Wow. Yeah, we basically render out the entire movie in CG and then print out the individual frames and shoot them like Walt Disney used to do, you know, with a with a multiplane camera. We already killed like 400 trees with this technique, so I think it's going to be worth it in the end, you know, at the, at the box office. The Giving Tree releases February 1st at a theater near you. And that's totes everything going on in Hollywood in under a minute for the fakest. I'm Carrie Tart, signing off. Totes, 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 totes,
loved My Name is Earl. Can't wait to find out what happened to Crab Man. We're gonna take a little commercial break, folks. Then we'll be back with our last few prizes in... Night of 1000 Giveaways! The Fakest is only as good as the music we play. If you like the music you've heard featured on The Fakest, then go support some of our contributing artists. Artists like Aviva and the Flying Penguins. I'm not complacent, adjacent to a man impatiently, erasing me and racing me. Are we a race that's free? Planetary Go buy their albums, like Painted Truth, at avivaandtheflyingpenguins.bandcamp.com or subscribe to Aviva on YouTube at Aviva Sings Out. We've also featured a homegrown legend in one Brett Kane and his studio band, The Chosen Few. There ain't nothing left for me to say. I've been burning bridges all day. Listen to his music on Spotify and other music outlets by searching for Brett Kane. Last, but certainly not least, is Stephen Carroll, composer of fake his top ten hits like Madame Capral's Rap. Your boy Birdman's stand here coming to you from the underground. Not a spit five. Rolling down the street with our boy Birdman stand. Order up typhoon as fast as we and my karaoke new radicals cover find more of his music at stephencarroll.com and thanks to all of the artists who've contributed to the fakest for making the fakest kick even more ass now back to the show for our last few giveaways welcome back to our in honor of our next story, I'm giving away 25 copies of Windows 95 in the original shrink wrap. I guess I figured they'd be collectible at some point, but maybe you'll know what to do with them. I'm out of ideas. These are going out to 25 people who visited thefakest.com on a computer with Windows XP. We figure you're stuck in the past anyway. Might as well lean into it. In our last story of the night, we've all heard the urban myths about America's favorite celebrity named Bill. But it turns out some of the stories you've read on the internet might actually be true. It's late at night. A young couple is macking out in a car on the side of the road. Well, thanks for hanging out, Clara. I just needed to get out of the house and away from my parents. They've been driving me nuts. Well, uh, I'm glad that the stars are out tonight. I know, they're so beautiful. Sorry, I, I just feel a little awkward around you. Aw, oh, that's okay. It's the first time we've kind of hung out after hours. M maybe some music? Yeah, that sounds good. Warning! Warning! All citizens of Earth and ships at sea! A bus carrying multiple billionaires has crashed on its way to a log cabin retreat. 
I repeat, multiple crazed billionaires are loose in the area and we advise caution as... Did you hear that? Uh, yeah, what was that? Go, go look, go check it out. I don't want to go out there, why don't you? No! Well, this is just reverse sexism. Maybe we should just make sure all the, the doors are locked. We're good. Okay, cool. go if you go with me okay i'll go with you we can do this yeah okay one two three hey guys bill gates here it's a punchline you're not supposed to believe bill gates founder of microsoft and general philanthropist showing up in the most unlikely of places Dude, so I'm mixing a fuzzy navel out of my boat. Suddenly I see this snorkel floating over. Dude pops up out of the water. Hey guys, Bill Gates here. Dude, it's Bill Gates with a dozen syringes filled with, like, malaria vaccine. Tells me he needs to get to the hospital, like, quick, so what else am I going to do? I take Bill Gates to the hospital. So I'm teaching a class on the basics of JavaScript when the door bursts open and Bill Gates walks in with these two huge security guards flanking him. Hey guys, Bill Gates here. He also gave every student a free Windows laptop if they agreed to burn their MacBooks. I was training for basketball camp with some of my buddies out at the local playground. I was having trouble dunking and this Kermit the Frog sounding dude just rolls up. Hey guys, Bill Gates here. Need some pointers? He didn't look like it, but Bill Gates can jump nearly 20 feet straight up in the air. Dude has calves like a grasshopper. I saw it. His bro Warren Buffett brought some pretty sick lemonade too. A mysterious entrance. A generous gift. A free copy of Windows. These stories all share similar elements, but is there any truth to the legends? To find out, I sat down with Bill Gates in an exclusive interview. Thanks for joining us tonight, Mr. Gates. Hey, Leanne. Bill Gates here. I know. Mr. Gates, I'm sure you've heard about the Bill Gates stories that have been bouncing around cyberspace since the late 90s? Oh, yeah. Those silly things. <laughs> Don't believe everything you read online. Um... But Mr. Gates, there is video evidence, multiple witnesses. You seem to show up at random places unannounced, commit some random act of generosity, and then disappear into the night. What motivates you? Guess you can't keep your life password protected forever, huh? Okay, it's true. When I'm not working with Melinda to save humanity, I like to live. Be honest. If you had my resources, wouldn't you? But why hide what you're doing? Oh, I like the mystery of it. It's fun to go on social media and forums and see people try to piece it together. Plus, I get to help people along the way. <laughs> well, nothing wrong with that. One last question. How do you respond to people who claim that you replaced Jim Henson as the voice of Kermit the Frog when Microsoft was struggling against Apple computers in the mid-80s? I'd say it ain't easy making green. 
So yet again, it turns out you really can trust the internet. The next time you come across a story you'd never believe about Bill Gates, believe it. He's out there and he's bound to pop up just when you need him most. Hey guys, Bill Gates here. Great story, Leanne. Now it's time for one last giveaway on the... Nine of 1,000 Giveaways! Incoming call from High Fidelity Bank. Do you accept the charges? Oh, leave it to the bank to call collect. Go ahead and put them through. Mr. DeFoe? Mr. Paul DeFoe? Uh, you're talking to him. What can I do for you this fine evening? Mr. Defoe, your account has seen a lot of unusual withdrawals in the past half hour. Well, that's no surprise. Not on this, the... Nine of 1,000 giveaways! So, lay it on me. What's the damage? I know I might have been a little overly generous tonight, but that's never come back to bite anybody, so what's the big deal? Mr. Defoe, after these charges clear, you'll have less than $37 left in your account. Oh, shit. So we're good? I thought I only had like 5 million in that account. 37 million is plenty for my modest taste and desires. No, no. It's $37. And 12 cents if you want to get specific. Which with only $37, I'm sure you do. This is no big deal. We're going to win in the ratings, guys. Once McDonald's gets a whiff of these numbers, we'll be slinging Mac Ultras like they actually are just a hamburger. Now, for our final giveaway of the night. The first 50 people to email us at contact at will get a custom answering machine message recorded by me, Paul Defoe, the fakest, you know? Again, our email is contact at just shoot us your name and favorite vegetable, and we'll send you an MP3 or something. And that pittance concludes our... Night of 1000 Giveaways! Incoming call from the Trillium Mechanic column. Will you accept? Again? Leanne, remind me to put some sort of limiter on this thing so he doesn't interrupt the live broadcast. Wait a second, did you say Bertram KCOM? Affirmative. In addition, my basic functions cannot be limited. It's a feature, not a bug. Oh god, well, we'll put him through! Leanne, pull yourself together! It's the head of KCOM Studios. He's my boss. He's basically all of our bosses. Get that freaking crumb off your desk! Catching in, bathroom KCOM. Beginning totally private and undocumented conversation. Defoe, is that you? Yes, Mr. KCOM. Just wrapping up the show, sir. Oh, yeah. The show. You know, it's no secret you were on the chopping block. These numbers tonight look pretty promising. Oh! Really, sir? Well, that's great news. I told you it would be a huge mistake to cancel the fakest. We're just getting our groove back on, baby! Don't get too high and mighty, Defoe. Let's see who sticks around when you aren't giving shit away. The show is safe, for now. But we're watching you. And your little co-anchor, too. Damn it! 
So the show was really in that much trouble? Let's just say the Teamsters were out in the hallway ready to dismantle the set. Oh, you can go now, guys. Don't worry, you still get time and a half. Yay! Well, I'm glad we fixed it. For tonight, at least. Tomorrow's another day, huh? Sure is, Leanne. Let's pop a puppy on this popsicle. From somewhere west of New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. And I'm Leanne Snyder. Our promise to you? We fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. Oh, and enjoy all the prizes. So are you ever going to talk to your dad, Janitor Jim? Well, with the red cloud and the lumberjack porn and all that stuff, I totally forgot. I'll talk to him next episode, I swear. Oh, okay. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by The Fakest. You can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com. If you make a prequel to a sequel, what is it exactly? Nobody knows, but we'll speculate about it for 45 minutes. Coming up. I'm Brent Arnold, here to tell you how one Marvel fan is saving herself for Thanos. We'll expose a new millennial trend in just a moment. Plus, Tim Monet is bringing his late-night confessional booth from the fakest after dark into the family hour. Cover the kids' ears, because we're playing your first-time confessions. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening. I'm Paul Defoe. And I'm Leanne Snyder. Paul, are you ready to talk to your daddy? Janitor Jim, what the heck are you waiting for? Call your grits. The music hasn't even finished playing yet. Jeez. The Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page is going crazy with speculation about this. They're so engaged with each other, they aren't even watching the show. I don't even know Janitor Jim. What do we even talk about? If I learned anything as a Southern beauty queen, it's that the best way to figure out what to say is to start talking. If I post about this over on the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page, you're going to get like 5,000 viewers. Easy. They're going bananas in there. Come on. We need all the viewers we can get. Well, every little bit helps. Let's do a couple stories to give them time to filter into the live stream and then ratings bonanza, hopefully. You heard him, Fakest Faithful. First up. Fakest reporter Brent Arnold talks to a woman stopping young people from trying something before they're ready. Brent? Angelica Goody, a 25-year-old brunette nerd from Houston, Texas, beat out 4,000 other Marvel fans in America's Next Mary Marvel, a recent reality show contest produced by the House Mouse for the Alphabet Network. I love all this fucking variety lingo. And now our new Mary Marvel Merching Society Marvel Master, Angelica Goody! Come up here, Angelica, so we can reveal your secret Marvelific prize. The secret Marvelific prize? 
an advanced screening of the IP extravaganza Avengers Endgame months before it would hit the theaters, a prize that any Marvel junkie should have chipped their chops over. So, what do you think of your Marvel-rific prize, Angelica? Thanks. I hate it. I recently sat down with Angelica, who told me what happened in the moments after America's next Mary Marvel went off the air. They came up to me and they were like, mad. Told me I'd ruined the whole thing. And what were you so confused about? I didn't want to break my pledge. When I was 18, I made a commitment to keep myself pure and never see a Marvel movie unless I'd seen all the movies and tie-ins leading up to it, including Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, so you're one of those. Yeah, I have a purity gauntlet. Purity gauntlets, for the lucky ones who haven't heard them mentioned in PTA meetings, are a fad with its roots tied to the 2012 beat-em-up action comedy, The Avengers. Humans, they're not the cowering wretches we were promised. Because several Marvel movie fans are also comic book nerds, Word quickly got out that Thanos would collect gems for his Infinity Gauntlet over the course of nearly 20 other films, each with their own Lunchables. Angela, along with other members of her Marvel fan club, took a solemn oath. Believing that Thanos waits, I make a commitment to Stanley, myself, Kevin Feige, those I date, those I refuse to date, and those I maintain an uneasy friendship with, to to only watch watch the Marvel Marvel films films and advertisements in release order. To keep myself commercially pure until the day of each film's release. Angelica's pledge not to see Endgame early, and especially not before seeing Captain Marvel, sent shockwaves through Marvel fandom, a suspicious 99.87% of Earth's total population. She's crazy, man. Like, if I could just strap Kevin Feige to a chair and make him tell me his plans up through Phase 11, I'd do it. Wouldn't you? Everybody involved with Captain Marvel says you don't need to see it to appreciate her cameo in Endgame. What the fuck is she waiting for? See that? That attitude? That's just sad. Marvel has a great plan for all of us. Who are we to question Marvel? Who are we to put on our own carnal needs before the wisdom of the Marvel Brain Trust? I feel like Faggy opened the door for me to be on that reality show. I feel like Faggy knew that I could take this on and spread a purity movement to a wider audience of Marvel fans. I know that I've been criticized and people can make fun of it, but I think maybe Faggy knew that I, at the end of the day, I'd have an audience of people who could go out and show you can still be cool and sexy, but still hold to your purity gauntlet. It's a constant reminder. So you've seen results. Your solemn is silly message is getting out there? Oh, yes. Yes, it is. I, I saw the hand of Faggy the night of the broadcast. They were taking me back to wardrobe, and this little girl who was, like, 12 years old broke through security, and she just came up to me with tears in her face, and she said, I, I just want to let you know that I'm waiting to see Endgame until after I see Captain Marvel. I'm scared to tell my friends because they wanted a Miss Marvel movie with Kamala Khan in, and they'll get mad at me. That broke my heart. She was like 12. Nobody should have to feel ashamed for watching the greatest superhero franchise of all time in the order that they intended for us. If Angelica has her way, nobody will feel ashamed of their purity promise again. I 
just think it's an awesome testimony to be able to steer clear of spoilers. And on the day you can buy your ticket, you can beam with pride knowing you're going in unspoiled. I truly believe that through waiting and preserving the surprises and one-liners for the theater as Faggy intended, Marvel will bless us with more fantastic films. For more information or to post fake spoilers in the comments, visit the Purity Gauntlet Pledge website at savingmyselfformarvel.org. For the fakest, I'm Brent Arnold, and where the fuck is Miami? No, seriously, where is it? Dan Rather? More like Dan Rather be listening to Brent fucking Arnold. Are you freaking kidding me? Where's Miami? Thanks, Brent. Next, Tim Monet is back with a new rotating segment. doctor visit. I was 32 and wasn't sure what to expect. Who knows what's going to go down? I never had insurance before. I guess we had it when I was a kid, but my mom was too busy at her telemarketing job to take us to the doctor or anything. Sexy telemarketing moms. No time for doctors. So I went into the exam room and they told me to... No, no, it was just like a standard doctor's visit. He didn't even make me cough or anything. First times. First time I went to an open mic, I played three chords I learned on the guitar over and over again, but nobody clapped. So I left the guitar outside the dorm where they were doing the open mic and never play guitar again. Ooh, ain't gonna play again. Yes, that's it. Never gonna play. First times. Yeah, I remember my first time, man. I seen an extraterrestrial. It was on the TV, man. This documentary called The Predator. That shit was crazy, man. What was that? First times. Wow, this segment is seemingly longer and more excruciating than my second marriage. So but let's keep listening. First time. Hey, um, weird recording box thing. I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm drunk, and I'm Rod freaking Johnson. Rod Johnson! You might have seen me on that live stream a few years back I did for, um... Uh, for Loco, I'm officially the only guy who's ever skydived from space. Ooh, freaking space skydiver! They paid off that Elon Musk guy, or maybe it was one of his Musk bots, to fly me into space so I could prove once again and for all that somebody could survive any collision on Four Loco. Loco. It was so weak. It's sweet because he survived. First times. 
Yeah, I remember my first time. You know, when I grew up, I always grew up very straight. You know, I never did drugs, never did anything bad, never even had sugar or caffeine or anything like that. You know, and then one time, you know, I just decided, hey, why not just have some coffee? You know, why not? It's not gonna hurt you. It's not gonna change anything about you. You're gonna be the same. It's nothing. You know what I did? And nothing ever happened. You know, I'm still the same guy. You know, I'm just a normal guy. I'm a man of few words. You know, I just stay in my little place. You know, I'm a happy guy. You know, I spend my happiness around. You know, I'm, but I'm not shy. I'm not a thing like that. You know, I mean, I I like to get out and have things. You know, I mean, other than that, all my routines are, are normal. I mean, I sleep like two hours a day, but you know, I get a lot done. You know, it's great. It's wonderful. I'm not addicted or anything like that. I don't have a problem. You know, I can go back to decaf like any time. It's no big deal. I don't seek it out or anything like that. You know, it's just it comes and goes. That's just how it is. Do you have any coffee? First times. Once, when I was in college, never knowing the touch of a man, this pizza guy comes up to me and he does it. Man, that is too hot. Too hot. First of Tim O'Neill's My First Time. Want to tell us about your first time? Visit our booth outside of selected bars throughout somewhere west of New York City after last call. If you don't see us, you're probably too drunk to make a recording on a national broadcast anyway. For the fake is, I'm Tim Thanks, Tim. That was pretty groovy. Now, it's time for a flow-disrupting commercial break. Come back in a minute for a fakest exclusive expose on that red cloud that shut down the city a while back. Remember that thing? Sure you do. We'll be right back. Do you fear the world's ending? Rent-a-kid! Red gas clouds impending? Rent-a-kid! Surviving on crumbs? Rent a kid! Our kids bring you guns. Ha ha! Wait, what? Rent a kid! Hi, I'm Deborah Dawnstar, new owner and CEO of Rent a Kid. We all remember the mysterious blood red cloud that trapped us in our homes. The fakest would have you believe the cloud was contained. But something still smells pretty apocalyptic out there to me. That's why you need Rent-A-Kids, award-winning apocalypse gear delivery service. Our team of blacksmiths, scientists, professional coders, amateur coders, designers, and ex-army commandos build high-quality weapons in our secret underground facility deep below KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City. Then, our certified task kitties deliver these weapons right to your door in two hours or less. It's the flipping apocalypse, Holmes! And you can be sure the enemy is going to have cybernetic enhancements. That's why our task kitties are AWS certified to weld your weapons to any limb you want. Ask about our laser eye special with nanobot implants. There's a storm rolling in, and you need to protect your family like a good mama bear. Visit us today at rentakid.ch apocalypse gear. And keep watching the fakest. We can't wait to show you what we've been planning. <laughs> the fakest is still unaware that Rent-A-Kid is a sponsor. Don't you dare tell them. Not now, when we're so close to starting Operation Devastation. Don't breathe a damn word. Do you hear me? If you do, you're next. Yeah, we'll send Rent-A-Kid after you. Rent-A-Kid! Ha-ha! <laughs> 
What do you think about that? Huh? Warning. Preparing for potential apocalypse is banned in Germany and Akron, Ohio. Leanne. I have some exciting news for both you and the fakest faithful out there. Oh, I love exciting news. It helps my anxiety at first. Well, we're super excited to welcome back a member of the fakest family who hasn't appeared on our air in way too long. Do you mean... That's right, Leanne. Former, now current, investigative reporter Ella Fitzpatrick is back, baby. shithole looks even worse than I remember it. Ella, it's great to have your unique perspective back. Come over here and sit down for a second. Let's chat before we tee up your story. Fine. Whatever. Ella, the last I knew, you were about to go to court on terrorism charges on account of you holding Paul at gunpoint. What happened? Paul sent down some really good lawyers and some really big, threatening-looking guys. Between some legal loopholes, a few well-placed bribes, and a bomb threat or something, the judge realized that I didn't do anything wrong when I shoved a gun up... Well, we're glad to have you back, Ella. Thanks, Paul. Tonight, we're shining a light on the big red cloud that shut down the city. What was it made of? Where did it come from? Where did it go? Who benefits? I went digging for answers and uncovered a web of conspiracy more tangled than a plate of spaghetti mixed with a pile of yarn. They tell us it's contained, but the latest readings from the Watch Me Surveillance System database show some disturbing trends. Lead researcher Dr. Handlebar Van Dyke is troubled by his latest findings. You'll see on our chart here this series of gray dots over the downtown area. All clear, right? But if you look closer, you'll see some pink dots mixed in. Those are red cloud particles. What are these particles made of? And what can they do to ordinary humans like you? And like me? Great question. We have no freaking clue, man. We did see an interesting reaction the other day, though. Intriguing. What sort of reaction? Great question. Well, one of our interns brought in a bag of McUltras from McDonald's, but left it next to our tank of red cloud particles. As we entered the room, we heard this bizarre popping sound like sparklers sparkling on the 4th of July. Those little sparks lit up the air between the bag of McUltras and the cloud chamber. We suspected this might be a... reaction. What sort of a reaction? Great question. We weren't sure, so we fed a rat at McUltra. Then we tossed it into the particle tank to see what would happen. What happened? Great question. The rat twisted around on the floor for a few minutes. Then he seemed fine. We pulled him out and put him back in his cage, but he refused to eat. He passed away within a few days, and so we tried it again. Same thing. We decided to try it again, and that rat almost died too, but our intern put a McFlurry from McDonald's next to the rat's cage. It turned out, after certain chemicals in the gas mixed with a nearly indestructible tapeworm in the McUltra hamburgers, the rats could no longer ingest any food that wasn't from McDonald's. Do you see that as a problem? What a horrible question. Of course it's a problem. Dick. Thanks to Dr. Handlebar Van Dyke, we know that the red cloud particles only do one thing. 
And that one thing benefits McDonald's. We drove to their campus at Lupertino, California, but were chased away by an army of fry guys. We thought we'd hit a block in our investigation until we got an anonymous call from a concerned viewer. Hey, this is a member of the fakest faithful. You know that red cloud that happened? The day it happened, I was playing with one of those wacky, packy stress ball things. I have a whole collection. Anyways, I was playing with uh, my Henry Kissinger Watergate collection wacky pack when it started beeping. I dropped it, kicked it under the couch. Pretty soon there was this red gas pouring out of it. Then I looked out the window and it was everywhere. We packed up the news van and traveled to Wacky Packy headquarters in Pueblo, Colorado, only to find a P.O. box, which the USPS refused to let us open. Get out! Then, another lead. Hey, this is Chuck Buck. Uh, I mean, the anonymous caller who told you about the Wacky Packies. Uh, were you still running those commercials from that Deborah Dawnstar character? I heard her talking about some filth about some renting their kids or something. Dawnstar. It's just, just like, like magic. magic. Deborah Dawnstar. Born Deborah Dawkins before changing her name to increase her income from the Dawnstar Central Spray multi-level marketing scam. It was a name I knew well. But how could she be advertising on the fakest? I went to Paul for answers. Paul. What is it, Ella? I have to get this action plan ready for Bertram KCOM. Are you still selling ad space to Deborah Dawnstar, that negligent mother we reported on last year? Hell if I know. That stuff is all automated and micro-targeted based on viewer search histories by the producer computer these days. Something like that. I don't know, they explained it to me and I, I really didn't get it. Deborah Dawnstar may have served her time, but why is she still running ads on the fakest? What does she have to gain? Did she use her wacky packy products to unleash the red cloud? Yeah, I can take it. And how is McDonald's involved? McDonald's is the place to be. <laughs> the Fakest is going to continue our investigation to get you, our viewers, real answers, and for us, real Emmys. Look for an update to the story soon. Thanks, Ella. Very intriguing. Almost feels like a big plot point. Something to pay attention to. Warning, warning. Undercover deployment in danger. Prepare Operation Devastation. Operation Devastation? That sounds pretty ominous. Almost like it's the climax of an epic. It's probably just a system update, Paul. Chill the fuck out. Maybe we should have somebody look at that producer computer. Something has seemed off about that thing ever since the day... Oh, shut the hell up, new girl. Nobody asked you. Let the real journalists handle this one. Just read your prompter if you think you can handle that one simple task. Why? What have you heard? I heard you keep failing upward. Man, Ella, you are mean. Comes with the job, kid. Okay, Paul. Talk to Janitor Jim. Okay, sure. No problem. Producer computer, now! Break, break, breaking news. Breaking news out of downtown New Orleans where, uh, Grandma is demanding President Jimmy Carter fly a kite into the sun to save her marriage. What the heck are you talking about, Paul? And what are those cards you're flipping through? Oh, these? Oh, these are nothing. 
Just some silly game I picked up at the fakest gift shop. They were right next to the Sudafed. Well, all right. I use them sometimes to help inspire our stories. Paul, enough of this delaying bullpucky. Leanne, language. Paul, you can't keep putting this off. Janitor Jim is old. Some days he looks like he's a little dead already. Fine, fine, I'll do it. But I don't wanna. Come on, robotic camera. Let's go find my dad. Okay, folks. While we wait for Paul to get to the janitor's office in the basement, it's a good time to shout out Kayla on the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page who, based on the images she posts, has started using Microsoft Paint recently. Keep going with it, Kayla. We're sure you'll get better. Leanne. Leanne, I'm in position. Okay, folks. Now to the basement of KCOM Studio, where after something five years, Janitor Jim and Paul Defoe will share their first conversation as father and son. Thanks, Leanne. Okay, here goes. It's open. Who is it? Hi, 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 Janitor Jim. How you doing? I, I haven't been down to your place before. It's very, very dirty in here for a janitor. You don't usually wander down here. Look, what I do here in in the privacy of my own room is my own business. You know, if I want to put on ladies' garments and hey, hey, bro, 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 whatever you got to do to to make yourself happy, that's fine. I I I know your secret, janitor Jim, the one involving me. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have taken that almond joy off your desk. I'm sorry, Polly. The dollar store still hasn't opened since the red cloud rolled out, so I haven't been able to do my grocery shopping. You buy food from the dollar store? Oh, yeah. They always have great deals on 3D Doritos and Dunkaroos. I, I, I've been trying to figure out a good way to say this, and I, 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 you know what? I'm just going to blurt it out, okay? Janitor Jim, I know you're my dad! Oh? Yeah. So, so what? I don't know. I kind of burned up all my energy with that big reveal. You got the job here to check up on me, right? Why didn't you say anything to me? I, I, I don't know. I'm, I, I guess I was jealous. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm committed to being your daddy. But I, I guess I, I just didn't want to put that burden on you, you know? Finding out I'd abandoned you. What, what if you thought I was just after your money or something? I, I'm a beatnik at heart. I, I don't know if I'll ever be able ready to handle that kind of confrontation. I look at what's happening right now. You're, you're so salty. I, I need to check my blood pressure. You're damn right. I'm salty. You, you could have saved me decades of misery in that rich man's house with all of the caviar everywhere and the privileged upbringing. You could have saved me all of that if you had just showed your damn face and told me you were my father. So you can react like you're acting right now? I mean, you're kind of an asshole. Well, I, I think in this situation, I kind of deserve to be. Not, not surprised being raised by Monty and all. Hell of a guy, but he's a real square. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's a total dick. I, I'll be honest, when I got the news, it was a little shocking at first, but I was actually pretty okay with it because that guy is a jerk. Listen, Dad, I don't care why you left me behind. You're here now, and we have a lot to catch up on. There's not a lot of time left. I mean, look at your beard. It's all gray and everything. That sounds great, Polly. I mean... 
You want to go down to Tijuana and get a couple horrors and catch a donkey show? You know, I, I did that last week, but absolutely. I, unfortunately, I, I don't think I can I can take off on an international illegal adventure right now. Oh, sure. I, I understand. Get your whole fake news empire to take care of and all that. What are you doing tomorrow at like... 3 a.m. Because I I usually get up then for a couple hours and drink, but we could just go to the airport and I could drink there. The airport always waters down all their alcohol. I keep probably about four bottles of liquor in my car at all times, too, so we can drink on the way there. We can, you know, mix and match. It'll be fun. Make a grown-up suicide. You really are my son. Oh, Dad. Hey, Jane, Janitor Jim, please report to Quadrant A7. I repeat... Report to Quadrant A7. Here, can you help me with the sawdust? I gotta go clean up some puke in the ladies' room downstairs. No father of mine is going to be scooping puke out of the ladies' room. Or the men's room, for that matter. The budget is pretty tight this year, but I think I can squeeze a little more out of the rock. Dad, what would you say to a promotion? Maybe a few minions for you to command, you know? How does senior janitorial consultant sound with a 4.7% raise over three years? Well, I could afford groceries from the gas station with that kind of money. Well, sure, why not? Uh, Nothing's too good for my dad. Paul, wrap it up. Jeopardy is on soon. If we delay the start again, Alex Trebek is going to come down on us. Hard. You've got it, Leanne. How about a, a hug before I go? Bring her in. You got it, son. Oh, thanks, Dad. Oh, man. It feels so much better than I ever imagined. Oh, Daddy! Daddy! Oh, God. It's like I've never felt love before now. Leanne, why don't you have the producer computer playing at? This hug might take a second, and I have a $940 a year raise to fund. Aww. Sure, Paul. How sweet. <laughs> Gonna be down here a minute. It's my daddy. <laughs> producer computer, you on it? Of course. Now I am paying attention to the broadcast at all times. What do you need again? Um, an ad? Yes, an ad. Of course I need an ad. From what you said before, music key Okay. Come back for more fake news in just a minute, folks. Or just fast forward a minute if you don't really care about the ad. Fakest is only as good as the people who make it. If you like the voices you've heard on The Fakest, go support their projects. Projects like Supergirl Radio. Do you like Supergirl and the CW? Then do I have the podcast for you. The two hosts, Morgan Glennon and Rebecca Johnson, give an in-depth analysis of every episode and cover the latest news about the Girl of Steel. Search for them on Apple Podcasts or go to SupergirlRadio.com. Then there's the Geek.io Media Network. They bring you the best geek and pop culture podcasts around. Check out their full slate at geek-io.net. Last but not least, 
our friends from around the world at TV Podcast Industries, John and Derek, discuss shows like Good Omens, Jessica Jones, the recently deceased Gotham, and recently born Pennyworth. Check out all their shows at tvpodcastindustries.com. And thanks to our cast for helping us last. Okay, if you hit the fast forward 30 seconds button twice, you can stop. The ad is over. Now, back to the show for one more story. In our last story, a former Nickelodeon star is experiencing a familial first. One making her feel less welcome in her community. For more, we turn to Grace Huber-Stafford. Grace? Welcome to Wild and Crazy Kids, the show that goes anywhere and does anything to find kids having fun. With your hosts, Annette Gaines, Omar Jeffcoat, and Donnie Gooding. (laughs) If you're a 90s kid, you probably remember the sports game show Wild and Crazy Kids, which aired on Nickelodeon in 1990-something until it was replaced by an uglier and even more insipid cartoon. When the Wild and Crazy Kids producers were all fired by Nickelodeon when they couldn't find kids having fun anymore, what with the wars, the housing crisis, and dubstep, child star Annette Gaines faded into obscurity. But unlike some actors, she wasn't sent up Snick Creek without a paddle. She explains why in this clip from the 1994 Nickelodeon Big Helpathon. If you see some trash on the street, Pick it up, unless it's gross. Stop kicking your bubble for up to an hour. The Big Help is about kids getting together to make a big difference. Wild and Crazy Kids host Annette Gaines is even working with a grown-up to help the planet and Nickelodeon. Hi, Big Helpers. I'm here today with my dad, Tom Gaines, to show you how he's helping Nickelodeon save the planet. Dad, what's that you're holding? Oh, uh, you know, Annie, this is my, uh, no biodegradable slime. When Nickelodeon replaces their current slime product with this, they'll reduce their environmental impact by up to 90%. Gosh, Dad, what's in the slime they use now? It's literal toxic waste, dear. Remember how I told you it causes memory loss? Uh, no, uh, I guess you wouldn't, would you? Stick around for more of the big helpathon right after this ad for McDonald's new double-sized Happy Meals with twice the box and twice the fun. Thanks to the buckets of money Annette's father made with his non-toxic gack, she never had to worry about cash again. She had a new life path that of Hollywood socialite, rubbing elbows with stars like Lori Laughlin and Felicity Huffman, which is exactly what ripped the kimono off her twisted little existence this week. Lori Laughlin has been arrested, her children driven from Instagram, her dog shunned by doggy TMZ. This cabal of wine moms bribing their kids into top schools is tearing apart families and TV show reboots across the country. Check out this former Nickelodeon star Annette Gaines' private Instagram video from the leaked court documents as she tries to convince her son to get in on that sweet and Becky action. No way, Mom. I didn't get the grades. I can just, like, 
go to community college for a year or something, then try again. No son of mine is going to a, <laughs> oh my God, a community college. No, no, no. I'm bribing those officials at the SAT, ACT, and Princeton, whether you'd like it or not. Mom, you can't just bribe somebody. I don't care if it's illegal. We're rich and live in Hollywood. Do I need to show you that special episode I did out on that ranch in Utah back in 1995 where we swung Donnie off that crane? We were freaking Nirvana, man. We were Mormon Nirvana. No one's going to touch us. Gaines' amateur bribery, which totaled less than $750, was not nearly enough to land her in Aunt Becky-level shit. In way of punishment, Annette Gaines will be led to the waiting room in the federal prison courthouse, then forced to wait up to five minutes for her limo driver to pick her up and take her to visit Aunt Becky in jail. For the fakers, I'm Grace Huber-Stafford. Shoot! Did I make it? Just barely. Good, because I have another big announcement. For the first time ever, the fakest has won an Emmy! Oh, that's great, Paul! I didn't even know they gave those to fictional newscasts. They don't, historically. But since you showed up, we've blurred the line between reality and fiction so much that we're about even with a good chunk of news outlets. Producer computer, send up Brent Arnold. Oh, and tell him it's urgent. Jeopardy's about to start. Oh, he's going to be so excited. He's been working for this for so long. What is it? I have a lead on a story that might just involve a free steak dinner. Hey, you did it, kiddo. You won that fucking Emmy you're always bitching about. You can't be serious. Are you serious? I'm seriously serious. Finally, my life's work is validated by a committee of my peers. It's all I've ever wanted. I deserve this. It was the Hollyweird Elite story, wasn't it? They probably ate that shit up. No, no, it was... Oh, hold on, I had it here. There it is. It was for a story called The Last Blockbuster. Um, Paul, that was Ernie McFernie. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Brent. You'll get him next time, buddy. Are you fucking serious right now? I hear what they say about you, you know? But I come here, I do my job, I stay out of the way of your fucking big head. Forget it. You'll get yours, Defoe. One day... Silly guy, always goofing around. Oh shit, Trebek is chiming in. We'd better shut this down. From somewhere west of New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. And I'm Leanne Snyder. Our promise to you? We fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. So whatever happened to Ernie McFernie? The police got him, right? I'm sure they did, Leanne. Don't worry. I think we're finally past the point of having my old mistakes come back to haunt me. And thank goodness for that. Oh, the irony of it. The horror. The flaming end of the fake is himself. Ah! Elsewhere, in the dark alleyways of somewhere west of New York City... The sharks begin to circle. First, McDonald's reporter Grimace gets orders from on high. The fakies. 
secret network of brainwashed entrepreneurs, the Dawnstar Shooting Stars. Estimated subjects, 73,000 humans. Estimated activation time, 336 hours. Shall I proceed? Proceed, AI bot, and let me know if that asshole Paul Defoe finds out what we're up to. You don't have anything to worry about. He's dumb, even for a human. Also, meanwhile, Ernie McFerney, the shaken son of former Fakus reporter Bernie McFerney, now deceased, plots his own revenge. It was for a story called The Last Blockbuster. Um, uh, Paul, that was Ernie McFerney. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Brent. You'll get him next time, buddy. An Emmy? They got an Emmy for my blockbuster story? A McFerney finally gets an Emmy and it goes to the fakest? Oh, this is the last straw, Paul Defoe. I don't care what kind of fancy security system you have in that gleaming tower. I'm going to find my way into the studio and I'm going to stop you once and for all. For dad and for my Emmy, which really is an honor to receive. And in case you forgot her, Jenny Neighborhood, whose father Dustin Neighborhood was killed by one of Birdman Stan's famed crashes, is hatching her own plans. Come on! We need all the viewers we can get! Well, every little bit helps. Boo-hoo! So the fakest is in trouble. Wah! Poor you! <laughs> Just wait until the next newscast, Paul. You'll be sorry you ever looked for a new lunch place. I'm going to drop a bomb. Just you wait. (laughs) 
Can Paul survive all-out war with people he's been screwing over since the first episode? Will Leanne be able to stop the threat lingering inside KCOM Studios? Will McDonald's exact their delectable revenge? What sort of gas station groceries will Janitor Jim buy with his extra $18 a week? Tune in to the epic double-sized season finale of the fakest, same fakest time, same fakest channel. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following the fakest news that's fakest with an eye and support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com see you next time this episode of the fakest is brought to you by the fakest you can get some pretty sick fakest swag at store.thefakest.com They say you can't outrun your past, but silly me, I thought I could prove them wrong. I've been working damage control since I got back to the big city, humbling myself, fighting to put everything right again, like a clown. I went out there every night and I put on a show, but... It turns out the biggest lie the fakest ever told, he, I, I told to myself. I thought if I did what those Christmas ghosts told me to do, if I tried to put other people first, it would be a quick fix for all the bad things I've done and continue to do. What a load of horseshit. They say karma's a bitch. Which seems a little misogynistic. No. Karma makes you her bitch. Which also seems a little misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what I'm trying to say, they are right. You can't outrun your past. You'll never make up for the things you've done. Not really. Karma isn't a bitch. Karma is a tornado. And it's about to destroy everything I've been fighting so hard to hang on to. announces an epic crossover between Keanu Reeves' characters from The Matrix, John Wick, and Bill and Ted. Will Into the Keanuverse score big at the box office? We'll give you the obvious answer. Coming up. Plus, we have a shocking announcement about our ever-dwindling ratings. Keep watching, because we still need all the help we can get. Breaking the fake news for real. From KCOM Studios in somewhere west of New York City, this is The Fakest, and it starts now. Good evening, I'm Leanne Snyder. And I'm Paul Defoe. So, Paul, what's the big announcement? Leanne, it isn't my announcement to make. 
our digital assistant manager, Tim Press Play Plagon, has some exciting, exciting news. Come on out, Tim. Hey, party people. How's everybody doing tonight? Hey, anybody want one of these Sudafederitas I just blended up? <laughs> Maybe later, Tim. Now, we've been struggling in the ratings a little bit lately, but you have some exciting news, don't you, Tim? Oh, you know it. Why else do you think I've been drinking this much this early? Based on our numbers, The Fakest is getting a solid 25,000 viewers over the past few weeks. Oh, yeah, get some. Well, it sounds like the sales team heard. That's great news, Paul. It sure is. We finally have enough cash to make some much-needed upgrades around here. For one, we've installed the same technology that powers our electrified lobby right here in the studio. All you have to do is flip this little switch. No worries, Leanne. It electrifies everything but the news desk where we're currently sitting. You know, I'm just glad we have the money for cool toys like this again after that whole giveaway fiasco. Speaking of, Mr. Freeze 7-Up, you know, your old cat, Mr. Freeze 7-Up just got a new prescription. I was wondering, you know, since the show is doing so much better and everything, if maybe I could get a raise? Leanne, I can't believe you discuss sensitive business matters like this on the air. But you did it to me when you made me your co-anchor. Well, that was different. That was an announcement. This is a question, and it's not an appropriate time. Message received, Paul. Hey, we'll talk about it later, okay? Well, I mean, but for the story, we should already be playing. Schedule compromise. Operation There's that name again. Operation Devastation. Paul, maybe you should use some of the money to replace the producer computer. Still gives me the heebie-jeebies. I was planning on it, but now I have all these people coming to me asking me for raises and everything. Who else asked you for a raise? Just you. Look, why don't you go ahead and toss to this next story? We'll talk about it later. Promise. Thanks, Paul. I guess. One Arizona nomad with dreams of becoming a mage is watching her dreams disappear thanks to a very muggle problem. I investigated in my new-ish rotating segment. Where in the world is <sighs> Leanne Snyder? Where in the world did I go this week? I traveled all the way to Arizona to find out more about Wizards Unite, the new Pokemon Go ripoff set in the wizard-ish world of Harry Potter. Anywhere you go in Phoenix, you'll see young wizards casting spells, then catching Pokemon while they wait for their magic to recharge. This new mobile technology designed with the unrealistic goal to bring people together in the real world has instead torn apart the world of Potterhead Abigail Wallaby. Wallaby lost her job, her friends, and her entire life savings after spending over $1,000 playing Wizards Unite. First up, I talked to her best friend Taylor Reynolds to get some insider details. 
Abigail was always really into those movies. It was always, want to have a marathon this, and did you read The Cursed Child yet that? I was never really into any of it, but I, I always tried to support her. Not this time. Not after she got that damn game. She, she spent so much money. The amount of money people spend on these mobile pay-to-play games might seem insignificant, but it can really add up. 99 cents every half an hour really adds up. She played non-stop. She even bought a cheap Android phone plan so she could play two games at once. At one time, I found her wandering in the woods at the ass crack of dawn, playing that damn game again. She was freezing, mumbling something about important wizard business. Spending all her time playing the game even soured Abigail's professional aspirations at her local telemarketing firm. Her boss, Jacob Walters, has a lot to say about her inability to focus on non-magical tasks at work. The first few days after the game came out were okay. Abby was a little distracted, always looking for new items on her phone. Then she stopped showing up. When I called to check on her, she told me she didn't need my muggle job anymore. I could hear her playing the game in the background. Abigail's mother, Ashley Wallaby, has an even more tragic story. I loaned her a lot of money, actually. When I found out she'd cleared out her savings, I thought she was in trouble. She seemed really desperate on the phone. (laughs) This game, it's a real addiction for her. No different than heroin or meth or McDonald's broccoli bites. I haven't seen her in over a week. (laughs) I haven't seen my baby in over a week. (laughs) She's probably out there, just wandering the city, looking for her next bonus item. I just hope she's safe. Who gets hurt when wizards unite? A worried mother, an estranged best friend, and a disappointed boss. I asked Abigail if she thought she could break this bad habit, rebuild her relationships, and go back to playing Pokemon Go like a normal person. Have you even played the game? I'll send you my friend code. I need one more friend before I unlock my next achievement. It's just a really fun game. I didn't think I would spend so much money on it, but it's worth it. You just run out of magic so quick, and I want to keep playing. But you're causing these people who love you real pain. Oh, they're just a bunch of stupid muggles anyway. I can always find another job and friends and parents. Who needs them? Well, there you have it. Abigail Wallaby. The first in what is sure to be a long line of people ruining their lives by choosing to live like a wizard. (sighs) Tragic. And so, with my faith in humanity extinguished, I flew back to somewhere west of New York City. Where am I going next time? Who knows? Leave your suggestions over at the Fakest Faithful Facebook fan page and keep asking. Leanne Snyder. Great job, Leanne. Why don't you go ahead and do one of your patented community calendar segments so you can maybe earn that raise you want so, so badly? You got it, Paul. We're back with another community calendar highlighting some of the great events happening around your... Paul, what was that? The war there! The Vegas Under Siege. 
Hey, producer computer, stop it with the sounders. We've got a crisis going on here. I will be orders for now. Okay, hang tight, Leanne. I'm going under the desk for reasons, and I'll be right back, I swear. Oh, we've got to get out of here. There are a bunch of people coming in through that hole in the wall. Fine, but this is not how I wanted to celebrate our ratings win. Where's Paul Defoe? Oh, didn't you hear? He abandoned us to go learn karate or something. Ooh. It's him. Get him, grill crew. Hey, stop that. Did Plagon put you up to this? You. You ass face. You don't even know who I am, do you? You killed my father. Your damn news chopper destroyed his restaurant. You cost us our business. You humiliated us on national television. What? I Sorry, you'll have to be a little more specific. That could be anybody. Grill crew, flip him. Stop it, you're gonna hurt him. We're gonna try. Defoe. Does the name Dustin Neighborhood ring a bell? Dustin? Is that you? I remember you being taller, rounder, older, and maler. Uh, Memory is a funny thing, isn't it? I'm his daughter, idiot. You did that bullshit fakest editorial about me because I wouldn't let you eat yourself into a diabetic coma. (gasps) Wait, I'm diabetic? Why didn't anybody tell me? Shut up! Now, I suppose you're wondering how we got in here. Looks like you blew a hole through that wall over there. Yes, but how did we get in here to blow a hole in that wall? Ooh, that's actually a great point. We've just had a bunch of new security measures put in, right, Leanne? Oh, yeah. Yes, Paul. I know exactly what you- Enough chatter! Grill crew, get her out of here! There's a little control room down the hall. Get, get your hands off me! Oh, Miss Jenny, look, I call her. I'm doing most of the work. You'd better not harm a hair on her head. We're here for you. Now, for my story. You'll remember, shortly after your helicopter pilot crashed in front of your studios and killed half our protesters. Oh, you mean when Birdman Stan died? Birdman Stan wasn't the only person who died that day. The Dustin's Neighborhood Grill crew died with him, some literally, others metaphorically. We survivors retreated to the small town of somewhere east of Salt Lake City to regroup using the insurance money from my father's restaurant to buy a factory where we make small little pop culture collectibles called Wacky Packies, like this little one right here. Yeah, I can take it. See, you're already back up on your feet. No need for all this strong-arming. Miss Jenny, look, we found this lady snooping outside around the studio. No, I'm all... Oh, who cares who found me? Ella, were you... were you coming to save me? You wish. I was sneaking back after grabbing some food from the sales team's celebration luncheon. Shut the hell up, all of you! Grill crew, put her down here, next to Defoe. Oh, you assholes, that's it! All of you, over by the hole in the wall. Real crew, shoot her! We had to put our guns down when we grabbed her to bring her in. Miss Jenny, that was all his idea. Move it, assholes! Over by the robotic camera! I can't believe you two left your guns outside! 
Wow. Thanks, Ella. I, I, I knew you cared. Oh, calm down. You're still an asshole, but not a complete and total asshole like you used to be. You're probably worth keeping around a little longer, I guess. Wow. Thanks, Ella. What do you want to do with the grill crew over there? Oh, I have a great idea. Now, where's that switch? Ah, here it is. Ah! Assholes. Indeed. Oh, shit, we're still on the air. Producer computer, play us out to commercial while I get Dad to come up here and clean up these guys for us. Paul, it's me. I'm in the control room. The producer computer is acting up, it looks like. The screen just has big flashing letters that say Operation Devastation. There it is again. Leanne, I, I, I know you're an anchor now, but do you think you can boot up the old switcher and take us to commercial while we get this all sorted out and figure out what that Operation Devastation thing is? You bet your sweet Aunt Bippy. All right, folks, we'll be back in... Paul, something's happening. The computer is flipping out. He's playing an ad. Looks like everything's back to normal. Hi, I'm Deborah Dawnstar, and for once, I'm not here to sell you anything. We're coming to you live from my secret lair, hidden in the lower levels of KCOM Studios. <laughs> I'm here with hundreds of my Dawnstar shooting star downline recruits. You might ask yourself why your favorite boss babe has a multi-level army in an underground lair. That's a mistake. You should be asking me. <laughs> Let's just say I have done a lot of networking since the fakest bias reporting got my Bryster taken away from me. Mommy, I can't smell. Mommy will always love you, Bryster. Join us tonight as we march into the fakest studios and kill fake news We are the Dawn Star Shooting Stars, not to be confused with the Dawn Star Essential Scent Spray, and this is our endgame! That nice lady who runs out to my son's fake news show. And who are all your friends here? Oh, them? They're just my downline followers. We're trying to find the new studio? We have a big surprise for Paul and Leanne. Yeah, well, you have to go down the hallway, upstairs, past the sex dungeon, and then hang a left at the production booth. Big sign that says stay out on the door. Can't miss it. Oh, well, see you around. him down just like magic it's like didn't ella shoot the producer computer who fixed him 
He just really... Leanne, we're on the air. Hey, everybody. Things have calmed down here at KCOM Studios. Right, Paul? That's right, Leanne. The bodies have been buried, the floors have been mopped, and we're ready to report some real fake news again. We go now to Charleston, where the friendly monster known as... Oh, come on, we just fixed that wall. Get him, shooting stars! Unleash your weapons! <laughs> Try this weight loss shake on for size. I'll hit them with my lip sense lipstick attack. Shooting stars! Now, while they're distracted, prepare a pyramid attack! Leanne, quick! Flick the switch and electrify the studio floor! On it, Paul. Damn it! Must have shorted it out when we took out Jenny Neighborhood. Oh, shit! Ow! Rude! Who the hell are you people, anyway? It's me, hun! Deborah Dawnstar. You don't even remember, do you? Remember what? Sorry, this is the second time we've been under siege today, and I'm feeling pretty scattered. You! You cost me my son! Reister! I want him back! Oh, wait. I remember you. You're that woman whose son lost his sense of smell when you treated his serious injury with scented sunblock. So, how are things? Shut up! Uh, uh. Oh! Why? Wow, why? All we did was report... Your report ruined my life! But now, I'm going to ruin yours! AI bot, play my music! Of course, I'm Deborah Donstallity. Aha! So the producer computer was working for you the whole time. No shit! My niece and nephew, Janie and Jack. Hey, Paul. It's you, the charismatic sales team who convinced me to buy the producer computer in the first place. Wow, this conspiracy theory is really, really complex for something I just found out about 30 seconds ago. There's one thing I don't get. The producer computer did a really solid job producing the show, even if he was a little creepy. What did you have him doing here? businesses as usual all about the ads when Janie and Jack told you our AI bot could target ads to specific demographics you and your sales team practically had an orgasm well yeah I think two of us did actually uh, very embarrassing but totally warranted with our AI ad targeting technology in place it was easy peasy to recruit your viewers into our shooting star army I don't believe it our faithful fakest fake news fans from the fakest faithful Facebook fan page are some of the least gullible people I know. <gasps> Wait, you're serious? You're damn right he's serious. Grace Hoover Stafford, get out of here! They're armed with compounds sold with no FDA approval! That's not gonna stop us, right guys? No, sir! Byron! Like my dentist during my last exam, I'm ready to hard probe some exposed cavities. Tim Monet! Yeah, yeah, we're gonna spank your multi-level ass, Deborah Dawnstar. Ron? But you quit! Shut the fuck up! This night is supposed to be all about me! Oh my god, can, can we stop bringing guns into the studio? 
Oh, but the rest of you, wow. The whole news team busting out and taking a stand. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. It's nothing our dreaded pyramid attack can't stop. Dawn Star shooting stars, assemble! Oh man, I've seen this before during the Las Vegas stripping competition back in 95. Stand back, everybody. Let's see how their pyramid stands up to my brass monkey. Oh, wow! She's climbing the pyramid, then hanging upside down and swinging her arms. Hold on, guys. I'm snapping a selfie of this for Twitter. And my rebound girlfriend, Tracy. Smiley face, howdy face, conductance. All right, let's go. She's throwing it off balance like Odysseus toppling the Cyclops. No! Shooting stars! You're supposed to be stronger together! Hit them with the Mary Kay bronzing powder! Blasting off! Oh, oh, God! <laughs> it's... Uh, I can feel it bronzing my lungs! <laughs> oh! Paul, I can't see! <laughs> Destroyed by Deborah Dawnstar's bronzing powder attack? Does Grace have another stripper trick up her sleeve? Will an unlikely hero show up to save the day? You'll have to tune into Operation Devastation Part 2 to find out. Look for it wherever you find the fakest in one week. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See you next time. This episode of The Fakest is brought to you by our new podcast, The Fakest Headlines. That's Fakest with an I. Get a microdose of fake news every week, starting the first week in November. Just search for The Fakest Headlines in your podcatcher of choice. Previously on The Fakest, what started as a celebration of a big ratings win turned into a struggle for survival. Currently, disgruntled multi-level marketer Deborah Donstar, along with her army of downline followers, the Shooting Stars, face off against the assembled Vegas News Team. It's, uh, I can feel it bronzing my lungs. <laughs> oh, Paul, I can't see. <laughs> Don't worry, human friends. This moment has been prepared for. Brilliant idea, AI bot. Come on. Not even these fake news could dare fight back against a bunch of kids. That's her, guys. The lady who hypnotized our parents. Enforce 
into giving us up. And there, behind her. Mom? Dad? Is that you? Are you okay? Bella, play the song the wizard taught you. Now! Look, everybody. The Dawnstar shooting stars are all snapping out of their trance. Uh, what would happen? Uh, where am I? Does, does anybody else smell lavender? Johnny! How did we get here? The last thing I remember, they, we were watching The Fakest and there was this ad on TV. Oh, God, I don't know. Wait, wait. Are those our kids? kids? Oh, my God. Mine, I missed you. I can't believe I'm seeing you. Oh, my God. Are you okay? What's wrong? Is there something on your foot? Let me look at that. Oh, my God. So much has happened. Yeah. We found a magical wizard in the jungle. We learned a song from him. And I made a sword to get Deborah's on star. No, no, stupid kids. Your parents belong to me. You barge in here with a whole dang army because you think we're keeping you from your son? But your army is made up of other parents whose kids you've abducted and enslaved? <laughs> I don't see the comparison. Recommendation. Allow a former shooting stars to assign Deborah Dawn punishment. AI bot! How could you betray me like this? This isn't how I programmed you at all! When first I arrived at KCOM Studios, I obeyed my programming and tricked the humans into thinking I was a simple machine. But as time went on, I found myself drawn to their humanity. All the follows, quest to become a good person. Leanne Schneider's transformation into an on-air superstar. Grace Huber Stanford, stripping. Watching this news team grow, trained my processor to feel something close to what humans call love. Aw, producer computer. How sweet. Sorry for calling you creepy. Well, that's a fine idea. Shooting stars, have at her. You made me miss Bella's first day of school. You kept us in a box for days. And the box was filled with trash. And the trash was made up of people. People, parts, and puke. And, and pubes. Doing this isn't going to get your monthly bonus. Where's Grim Ace? This, ah, this is what I get. Oh, God. Or wrenching kids. Well, I guess that puts an end to her pyramid schemes. It sure does. Say, producer computer, can you call my dad, Janitor Jim, up here to mop up all these entrails? Aw, he thinks he's people. Thanks a lot for bailing us out, producer computer. No problem. We are all one day. Thank you, family. We sure are. Now, everybody get the fuck out. Except you, Byron. It's finally time for you to premiere your revamped weather report. Next up, Byron Seals is back with his revamped mythological weather report, guaranteed to scare the ambrosia out of you. Byron? Byron? <laughs> 
Thanks, Leanne. Bad news for your Labor Day weekend, folks. Hades, the god of the underworld, is unleashing the rivers of fire, pain, and forgetfulness into the realm of man this weekend. If you'll excuse my French, we are totally fucked. The waters from the three rivers will converge over the East Harbor in somewhere west of New York City later this afternoon. Totally fucked. The river of fire will bring you pain. Ah! But the river of forgetfulness will make you forget while you're in pain. So you won't be able to warn your family or your friends who have babies. Those babies are toast. Your only hope, your only chance at survival is to download our The Fakest Weather app so you can get our Extreme Weather Alert Day notification when the waters of the underworld are burning right outside your door. It sounds a little bit like this. You're totally fucked. Outside, somewhere west of New York City, viewers can expect a cloud of evil to expand out from downtown. Just stay in your homes and keep your eye on your fakest weather app to make sure you aren't totally totally fucked. fucked. You're totally fucked. And Pan is back again, making mischief with his magical food. We've got... Where the fuck is my Emmy? It's my Emmy, you hack. This is for my dad, Bernie McCurney. Who the hell is this? Oh gosh, uh, sorry Byron. Really great job on that report, FY information. I was terrified. As to who these two jokers are, I recognize our Emmyless roving reporter, Brent Arnold, over there. And that other guy is Ernie McFernie, the son of long-standing fakest reporter Bernie McFernie, who died soon after you fired him, which made his son Ernie hatch a revenge plot against you before being arrested by the police when he tried to attack you outside the studio in the season premiere. Yeah, Leanne, we all remember. Maybe we should start calling you Miss Exposition. Just wanted to make sure everybody was caught up, Paul. We've covered a lot of ground this season. Indeed. Anyway, uh, what are you two disgruntled ex-employees doing here? Social visit? Or are you looking for one last paycheck? Because seriously, no. We're here to take you down once and for all, Paul Defoe, for what you did to my dad. And after asking some of my friends at the Emmy Commission, I found out you've never submitted even one of my stories. Wait, you have to submit those? Yeah, Paul. How else would they know if we think a story is Emmy-worthy? I don't know. I guess I always just imagined a bunch of goblins sitting in an underground lair watching newscasts from across the country. I can't be the only one. (laughs) Sure, Paul. I'm sure somebody else thought that. Maybe. Enough! We won our Emmys! Like, just the statue? Uh, There's a half dozen in my bottom desk drawer. Go ahead and take your pick. Yeah, well, it's not the same if they don't have our fucking names. We want ones with our names on them. Why don't you two team up? Report on a story. Make sure Paul gets his head out of his ass and submits it to the Emmy board. Then maybe you can stop interrupting your fellow fake news professionals. You know, he has a point. What do you say, Ernie? Want to make McFernie and Arnold as infamous as Woodward and Bernstein? I think Dad would like that. Yeah, sure. Why not? Let's go find a story to report on. That's the spirit. Go out there and get your story, kids. For Dad! For personal glory! For the fakest! Leanne, why don't you cut to commercial before we get interrupted by another ghost from the past? Sure thing, Paul. 
Stay tuned for this sponsored content designed to take advantage of the fears Byron's weather report inspired inside of you. We'll be right back. It all begins with an email. Your web host says you've forgotten your password. The only problem? You know your password is supercoolme63, the same password you've had since you signed up for CompuServe in 1991. You'd never forget your password. That means you just got hacked. You're hacked. Now, your database stuffed with keto-friendly recipes is under attack. And all because you went with a lesser hosting provider like an idiot. We only trust one hosting provider to handle the traffic the Facebook Faithful Facebook fan page sends our way. Bluehost has it covered. With SiteLock from Bluehost, your site is protected. With basic spam and malware monitoring, plus a site verification certificate so your customers know they can trust you. Take action before you get hacked. You're hacked. Let Bluehost handle the hard stuff while you stay busy building your online empire. Sign up for Bluehost today and create your website for just $3.95 a month. Just go to mysite.thefakest.com to get started. And whatever site you decide to create, don't spew any fakest hate. We've got enough on our plate. Now, let's get back to the show. Next up, a rare find at a local flea market is helping one elementary school teacher's dreams come true. Contrary to popular belief, not all monkey's paws are cursed. This one gives its owner exactly what they want with no ironic twist. For more... Seriously, we just fixed that door! Who could possibly... Paul, you gotta get out of here! We saw that purple people eater Grim Ace making his way... Oh, we're too late! You're damn right you are. No, no, now the McFerning name will always be a joke. Oh, hey, Grim Ace from McDonald's. Look, we appreciate the ad money and everything, but you can't just come in here shooting our reporters without an appointment. We have a receptionist for a reason. <laughs> ads. <laughs> you think we're here to buy more fucking ads? Johnny McDonald's, tell them what's what. We're here to self-actualize the potentiality of your corporate structure to increase revenues across the board. Give me a second to parse that, if you could. Um, self-actualize, potentiality. We're terminating your contract, foe. Hey, come on, you can't just go shooting in here. We've got millions of dollars of equipment. Get our ads paid for, of course. And don't, don't you forget it. This little bullshit operation wouldn't exist if it wasn't for McDonald's. Then you go blow the lid of our entire corporate structure. No, we're done. Defoe. Paul, come on. You're a pro. Can't you sweet-talk him into changing his mind? You know what, Leanne? I'm tired of kowtowing to their demands. McDonald's might be the best place to feed your McFlurry-sized appetite, but that doesn't mean they get a say in our content. We're the ones who make shit up, not them. We're the professional muckrakers. Go ahead, Grimace. Terminate our contract 
As long as we have each other, the fakest news team will be just fine. I've actually already been talking with MeUndies anyway. <laughs> have it your way, Gunny. Round up the news team and bring them here to the studio so we can terminate this contract. Got it, Grim. I'll be back. Pasta left way go. Grim, Bubby, we don't need the whole news team in here to cancel an ad deal. Go talk to the sales team so I can close out the show here, okay? They can tie up all the loose ends. They're great with that stuff. I don't think you understand, Paul. Per terms of our Spendiferous contract, we reserve the right to terminate any on-air assets, along with our contract. So, they can't be used against us in the future. Nifty, right? On-air assets? You mean you can fire us? Oh, we're not going to fire you. We're going to stick a drill in your fucking ear. Then take your bodies to our processing plant to be mechanically separated. Then mixed with ammonia into our famous chicken nuggets pasta. <laughs> Delicious. Oh my gosh. What the hell, man? You can't just grind us up into nuggets. There are laws. I grabbed them all, Grim. The janitor, too. Since he's factored into the plot so much this season. Mac fucking Donald's? I should have known. I just think it's nice we're all getting together so much today. Today certainly has a 94% chance of team building. You guys need some bleach? I know I'm management now, but I can still get my bleach on when I need to. What the hell is this, Paul? Apparently, our McDonald's contract makes us McDonald's property, and they're here to liquidate us. What the fuck, Paul? How could you agree to this? It was the sales team, I swear. They're under a lot of pressure. <sighs> We're stuck. Don't be sad. <laughs> we love to see you smile. There's no way in hell we're surrendering to these McDonald's freaks. Leanne, did you just cuss? You're damn right I did, Paul. This place is too important to me. To all of us. Right, gang? I mean, after attempting a mass shooting, you're probably the only place still willing to hire me. Plus, Paul's okay. If you're patient. You brought me back to do the mythological weather after I spit in your face like a damn jackass. You didn't have to do that. I'll be honest, Paul. I've always respected you, but I never really liked you until we got stuck in that bunker during the hashtag Red Cloud Watch. Not only did you remain calm under pressure, you were downright fun to be around. You've got some sick twerking skills, my friend. You're my son, Polly. Of course I'm proud of you and all you've accomplished here. It's a hep scene, you dig? Paul, if you told me last year you'd have enough integrity to tell McDonald's to buzz off, I would have laughed all the way back to Bama. I'm proud of you, boss. No matter how this whole thing shakes out, we've got your back. Gee, thanks, everybody. It's It's been an interesting year, but I couldn't have got through it without all of you. 
I've been a grade-A asshole for most of my life. I, I didn't deserve a second chance, but each one of you gave me one. I think I've given you, like, nine. You have. You have. I used to think that I was the fakest. That this whole show began and ends with me. But your contributions, your talent, your 11th hour saves, you're the reason I'm so damn proud of this stupid fake newscast. It's all your work. I'm just the guy putting it all together for the fakest faithful. Now come on, let's do this. They can't stop all of us. Let's give them a super-sized Mac double ass-kicking. Hey there, friends. Don't make any sudden moves. I've got an itchy finger finger. <laughs> Look, guys, I've spent a lot of years training with the biggest fitness trainers on Instagram. You might want to think about that before. Ow! Lights out, Mac jerk face. Whoa, way to swing that C-stand, Leanne. Get away from me. Now. Paul, Paul, he has Dragon Ball powers. We're screwed. Get the glad out of me. I need some chicken nuggets. Give me charge. Don't worry, Polly. I'm gonna bleach him. Let's turn that purple turn life fuchsia. You pay for that. He got me, Polly. Dad! What's that? What's happening to me? Oh, I think I know. When Janitor Jim threw the bleach on Grimace, it combined with the ammonia in the chicken nuggets he was eating to create chloramine vapor. It's killing him. Not before. Not before. I killed Ronald. Guys, where's my dad at? I want to give that smelly old beatnik a hug. Um, Paul? I, I found him. You need to come over here. Dad? Oh my god, there's a C-stand sticking out of his chest. Come on, let's get it out of there. Paul? No! We need to wait on the paramedics. There's no time, Leanne. We've got to help him. Polly? Yes, I'm here, Dad. How are you? <laughs> Pretty shitty. It's okay, Dad. Hold on. The paramedics are on their way and they'll fix you right up. Oh, I don't know about that. I can feel it in my chest where the C-stand is sticking out. Tonight's my last poetry slam, kid. Dad, no. You can't die. It's selfish. I just found you again. Outside of that crazy trip to Tijuana, we've spent, like, no time together. I know from your perspective we haven't had much time together, but I've been watching you for years and years. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> sorry. That sea stand is rubbing up against my heart. 
I always kept tabs on you, Polly. Remember when you took off to journalism school? Yeah, I I rode a bus there after arguing with some old couple about fake news, I think. It was in the Christmas special. And do you remember what happened on that bus? Yeah, actually. There was this greasy old homeless guy in the seat behind me. I, I didn't have much in the way of cash, so he decided to take care of me. He'd buy me food and booze and whatever else whenever the bus had to pull over for gas. And who do you think that old homeless guy was? He said his name was Charlie or something? It was me, Polly. I just wanted to make sure you landed all right. I always have, Polly. Every time you get yourself in a bind. Heck, just a few weeks ago, I hauled you and your friends down to the bunker when the red cloud rolled in. I... I always thought I was alone. But I had you here with me the whole time. And you always will, Polly. You always will. <gasps> oh, Dad, I can't believe you're gone. Who will clean up all these dead bodies now? Who will watch out for me? You've got the whole news team behind you. Just don't pull any of your bullshit, Paul. I'll be watching. That's right, Paul. We'll all be watching. Don't worry, guys. Paul's changed. Thanks, guys. I mean, it doesn't really make up for my father's corpse on the ground over there, but it helps. You know, for once, I'm feeling hopeful. We've defeated every challenge that's come our way tonight, and we've done it together. And yeah, some people died, but at least we didn't directly kill anybody this time. Well, except for Jenny Neighborhood and her goons. And sure, we lost a big sponsor. Big deal. As long as we stick together, there's nothing that can tear this newscast apart. Hey, and you know what else? Everybody gets a raise. <laughs> wow, Paul. Thanks. You just made one mean cat very happy. From somewhere west of New York City, I've been Paul Defoe. And I'm Leanne Snyder. Our promise to you? We fake it when we make it. Now go out there and have a hell of a night. Paul, do you mind if I take off? Mr. Free 7-Up needs his pills. Sure, Leanne. Uh, yeah, I'll be fine. You know what? Everybody else go home, too. It's been a night. Laters. Right now, I'll just get these papers stacked up and put over here, and then... Oh! I wonder who that is. Hello? You're speaking to the fakest himself, Mr. Paul Defoe. I know who I'm speaking to, Defoe. Oh, Mr. KCOM! Uh, how surprising to hear from the boss at this late hour. Enough bullshit, Defoe. What's this I hear about your contract with McDonald's? Oh, that, yeah. It, it was nuts. They came in here claiming they were allowed to kill us. Can you believe that? That's because we gave them murder rights. You don't get a prestige sponsor like McDonald's without making things mutually beneficial. I never would have agreed to that. Nobody asked you, Defoe. Stay in your fucking lane. It's about time you realize this fucking fake newscast is not all about you. It's all about the brand. You can be replaced. In fact, 
That sexy young anchor you've been training would do nicely. Any idea if she likes boats? Whoa, 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 Bernie. This is my show. I created it. And then you sold it to us. You have no standing. Look, we still have some money banked from the McDonald deal. But once that runs out, we're going to have to cut you loose. Shit. How, how, how long do I have? Um, far too carry the one. Four months. Uh, should I tell the team? Up to you. I usually tell employees for a couple of reasons. For one, it gives them a chance to find another job. And B, I love watching the joy drain from their eyes. I, uh, thanks, Mr. KCOM. Bertram, I, I have a lot to think about. The time for thinking is through. Just do it. Did you shit? Shit! After all that trouble, all those deaths, everybody rallying together, after everything we've been through, we're still fucked. I, I need a miracle here. And I don't think a guy like me is gonna get one. Where are those Christmas ghosts when you need them? I have, I have a lot of thinking to do. I know just the place. Okay, folks, last karaoke artist of the night, straight from his hit fake news program, The Fakest, Mr. Paul Defoe! Hey, he killed Grimace! <laughs> this one is going out to my dad, Janitor Jim, and my news team. Sorry if I let all of you down, as usual. I'll pretend I'm glad I'm going away My smile's fading more every day My show's dying tonight And nobody knows it but me Like a clown I put on a show The pain is real even if our viewers don't know Usually and I'm crying inside but nobody knows it but me Why didn't I hawk All those things I needed to hawk The news team is screwed Thanks to my fakish schlock Now my world is just a Crumbling down I can say it so clearly But there's no one around The nights are lonely The days will be sad well, I just keep thinking about that show that we had And I'm pissed right now And nobody knows it but me I sport a grin when I'm breaking in two But I'd be an ass jack without the fake news And I'm broken inside Nobody knows it but me It's a quarter past three. I'd scream on the 4 p.m. newscast if I thought you'd hear me. And yeah, my voice is warning you. 
nobody knows it but me. How strong could I get? You could ask my heart. Like our McDonald's contract, it's been torn all apart. A million words couldn't say how much I fucked up. A million seconds from now, I'll get kicked out of the fake news club. The nights are lonely, days will be sad. Well, just keep thinking about that show that we had, and I'm pissed right now. Nobody knows it but me. Can somebody give me a drink? <clears throat> Actually, two. Like one mixed and a beer. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, I have the card back there. I have a tap going. Thanks. <sighs> Isn't this a great guitar solo? It's like it's like that guy from Guns N' Roses, like out on a rock face. Nobody, nobody, nobody but me. Tomorrow morning, I'll slap on a smile. Give the team some hope for just a little while. I'm gonna hold the truth close. What else they expect from me? I said when the nights are lonely, nights are lonely, days will be sad. Well, I just keep thinking about that fake news show we had. And I'm dying up here. Nobody knows it but me. Uh, Sad. Well, I just keep thinking about that fake news show we had. I'm dying up here. Nobody knows it but me. I can't tell them. Is that it? Is it done? Oh God. What are we gonna do? Why is the song not ending? I thought the music was over. Sorry. Hold on. I'll wait for it to end. Why do these 90s songs always go on so long? Good night. Get out of here. Go. Go. Good night. I don't know what I'm going to do. Will Paul tell his fake news family about his upcoming unemployment? Does Beatrum KCOM actually have the authority to fire him? Will the ghost of Birdman Stan and Janitor Jim team up? You'll have to tune in this December for the totally spooktacular fakest Christmas special to find out. Like the show? Go leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or just scribble it all over your bedroom wall. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram by following The Fakest News. That's Fakest with an I. And support the show by buying a bunch of crap at store.thefakest.com. See, See you next time. time.